Hey, you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble falling asleep? Well, welcome. I do believe you're in the right place. This is Sleep With Me. Podcast is here to help you fall asleep, and we do it with a bedtime story. Tonight's uh, Trending Tuesdays, and we're going to do it with a little meditation. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. We're going to do the rest. And by the rest, what do I mean? I mean, take your mind off whatever's ailing you, bugging you, poking at you, whatever your brain's doing, saying, blah, 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 hey, buddy. I always say that, but whatever, you know, listing, it could be listing like a ship about to sink or listing like, okay, we got to do A, we got to do B, C. What about uh, item G on the agenda for, you know, when you're trying to, or if you get up in the middle of the night, you have trouble. That's what this podcast here to help you fall asleep. It's going to create a safe place where you can set aside all that worrying and save it for tomorrow. There's going to be plenty of time to get that stuff done tomorrow, but tonight... I want to really help you fall asleep. It's it's important. It's not critical that you fall asleep tonight, but it'd be nice, wouldn't it, to just uh, float away to dreamland? So that's what I'm going to try to be here to help. This podcast is odd. It's weird. It's not your standard guided meditation. I would not call myself a uh, touchy-feely person. <laughs> Believe me, I've been accused of that, in a, but not in a, a good way. But, yeah, um Anyway, uh, but that's what I'm here for. I'm, uh, we're on the web, www.sleepwithmepodcast.com. You can get a hold of me, dearest Scooter, on Twitter. You can get us on Facebook. You can email us feedback at sleepwithmepodcast. But that's it. If you, if you have trouble falling asleep, give this podcast a try. I'm just going to, uh, carry you off on the wings of pointlessness, as I've been said, as, as I've said before. I'm kind of like a friend. You could have me come over. I just sit by the side of your bed and I say, okay, I was, uh, yeah, I needed some flour. I'm kind of like Grandpa Simpson, but slightly less boring than that because I think that that wouldn't be distracting. It would just be boring. Uh, that's it. I hope I help you fall asleep and um, let's move on. I got, I got a bunch of thank yous as, uh, so, well, as sometimes. Uh, Chris Posty, Postal Posterson. Posty Poo does our music. He's got a podcast. Check it out. Sounds like an earful.com. Uh, Scotty, uh, he's always trending. And his wife, Jennifer, he does all our artwork. Thank you, Scott. Lord and Lady of the Podcast, they're watching over us with the wisdom that only royalty could have, uh, especially royalty, like new royalty, not, you know, kind of like new money. They're new royalty. And we got a little bit of an announcement here, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, uh, lords and ladies. Uh, because last night in the uh, lovely state of Michigan, our one and only defenestrator, Nick Van Corfinom III, has uh, one half of Dynasty Force Core. I mean, one half officially, according to the card, you know, the, the card they put up. But probably, I mean, Nick Van Corfinom III, probably like 80 72%. But Nick Van Cor, Phenom 3, along with his partner, Cody Kelly, which is an, not as nice a name as Nick Van Cor, Phenom 3, or just Nick Van Cor. But Cody Kelly has a rank to it. We might, you know, Cody Kelly, 
We'll have to figure out. We'll get back to Nick and see if we need, you know, to work on Cody Kelly's nickname. But the Defrenestrator and Cody Kelly, Dynasty Core, Dynasty Force Core, won the first ever IWE Tag Team Championship. So now this podcast is, so this podcast is now protected by, you know, against any incursions by royalty, but any incursions by, uh, by anybody like Pure Fury, who, uh, Dynasty Force Corps defeated. You know, anyone rolling in here like that? We got a champion listening to this podcast and a defrenestrator. He's both things in all places. So I always want to thank, congratulate Nick and thank him because he's been a supporter of the podcast for a long time. And it's cool to have someone that's out there doing his thing for real. And, you know, I, I don't want to badmouth anybody. But I've heard a few things about this pure fury. And I can't, I can tell you one thing. It's not pure, as pure as they make it. It's like one of those tricks of the wording, pure fury. Just so Jeff Close and JJ Hughes, I just, you know, I don't want to start any trouble. But Nick Vancor is our boy here at the podcast. So congratulations, Nick. Just want everybody to know that Nick's going to send me a link to the video and we'll put it up there. And if you want to check out Nick and his, his, I'm sure it's going to be entertaining because Nick is entertaining online. And he's, you know, again, you know, if anybody tries any of that stuff like the people tried in Prague, they're going out the window on this podcast, defrenestration style. So that's good. You know, Prosky Castle, Prosky, whatever it was called. You know, we'll get a little Dobry Den going, you know, and then we'll throw them out the window so they don't know it's coming. So that's good news. Alex, if you're out there, I, I, I want to know. Pumpkin Alex, if you're listening to my voice, email me, tweet me or whatever, and let me know if uh, I can use your return address to send you, uh, you know, some some notes from the show. Because, you, you know, your pumpkin didn't have an envelope, and I've been thinking about it and wondering if I was going to hear from you and haven't heard from you. And I want to know if it's okay to use your address because, I don't, you know, I don't have your permission. I don't want to assume anything. I just want to say hi on twi- to some Twitter people that have given, you know, support, support of Damon, Deb. And the general for, you know, sending me stuff all the time and, you know, booing my spirits. Jeff L., I want to thank you for your email. And Scott, I don't even know Scott, the sleep doctor, listens to this podcast, but having some lovely conversations with Scott. So I want to thank Scott. I also want to thank Le Bono Nika with two C's and Happy Hindu for their lovely iTunes reviews. Le Bono Nika. Le Bono Nika says A plus five stars. Well, I have a preference for the uh, earlier episodes. I'd love to hear more of what you love about those if you have a chance to, Le Bono. And Happy Hindu says that dearest scooter rocks me to sleep. So thank you for your iTunes reviews. And that's it. Let's move on to the uh, uh, rest of the show, shall we? So I got to tell you guys, um, I was uh, today's been a bit of a it's a Sunday. It's later than normal. It's about, it's past 7 p.m. Usually I get these done a little bit earlier, but I've been a bit of a hectic day today. Nothing bad, nothing good, just life. Uh, so, but I got to tell you, I was running around a lot today unexpectedly, but I was on my way home just now, a half hour ago. And I got to tell you, this moon I seen or saw, this moon I witnessed was freaking 
majestic. I don't even think I have words for it. It was one of those tiny slivers. This is probably like 6.20 to 6.40 p.m., somewhere in there. But with the rest of the moon, the giant moon, moon part, the dark moon part, up there in the sky, just hanging above the horizon of, uh, and I was um, on the bay of the beach, you know, where I was riding my bike, uh, and it was already dark, mostly dark. No, it's totally dark, I guess. And if it, it really looked like a scene painting, it was that beautiful. And it was hanging over a Berlin game or some, you know, South San Francisco area. And I got to tell you guys, I couldn't freaking believe it. That it's like sometimes you're just so lucky. You're having a day. Oh, poor me. I got to, or, oh, no, I got to go home. I got to get this done. Then you see something like that. You know, I don't even know what to think about it other than like, it's pretty cool. Uh, so that's, that's, I don't know. I just want to share it with you. Beautiful friggin' moon. Oh, that, it also made me think of something that I thought would be boring and podcasty for this podcast is like, uh, smart people, if you're listening, or, you know, if you, people that use the internet already, is there, a, is there like a guy, like an expert out there that says, uh, that knows, you know, I know we all know when the moon is rising and setting and waxing and waning, but when it's going to be like, hey, tonight's going to be a friggin' good moon. And I know, yeah, people can say, oh, the harvest moon's coming. But, you know, they have like the allergy. Oh, like tonight's going to be a, a nine on, or today's going to be a nine on the allergies. Or, yeah, your UV rating, like your seven. Like we have somebody out there. It couldn't just be on a one to ten because that's weak. But um, like a moon guy. And, again, if you're potential, if you're thinking about being a weather person or something, you might want to work. Maybe we could work together. That could be like your Bernie the Butterfly to your five seconds of summer. And like, you know, be like tonight is going to be a friggin' sick moon up in here or up out in there, up in, out, up in that sky. But you got to get out, get your ass out there between 620. Cause this moon, I think, uh, it was probably going down. I don't know. Again, I'm not a moon. My my satellite knowledge is horrible, and I have one of those apps where I check the thing. Well, I was on my old phone, uh, but I I was always like, especially recently, I was like, "What is that star?" And then I'm like, "I didn't believe the app anyway." But this moon was sick. So how about that? And then again, it, you know, you're like, "Well, man, how am I going to make a living just doing do the sunsets too?" Now the thing is, you got to be accurate. So I don't know where you're going to get your info from. To be my moon guy, moon gal. I prefer moon gal. My little moon gal. Gal, gal, my moon gal. Um, yeah, maybe it sounds like, it sounds like the start of a love story here, but also you could do sunsets. So not only are you the moon expert, you're the sun, sun, you know, you're like, if you, if you're looking to propose tonight, get out there. The sunset's going to be off the charts. So that's, and then you could do sun, what is it called? The sunrise. Uh, I got a little earthquake going on above my head with my neighbors, so I apologize for that. But And then that made me think of something just now. Unfortunately, ta- we're already into tangents. We're not even in the episode. Well, I guess we are. Is, uh, you know, this whole thing about Spotify that I've been, I've been chatting it up. Now, good news. Competition's always good news. Uh, Google is doing something with uh, 
YouTube and their Google Music premium thingamajig. Google Play, I think it's called, or Google All Access. I don't know what it's called, but it's going to be like a YouTube. It's going to be a Spotify competitor based with YouTube's music and Google Play's music. So that's good. That's one. There's another rumor that Spotify is going to have podcasts, so that's good. Um, but, and this is something I need somebody to reach out and tell me what is. Again, I think like all this rush, what about, I think there does need to be some human element to this of, uh, you know, it's great to be able to play the music whenever you want, but sometimes you want somebody, a DJ, uh, we want somebody there to tell off, not just a human connection, but just, uh, to put stuff in context, tell stories. I think that's where Sirius XM is, uh, you know, and I wish I was like a billionaire. Maybe when their stack was really low, maybe six or seven years ago. Like if we would have, if I could have bought that company, you know, get back and go back in time. But even then, like, why hasn't Google or Spotify or Apple bought? I think their stocks back up. I mean, I don't know what the, like, if you can buy the contracts at the tail. And I think Howard Stern's contract's running out anyway. Um, and I know everybody has different opinions on him, but he's one of the best interviewers and best radio entertainers ever. But, uh, like, I don't know with all this rush to be like, oh, this is our thing. Like, they have, they have the music catalog, but they also have these people, like, cause one example is classical music. There's something very comforting to me about listening to classical music radio channel because it has like usually a very standard format and this nice voice. And then even the things are, everything is very soothing. And again, I guess if I listened to that for like four or five years, I'd get tired of it because then you like radio shot itself in the foot one by being, um, sanitized and, and monopolized and just in a bunch of like big mistakes they made. But it's like, if you have the diversity of music, like, and then also have people on there, like personalities, and I know Spotify does it with musicians and stuff, but I don't know. I don't know. I'm just talking out of my, um, my, my, uh, you know, whatever my mouth actually, but it just interests me. And I don't know, maybe there are DJ channels. Um, I mean, they've curated playlists, but I, I don't know. There's something, and maybe it is the live aspect of it. Is there a combination of both that we can move into? Cause I love podcasts. I love being able to be like, Oh, well, let me see what uh, was like the freaking interstellar soundtrack. I was listening to that this weekend. You know, let me boot this up. I can just listen to it. I can replay it. I can whatever. Uh, I don't know, but so let's, let's, uh, okay. So I'm going to boot up the phone here. I'm opening the Reddit app. We're going to do another Redditation tonight. Okay. We got it going and, oh, and that's fail one for the, uh, thing is this has advertisements too. I guess see if we can get this ad out here. Okay. Okay. We got one. Oh boy. Okay. Two. Three. Four. Huh, I don't know. Well, whatever. Okay, so I'm gonna pause it. I'm gonna boot up the thing. So it's um seven twenty three PM on uh 
on Sunday, I think it's the 23rd or the 22nd. I don't know. Sunday, though. Thanksgiving's coming up. Okay, so uh, it's time for meditation. I just want you guys to settle in, kick back. It's also like uh, I'd had someone that requested. They are like, uh, you know, my son and I listened to this podcast, and I was like, oh, boy. Here comes the, um, here comes trouble. Cause I figure this podcast, I don't know what it's rated. A lot of reason I do explicit is just be like, uh, this podcast is probably like explicit. I don't think this is explicit necessarily. I mean, I like to be able to say whatever I want, but I also keep it in context that I'm trying to help you fall asleep. But I also don't want people that are like, I guess easily offended or, you don't have to be open-minded. I'm not pushing any, well, I get, maybe I'm pushing a little bit of something, but, uh, I don't know. But so she said, Oh, I listen with my son and he loves dinosaurs. And I was like, so what do you think about doing an episode about dinosaurs? And I've, it's strange because I love dinosaurs. Who, who doesn't love, well, Bernie the butterfly last week, uh, he, he didn't like Jurassic Park. He didn't say, he didn't seem to have an opinion. He seemed to be on the dinosaur side, I guess. But there was this thing I've been doing since I was like eight. Till I got, to, uh, this guy was telling me, he's like, I've been doing this. I was like, man, you got some serious, cool looking calves. And he's like, oh, I've been doing this since I was eight. Now I'm 19. And I go, well, yeah, okay. I wasn't, I didn't mean it like, I was just, uh, make a conversation. He's like, well, I like to walk around and pretend I'm a raptor. On my tiptoes, no one knows it, but that's why I got such good calves. And I was like, huh, it's funny because I was thinking about this story. Uh, you know, could I tell it to you to test it out, see if like if you were eight or some age like that, would you, what would you think of it? And he's like, sure. And I was like, well, it's about this dinosaur. Uh, it was a dinosaur that dreamed in silence. And he's like, what does that mean? I said, I don't know, man. Like it's a story. That I heard when I was, uh, when I was comatose one time. And he said, uh, well, what happened? How'd you go comatose? And I was like, well, I have this hedgehog. Well, formerly I had a hedgehog. And, and I was like, he's like, like Sonic. And I go, yeah, that's what, well, I go, first of all, they're nothing like that. Uh, unfortunately I got one thinking it would be like that. And, uh, uh it was not, it was, uh, did not roll up and, and, in a ball and shoot around. And, uh, it was, it was a lot more of a handful and safe to say that my hedgehog does not enjoy trips to the vet anymore. Cause this is when I was comatose was, uh, I brought my hedgehog to the vet and he said, what's wrong with it? And I said, it won't go like, you know, it doesn't collect coins start for starters or, you know, gold rings. I know there's a difference between the coins and the gold rings and, you know, this hedgehog's not a plumber, and he doesn't say Sega uh, or any other corporate phrases. And the, the vet's just staring at me, and he goes, well, is there, wait, wait, yeah. And he's like, I'm going to have to make a couple calls. I go, oh, no, 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 no. They go, what is it? Were you trying to take my hedgehog from me? And he goes, well, I think, you know, I go, I'm very kind to this hedgehog. I was just trying to get it to roll up in a ball and get out there and have some adventures at least. I was like, if it doesn't collect coins or, you know, take out bosses, 
you know, what I did was hoping it would take out a couple bosses for me, like human bosses, not big bosses. And, uh, I said, you know, I just don't want you messing with this hedgehog. And he goes, what's its name? I go, Slinic. And he's like, what? And he's like, listen, uh, he goes, I, he goes, listen, I really, he goes, I don't want to have to take this hedgehog from you. And I go, you're not going to be able to take it from me. First of all, second of all, why? What is he, what do you got against my hedgehog? Just because it doesn't, is it just because it's broken? I mean, it seems fine personality wise. It's very docile and it likes to be petted and, uh, you know, it eats, it goes to the bathroom, all that it just doesn't do the, I go, I figure I just got myself a, a hedgehog like me that's not cut out for the world it's supposed to be in. And I don't want you taking my hedgehog, uh, and, you know, trying to force it to be like Sonic. Obviously, Sonic's not going to be like Sonic, even though I was hoping, you know, that's why I picked out a gray hedgehog and paid, you know, a bunch of money for it. And he's like, did you really see this thing with collect coins? And I go, I don't know. He goes, listen, there's no way this is an accident. He goes, uh, he goes, I was trying to find somebody to, uh, to, to had like, like a like a looser grasp on reality because we at the he's like we've been he's like we vets have this he's like this veterinarian place he's like we've been seeing a lot of strange stuff and i was like like packed cemetery type type stuff he goes well not quite but he's like he's like for you for instance he's like you look like a normal somewhat normal well he's like you don't look like there's anything really wrong with you he goes, and then your hedgehog, you seem to be taking care of it. He's like, I checked it out. The thing seems fine. But he's like, there's something off. You know, you think that, he goes, you really seem to believe that the cartoon, like a video game, I don't watch the Sonic cartoon, dude. He goes, this is a freaking franchise uh, that, uh, you know, tries to compete with two plumbers and a giant Donkey Kong King and Donkey Kong Jr., as all goes on this hedgehog's back, I want to help him out. I want to help him out with Slonic. And I know there's other sidekicks to Sonic that I don't know about because of the marketing problems. Because, and plus, Sonic's just the best. I think I was, well, we, we just have this theory that, uh, there's some sort of, uh, pet, pet, uh, belief system that if you, uh, believe it, he goes, there's some sort of thing like the pet senses it. And uh, he goes, I don't know. And I said, you don't make it any sense. He said, yeah, I've just been trying to delay time. He goes, until the police get here. And uh, then he pushed my, he pushed a mask on my face with uh, like laughing gas. And the next thing I know, I was like floating in this misty veterinarian's office. And Slonic was there. And the, the veterinarian, it was like a veterinarian was like made of vapor he said, I totally apologize. You should, guys should go out the window. And I said, uh, well, uh, I don't want to f- bring Slonic out the window because, you know, well, let me climb out the window. And I go, can you watch him? I'll come back and get him in a couple hours because I was like, there's something weird outside the window. And the, and I said, well, there's something weird about you as a veterinarian. Like you were said you were wasting time for the police, but 
But there's no police. I go, there's no animal police. And I go, believe me, I wish there was because, I, I, you know, I don't like people that aren't nice to animals. Like I said, I would have reported you for trying to make my slide. I go, can you just keep an eye on? And he goes, oh, no, no. And then I realized this is some sort of, uh, it wasn't a veterinarian. I, I forgot to read the sign. And uh, it was like one of those veterinarian offices combination, some sort of science like he's some sort of evil scientist, I think. So I grabbed Slonic and I put him in the back of my, in the hood of my sweatshirt and I opened the window. And then the scientist, the uh, veterinarian scientist type guy, he's laughing. And I said, what did you do? And he said, we're here to prove strange theories and uh, you're about to prove, uh, prove it all. And uh, something about the, having the power. I have no idea. So I climb out the freaking window. Step right on these ferns, and then all of a sudden the air hits me. It's like uh, the air's like soupy, and I'm like, "Oh, this is an Alameda. It's like a Mediterranean climate. What the heck is this?" And I look around. There's friggin' ferns as I, as far as I can see, and then I'm like, "Hey, Slonic man, like, uh, you have any idea? Like, are ferns? Remember, like, ferns are are they plants or not? Because I thought they were like." moss but even though they have and i was like or maybe and i was like are they spore spore fires or what slonic was asleep which that's what slonic liked to do was curl up in a ball and sleep instead of and believe me i only thing i did was like push him a little bit one time to roll him and he just like rolled into like a one inch circle and rolled and then he was fine like rolled up in a ball which is good for a sweatshirt, which I never realized till that time. Like maybe I'm going to make some sort of hedgehog sweatshirt, the hedge holder we could call it. Hmm. But so I get, and then I look around and I realize there's some, cause the friggin' as I hear the screech, I see a pterodactyl go across the sky. And then I look back and, uh, the freaking veterinarian scientist's office is gone. Evil veterinarians, scientists are evil. Scientists, veterinarian. I was, cause it's easier when they're straight scientists. You just call me evil scientist. Evil vet scientist doesn't go off the tongue either. Evil science vet. Sounds like he's like a veteran of some evil science. Uh, veterinarian. Cause I can't even remember what the sign said anymore. But it's not important. It's just, I shouldn't, you know, for the next time. Now nah, I don't have Slonic anymore. But, um, oh man, well, yeah, you, you live in, sometimes you live and you learn, sometimes you just live and you don't learn. And I guess that's one of those examples. So I'm like, I'm like, okay, there's no vet's office, no evil scientist's office or lab. I guess they have labs, not offices. And, uh, I'm looking around and, uh, I look out at the field of, uh, just field of ferns everywhere the eye can see and then some rolling hills and I notice these big brown creatures and I'm like, oh, those are buffalo, but they're like chatting and they're like, this one buffalo's on stage like cracking jokes and I couldn't, they weren't speaking a language, like a, they were speaking some buffalonian type language and, uh, but the buffalo were laughing in which I'm like, oh, wow, this is great. Like I was like, Salonic, at least the buffalo at least Buffalo have, still have their sense of humor. And then I'm like, Slonic, man, like, uh, you got any powers now that, uh, like, 
you back there? Like, you know, this buffalo are talking. What about you? And then I realized that, like, I can, I, I'm hearing some, like, other noise. I was like, I thought it was a buffalo comedian, like some reverb of his speakers. But I realized it's like, it sounds like a football game. And uh, I'm like, but what are you going on back? What, what are you going? I'm like, Slonic, man, what are you doing? And he's like, uh, he goes, uh, Odell Beckham Jr., rookie wide receiver for the New York Giants, just possibly made the best, greatest catch in NFL history. So be quiet. And I was like, were you watching, are you getting an NFL game on there? How are you doing that? And he said, you know, I rooted your phone and, you know, installed a freaking satellite receiver on there. And I was like, that's way better than gold coins. I I mean, think. I'm like, what can you get uh, every channel on there, like adult channels? It's honestly, you could have got those anyway on the Internet. And I was like, oh, yeah. Uh, he, goes, uh, he goes, just keep, he goes, keep moving. So I, I'm keep walking. I'm like, man, I'm starting to feel a little worried because I'm like, okay, let's play this back. I went to the vet. And I got a hedgehog. That was mistake one, thinking it was going to be like Sonic. And mistake two was uh, going to the vet, you know, just no, no research. I should have yelped probably. I think I did. But then when I said to take head, hedge, I think adding hedgehog into the search results, probably whatever, my fault, my bad. And then I got gassed by the guy. And now I'm like, man, should I be worried? Where are we? And I got this, my freaking phone's in the hands of a hedgehog that doesn't collect gold coins, who's installing stuff. And then I end up, I'm not, I'm, I'm, um, not in the present moment. I'm totally thinking I'm lost in my own thoughts and I freaking trip over something and I roll down this hill and I'm like looking at next thing I know I'm at the bottom of the gully, which seems like happens all the time to me. And I was like, what the hell was that? An ankylosaurus? Like I just tripped over and I look up and there's like this, this, uh, human sized dinosaur down there. Uh, look kind of like, a. I'm not sure. Well, a little bit like a human-sized T-Rex or a Velociraptor, but also pleasant enough. Glasses too, which you know put me at ease. And he, he was like spreading out um, a, a tablecloth, and I was like, "Oh man, excuse me. Like, I'm sorry. Uh, I was like, I'm a, I'm, I tripped over an Ankylosaurus or something. Like one of those things that looks like a club with you know a crazy turtle." You know, you know what I'm talking about? And the guy, he looks at me, he just nods and he's like, hey, cause you, he goes, you're the sleep guy, right? I was like, you heard about me? And he goes, yeah, yeah, well, you're, you're supposed to, I've been waiting here. I'm getting everything set up. I was like, what do you mean? Wait, what said? I said, what? He goes, yeah, yeah, you're the uh, dream scientist, right? And I go, no, 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 you know, I'm, I'm, uh, uh, no, I was like, I was at a, a veterinarian scientist's office, I think. And I was like, well, what's it? I go, well, but I'm like totally into, um, you know, being outside my comfort zone. I got a friggin' hedgehog in my, uh, my sweatshirt here. And I go, you know, nice to meet you. My name's Scooter. I go, I go by dear Scooter. 
and this is Sonic the Hedgehog in my sweatshirt. Well, what's your name? And he said his name was Gerard. I was like, oh, that's a wonderful name. And he goes, can I meet the Slonic? I said, hey, Slonic, hop out, man. And uh, him and the, him and the, the, they, they, he hops on a table. Him and the, the dinosaur, uh, Gerard, they start talking about some kind of, he's showing them on the phone, some protein folding game. And Slonic's like, hey, look at this TIL. Like, goes, this protein folding game these kids have been playing. He goes, it helped us decipher the structure of the AIDS-causing virus in 10 days. All these people was playing this folding game. And before that was unsolved by scientists for 15 years, and using the same pl- just using the same platform, gamers have helped redesign a widely used en- enzyme, increasing its activity by a factor of 18. You believe that? And uh, then the dinosaur's like, you got the uh, goat simulator MMO on there? And Sonic's like, I heard that Goat Simulator MMO was fantastic. And then I was like, wait a second, guys, hold on. Wait, there's a Goat Simulator? Like a, like a, I was like, because I could use that for another podcast that I do, like where I had some problems with goats on multiple occasions. And Sonic's like, nah, man. He goes, he goes, you don't have any more access to this phone except for like a, you can be a guest user, so. And I was like, Slonic, weren't you at the vet's office when I was trying to, you know, def- keep you safe? And he goes, we, we, he goes, don't get me started. And I was like, wait a second, what, that stuff about the protein folding game is so interesting. And uh, I was like, I've always thought about that with like capsicas or whatever they're called uh, when you have to enter them. Like, what if that was used to like decipher stuff? And then the, those two were kind of ignoring me. So I was like, hey, Gerard, man, what's the problem with the sleep? And he goes, well, he goes, uh, because there's a whole bunch of stuff going on here. And I go, well, where are we? He goes, don't, he goes, you're, you know, at the bottom of a gully. And I go, I know that, but he goes, don't worry about it, man. He goes, well, you're here to help me, but probably it'll, you'll make it worse. But he's like, we might as well try until the other guy gets here. And he's like, you might even be the guy. And I go, uh, yeah, but really, um, I, I go, cause I can't stop thinking about that goat simulator MMO. Like I just want to play it. So can I play that for a while? And then I try to help you. And then, uh, I was like, I know I, I, I was like, can you, uh, like, is it like GTA five? Like where we could do like different tricks. Like I could try to go for like a perfect wall ride stunt, like a perfect, uh, goat horning or a perfect, uh, like a perfect grass eating session and then they were and then i said okay let's get down to this chart so you're a dinosaur he goes what are you doing making dinner he goes no this is my bed i'm gonna you know snuggle in here and uh he goes you're gonna help me with my dreams and i was like what's the problem with your dreams he goes i dream in silence and i was like dude that's common problem uh you're asleep so uh you're not hearing anything because there's no outside stimulation. So, um, I actually have this podcast. I might maybe like you would hear my voice. He goes, no, no, no. I want to hear things in my own voice. And I was like, well, why don't you just record yourself talking? And then, uh, and he goes, you don't understand how dinosaurs ears work, especially in this. And I said, well, well, well what do you need to hear? Um, 
Oh, he said, uh, he's like, you don't even know understand how dinosaurs, ear systems work. I go, yeah, I'm not a, a dinosaur scientist. I'm just a, a guy who, who, this is a whole head, this was originally started with Swanick. But I was like, I want to help you. I'll try. Uh, then maybe that's why I'm here. Maybe I was here. Hopefully, uh, no offense, Solonic, but, uh, you maybe, now that you took my phone, maybe you could be some more help around the house. Because usually you'd think a rolling animal would pick stuff up, but Solonic just leaves hair. He sheds like crazy. And there's nothing like a hedgehog hairball in your stomach to uh, your throat. Um, so Gerard lies down and he gets comfortable and I said, okay, Gerard, let me, uh, try carry off in dreamland. I was like, but what's so essential about you with dreaming in silence? I think a lot of people dream in silence. He goes, well, there's a, he goes, uh, he goes, there's a whole quest going on that's beyond you guys. He goes, this is, he goes, this, you know, you, you just get it. And I said, okay, I get it. Um, you know, needs to know basis and you know, I don't need to know. Understood. I go, well, close your eyes. I'm like, I've done this before, not with a dinosaur and or with a hedgehog that freaking stole my phone that's treating me like garbage all of a sudden when he doesn't even do anything. But anyway, let's just set aside my issues with Slonic. Like, Slonic, could you at least get back in my sweatshirt? Because that's very comforting, having your warm body on the back of my neck, as a matter of fact, to help me think until you start moving around pressing the phone. And Slonic said no. So I said, okay, well, Gerard, close your eyes. Uh, or did, uh, how does that work with dinosaurs? Do you have, like, multiple lids or whatever? But his eyes were already closed. And I said, you know, I got to Slonic, you could be crossing over into another world. So a dream world where there's noise or no noise. But I want you to think about, like, what, 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 uh, you know, if you were reading your phone over the shoulder of a hedgehog that doesn't listen and you saw him looking at stuff and saw that it was like today your hedgehog was learning like T-I-L that Kubrick isn't Stanley Kubrick considered casting Robin Williams as Jack Torrance in The Shining but eventually deemed him too psychotic for that role which is believable uh, and not believable I, I guess, um, uh, you know, that's probably not what, but there's a silence to speculation, Gerard. There's a level to, to, to exploring that because that movie is a, was a almost like dreamlike. But I, well, I don't know what your dinosaur pop culture knowledge is, but I want you to think about, uh, someplace like Rome. Where recently a tourist was walking around with spray paint and they were spraying the Coliseum, tagging it, and they got fined $30,000 for tagging the Coliseum. I'd like you to, uh, you know, wait behind a, um, um, one of those arches, pretend that you're like a gladiator, Gerard, the gladiator dinosaur. And I don't know what your, uh, we didn't discuss this before I, you know, tried to talk to you into the sleep zone, but uh, if you were um, uh, a meat eater or a, but you probably have the ability to bite, maybe it's better that you don't have, I'll just say that you're an herbivore type, but with, um, 
Like when you get bit by one of those snakes that doesn't have any teeth, they just have like a little bit of bony bumps. And it probably, like, if your skin's soft, it could, like, cut it a little bit so it can't hurt you. But you just go after this guy, and you chop, but he sees a dinosaur, and he's like, what is it? And I'm with you, me and Salonic, and we corner him. And I say, what are you doing, man? Like, uh, why would you spray paint something in Rome? He says, to make a point. And I said, what's your point? Because it's making me nuts. And he said, well, you know, that uh, Miss uh, Missy, I love her and I want, you know. And I said, you know, my dinosaur is going to bite your arm. And he said, no, 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 please don't do that. And I said, well, then you have to sing for my dinosaur. and Sing a song in silence, the sound of silence. And he starts going, hello, darkness, my old friend, come to talk to you again. And I go, no, 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 in silence. So he goes, hello, darkness. No, I said, my old friend, come to talk to you. And I said, no, 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 in silence. Gerard, the dinosaur, is going to have to, you know, get tyrannous, you know, terrible lizards, that's what they call them. And we just showed up here to bust a bunch of people spray paint this thing. You know, you're going to get a $10,000 fine, which, you you know, and uh, But then he was singing in silence, and his words had vibration that the human ear couldn't hear and the dinosaur ear couldn't hear, supposedly. But uh, this one scientist told me once upon a time that, uh, and unfortunately it was like a, a, the people that own the patents who was Comcast, part of their Trolling America, like part four, and I don't mean to do any non sequitur because I don't even know what that means, but it's like some kind of Comcast math they came up with that uh, accidentally this guy, he was a hobbyist about dinosaur hearing and human hearing, subconscious hearing, Gerard, and that they could hear things in their sleep that were at a different pitch and a different tone than the spoken word they could hear when they're awake, and that the singing, Hello, darkness, my old friend, come to talk to you again, would come to them and sleep, cross over the blood-brain barrier and into their synapses, and as the song would play, their mind would not just capture the words and the meaning behind the words, but a picture would form unrelated to the song. In this case, Gerard, the picture is of El Capitan. Uh, this my buddy had taken this stunning photo of El Cap on his phone yesterday. Gerard was oh so perfect. The giant hulking mass of granite, I believe, gray with the late fall sun, the weakness and beauty of the sun's rays bouncing off it with water and ice and snow and majesty, Gerard. That was the darkness saying hello in the grayness of the granite. And if my hedgehog would quit moving around, I would be able to explain to you that despite not hearing anything, 
The pictures in your mind are a form of hearing, of putting the words. And uh, Gerard, you know, crossing over. Now, I know dinosaurs normally, they have lizard brains. But obviously, in this situation, you were talking to me and you were wearing glasses, which tells me you have corrective vision needs. And sometimes our brains are just cycling in and out words and nonsense. You might not be hearing it uh, or understanding it, but you don't need to. It doesn't always need to make sense. And there's many things that, that's what we forget in our waking moments, Gerard, is that, uh, you know, people ask questions and you hear it in like newsflash. Hey, Redditors in Portugal, how has it been since your government decriminalized all drugs? Have addicts been able to get help? And has the crime rate gone down? Now, in the peace of silent sleep, where you're not hearing my voice, all you're picturing in your head is a man named T.Y. Hilton. And you're saying to yourself, Gerard, that T.Y. Hilton's a beautiful man, because he is. But what you're hearing is what you're seeing, and what you're seeing is what you're hearing. And what you're feeling is a vibration sent out by a song on a butterfly's wings that just happens to be in tune with the song in the heart of T.Y. Hilton. Now, I met this one dinosaur one time, Gerard, deep in another world of, uh, you know, one with volcanoes and, and uh, you know, dinosaurs that didn't get corrective vision. So there was a lot more grouching about. And it was a world where a butterfly was trying to correct things that had been mucked about by humans. It was a lost world, Gerard. And there was a song there, a song of sadness. And once I was able to hear that song, I was able to say to the people there, hey, let's stop running around here. You got a butterfly that's saying that you're running around and, and all that is causing stuff to trouble. Like, haven't you seen that? movie with uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer where they just had to talk to the snowman. Let me talk to this T-Rex. He's probably going to tell me, hey, I just have a very rare disease that causes my skin to be very fragile. Ask me anything, but don't run your, you know, no machine gun fire and stuff. So you guys just hang out here and, uh, you know, let me solve this. Gerard, can you understand that that is a song in and of itself, the song of peace, sweet, sweet lyrics of Jurassic World, being a world where dinosaurs and man can, uh, you know, maybe not have a non-exploitive relationship because uh, sometimes things in this, you know, just because this is supposed to be a dinosaur park, people get confused about right and wrong. Like it makes me think of Baltimore. Where residents demanded tougher laws on the police officers. This hearing came after an investigation showed the residents had suffered broken bones and battered faces during arrests. Nearly all the victims in incidents that sparked those lawsuits were cleared of criminal charges. And I don't know if that it might not even make any sense to you, Gerard, but what it says to me is that you know, these dinosaurs in this Jurassic world might be like the residents 
Baltimore in a very, very, you know, really hard to string together way and almost insulting because the people of Baltimore have been through a lot, Gerard. Song could be song, but it'd be a sad song of it's not okay to treat us like this. Your authority does not give you the right to take away my rights and to trample on my rights both, you know, metaphorically and actually physically uh, injure me if I'm an innocent person. And even if I'm not innocent, I still have the same rights as you, sir. And that song would be a song of pain, a song that was carried back, back into our history, almost the beginning of time. Because it's like a cycle then. Is it getting better or is it getting worse? And we don't, uh, I don't have an answer to that, Gerard, because I'm not, I'm, I don't know. And you lie there and you see things, you're asleep, but your mind is still not trying to make a process of what is this Jurassic world? What is this situation in Baltimore? Or across the United States, what is this solution to these terrible diseases, these terrible problems of man hurting another man? And it weighs heavy on your heart, Gerard, even though you're a dinosaur. Clearly, you must have some concern because you called out to some world beyond yours for help because you said, hey, I dream in silence. You don't. So I stand here talking with a hedgehog that keeps poking me in the back of the neck with my own phone, wasting the battery, and somehow I have to figure out how to get us out of here, and I don't even know where we are or how this hedgehog's got a Wi-Fi connection or if he's just eating on my data plan, Gerard. I, I don't know what's in my power to make right. But I also have to look at all the wrongs I've done, Gerard, and there's many, many mistakes I've made, many feelings I've hurt, many people I've let down, Gerard. But does that mean we stay silent? Does that mean we speak up? What it means is we need to hear, I think, clear, or at least I do. You'll have to choose for yourself, Gerard. Are you dreaming to hear, or are you dreaming to create a silence, like a silent bubble away from the world. I don't even know. I mean, you just seem like you had ferns and some buffalo cracking jokes. And then that Ankylosaurus I tripped over is all I saw of your world. So maybe there are some, maybe those buffalo were making jokes. I couldn't understand their language, but maybe they were jokes that were mean-spirited and cruel. Uh, and, and anyway, Gerard, when we take back the image we had of El Capitan. We stretch that back further and somehow it's connected to the Coliseum. And a man confused uh, spray painting things for some girl named Missy and saying that he could sing the sound of silence. And I don't know the rest of the lyrics of that song. I know it's good, Gerard. I don't know if you you have a you know, dinosaur version of Simon and Garfunkel um, I think that I don't know much about them. They, they're not, they weren't together for very long, but they made some beautiful music. I don't know if they even got along very well or not. Uh, 
But what's the point, Gerard? The point is you hear what you want to hear when you're asleep. Or maybe you hear more than you think you know. Like the vibration coming from T.Y. Hilton to your ears saying uh, stuff that I'm not even sure anymore. Because we're swirling around here. We're trying to make sense of a lot of stuff that's beyond our understanding. And that's like dolphins swimming in a sea of mustard. Makes no sense because it's not supposed to. And as you uh, sink down into this bed you made that I thought was going to be like a buffet and that we would share a meal, me, you, uh, my, my hedgehog, Slonic, try to get, probably try to get my phone back and run while you guys ate. But that's, uh, you know, it's quite a tale to be told about a dinosaur and a, a sledgehog and a man who just, uh, you know, went to a vet's to try to see why he didn't have any rings. Maybe if I listened, I wouldn't have bought the hedgehog in the first place. I would have just been happy with the uh, situation I already have. I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't be looking for answers. Maybe I should just be looking for symbols. And the symbols tonight that stick out is that ingenuity of creating video games Goat simulators is extremely interesting. There's some things that are extremely sad. Gerard, dinosaur that dreams in silence. I don't know if that's happy or sad or it's just something that is. And maybe you're not dreaming in silence, you just thought you were. But I know that dreaming... Is not something we just nail down and say, oh, well, it's just your brain passing chemicals from one side to the other. Because it wouldn't be possible for me to be here. For part of me knows Gerard, I've stepped over into some dream world at some point between the, uh, why I'm talking about the moon. Things stopped making a lot of sense. And uh, suddenly I was talking about a sledgehog or a hedgehog named Sledge something Slonic and wondering why I had him. And then he led me down a place to where there was like this vet. I still don't understand what that vet wanted, but he brought me here to meet you, a dinosaur. And I thought it was going to be a tale about a dinosaur that said, hey, shucks, you know. Now I dream, and now I hear, and now I can go out and be friends with the rest of the dinosaurs, and everything's going to be A-OK. But, you know, that might have been a, another tale for another time, Gerard. But you're just lying here, peaceful-like, sleeping on a, a beautiful... I don't even know how a dinosaur gets a tablecloth, or maybe it's a sheet, and I was just calling it a tablecloth. But I know that somehow I've crossed into some strange world. But you're safe, Gerard. You're safe on this bed. It looks a little stiff, but you're also a dinosaur. You've got some serious lizard skin going. So you're probably not all soft like a human. And you're cold. Uh, oh, yeah. Cold-blooded. Now that I'm putting my hand on this stone that you put your sheet on, I can feel its warmth for us baking in the sun all day. And uh, you're just lying there listening to me. Now that I think about it, 
you might not even be able to listen. I don't know about dinosaurs. You might just have some reactionary listening system that doesn't go through your brain. It might just go through your medulla. But the vibration of my voice, maybe it comforts you, Gerard. And that means you're hearing something. You're not dreaming in silence. You're dreaming without meaning or without understanding the meaning. Or maybe it's just someone talking, meaningless stuff. Or is it? Because a lot of times it seems like that's what you think, and then you're like, oh, wait a second, that's just about me. I shouldn't have done that. And you think you're just making a podcast, then you meet Bernie the Butterfly. Gerard, he's a butterfly that's got a bad attitude. And Gerard, then you go to your uh, therapist. And, uh, yeah, Gerard, I get to see a therapist. And uh, you spend the whole time talking about Bernie the Butterfly. You believe that? And you're paying this out-of-pocket expense. And then you realize uh, you know a lot more about Bernie the Butterfly than you thought you knew. And why was he so nice at the end? So caring. And how does that, what does that have to do with me? And am I really paying this guy this much money that I can't, you know, to talk about Butterfly, Bernie the Butterfly? And I don't even know if he grasps what a podcast is, this man, with his, his degrees. And, uh, but, uh, you know, whatever, man, we're here to make the most of it. And uh, well, sometimes we learn something, Drew, and sometimes we're just comforted. Sometimes we're not. But you got this nice warm slab of rock and your glasses. I'm going to take them off and hmm, I'm going to, I don't know what to do with them. Hey, Slack, could you do me a huge favor and stay here? It, you know, could you just hold on to these glasses for one second? Yeah, I'll hold my phone. And could you stay here and wait for the dinosaur to wake up and give him his glasses back? You sucker. Now I'm out of here with my phone. And you have dinosaur's glasses if you leave. You know, that's like a, a lot of bad luck taking a dinosaur. And you can't leave them because there's really no safe place near a dinosaur to put his glasses because, um, you know, they're going to get smushed. And and plus, uh, you know, he, well, how's he going to find them when he wakes up? He needs his glasses. So that's a big, big duty for you, Slonic. And that's fine. I think that's what your purpose is since you can't find rings, gold, gold, sweet gold rings that I needed. Um, I don't know, Slonic. Uh, and I, I, I'm just going to. I'm going to curl him next to the dinosaur because my body heat will keep it warm since as the night wears on, the uh, heat will lose heat from the uh, stone. But I'll keep And Why don't you snuggle in too, Slonic? I'm sure you can use my phone until the battery dies. That's fine. We're already in some strange world. Phone ain't going to help me find my way back. But you're going to have to hope that things are going to work out how they work out. And I'm going to be fine. So let's see, uh, you know, I know you like to snuggle with me close, but maybe you should snuggle, uh, uh, I don't like that. This is uncomfortable. I just don't know how dinosaurs reproduce at all, to be honest with you, Sonic. I have no clue. Well, lizards, I don't even know how any lizards reproduce, so I'm just afraid of it. But I think I should spoon on the front just because... You know, it's a soft spot, so I don't want it to get cold. And then I think you should wrap his tail around you so keep his tail warm 
and tuck it up there. Yeah. Yeah, we'll snuggle in here. It's fine. I don't think I'm going to get poked in the back with any dinosaur um, dongs, to be honest with you. Uh, hopefully uh, not. But uh, I guess that'll keep me awake uh, worrying about that. But I don't want to be awake, so I'm just going to trust this dinosaur belly is not bad. wonder if they served that up ever. So that's it. It's Sonic. Let's just sleep here with Gerard. Go to sleep. Sweet sleep, sleep. All right. Good night, Slonic. And um, can you turn off my phone? Because that light is distracting me. And the blue light, help, you know, messes with the melatonin production. And they could cause a grouchy dinosaur. Maybe I'll, I'll take... Oh, you got his glasses inside your circle. That's a good, great idea, Slonic. I'm sorry, Slonic, that... uh I expect, you know, I think we'll be fine. Oh, you're going to run away. That's fine. Okay, good night, Slonic. It's been great having you for a pet for one night and this adventure. And good night, Gerard. You're asleep. Hopefully you're dreaming in a visual world that comforts you and brings you more understanding or amusement or, you know, sexual titillation. Or whatever it is dinosaurs, you know, need right now to help them on the next stage of their journey. Uh, and hopefully there's, we're not in Jurassic Park because then, but we, you know, and I'm thinking that guy was giving out glasses to the dinosaurs. Good night all. Thank you for being here. And I hope you're all asleep. Hey, you up all night tossing, turning? mind racing trouble falling asleep well welcome I, I, I'm under the impression and the belief that you're in the right place <laughs> this is sleep with me the podcast that's here to put you to sleep and we're going to do it with a bedtime story here tonight something along the parallel lines of a bedtime story I'm glad you're here uh, what, what, what am I talking about? What do we do? If this is your first time here, welcome. The way we do it, oh, wait, I said that, but we do it with a bedtime story. All you need to do is figure out how to introduce a podcast. No, that's all I need to do. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. Or you can do that more or less in, well, the press play. You could turn. You need to turn out the lights before you get in bed, unless you have some sort of you know, smart home. And again, that would be a. Just, sometimes I go on tangents here. Would, like, how much do you trust your smart home? Would be my question. Let me know about that if you have a smart home. And, and I'm talking about trust with everything. Anyway, all you need to go turn out the light, get in bed, plus pre- bleh, press play on this podcast. And I'm gonna carry off and help you fall asleep. How am I gonna do it? How's it work? How's it work? What do we do here? Well, all we're going to do is create a safe place where you can set aside any thoughts, like anything you got to do upcoming or whatever. If you just had, if you're going to a family event, if you just got back from a family event, whatever event based worries, if your mind is racing or talking or thinking or churning or uh, rolling, toiling, is that a toiling? What's the one with the C? Roiling? Uh, doilying? You're making complex patterns out of material? It could, it could do that. 
any of that stuff, I'm going to distract you from that. I'm going to talk. I'm going to tell some st- a story. Hopefully, it's going to be a little bit soothing, comforting, strange, amusing uh, enough for that part of you to stop thinking. You know what? Let's do a little uh, visual type. Uh, well, it's not visual. It's auto pi- audio podcast, but let's do an audio visual. AV- let's do a little AV action, huh? Roll in the cart. You got the cart with the... Uh, you know, stuff on, I'm rolling in a classroom. But meanwhile, you're rolling your thoughts up in a doily. And it's like a, you know, doily is like a web for thoughts. I don't know. That's like the whole history of the doily, the secret history of the doily, which is coming out on um, Gingerbread Books 2022. This is a book I'm working on. Secret history of the doily. Kind of like in the Dan Brown vein. But uh, the doilies are, you know, wrap your thoughts up in that doily. Nice and tight, but, you know, there's, there's air holes, plenty of air holes in the door. Now throw your thoughts, just like a little gremlin. Throw it off your bed, kick it off your bed, gently, hard, however you feel it. Whew, and I say, oh, boy, what is this guy talking about? I don't know. Well, your thoughts are gone, so you don't have to think about it. Now you just got a little empty receptacle. Get comfortable. You know, readjust because sometimes, you know, you, when you think you get comfortable in bed, I don't know, maybe this just happens to me. It's like, oh, okay, now I'm comfortable. And then like two seconds later, you're like, oh, no, I got to readjust. And then maybe it's the second or third try where you're comfortable. And that's why I'm talking right now. Go ahead and don't worry, move around. But this is a podcast about just sleep. I'm going to talk just like that. Hopefully it'll be, you know, just whatever. I'm, a, I'm like a, some people, you know, I'm just here to talk you to sleep. Like a buddy who, imagine like I'm your friend and I don't mind if you don't listen to me. I'm just going to sit on the couch or a chair in your room and ch- chit-chat, but you don't have to humor me. You just got to lie there and listen. And you're like, man, this guy's kind of uh, like you accept my strangeness in a positive way. And, but you're glad that I'm not like... Please listen to me. Oh, I got to tell, you know, so that's it. That's the, um, whatever we call it, where we make a deal. I don't handshake agreement, but I had thought of a better word than that, but comp, compact, just like, uh, I think they use that a lot around Thanksgiving, maybe. Mayflower compact, was that a thing? Probably involved, uh, subjugating, you know, indigenous peoples, unfortunately. So maybe it's not something to be proud of. Maybe I shouldn't be talking about that. So that's it. That's the podcast. We're on the internet, sleepwithmepodcast.com. You can email me feedback at sleepwithmepodcast.com. You can get me on Twitter or on Facebook. I'm glad you're here. I hope you enjoy the podcast. I hope it helps out. I hope I help you fall asleep. If I don't, you know, email me. I've got some boring links to some other audiobooks. I hope you find something if this podcast doesn't work for you. Give it a few tries. I'm sorry if it doesn't, but I hope it does. All right, thank you. So we got to thank uh, Chris Postal Posterson, Posty Poo, for from soundslikeanearful.com does our music. Scott and Jennifer, I'm thankful that they do our artwork. Lord and Lady of the podcast, they're probably deep frying some uh, uh, turkey, popcorn turkey right now, hopefully, and not eating it before it cools properly. And we have our champion, Defrenestrator, champion Defrenestrator, champion wrestler, Nick Van Cor. On his picture says Pop Phenom. Uh, I got to apologize to Cody Kelly. I didn't realize he was the Iron Man. 
but I saw that. And no apologies to Pure Fury because, uh, you know, if you want to see Pure I have unadulterated Fury. So don't, you know, your pure, your, your Fury is pure. I don't know what scientists are testing your Fury, Pure Fury wrestlers. But I have unadulterated Fury, which is way more, you know, comes from childhood type stuff. So you don't want to get into it. So that's uh, Nick Van Core, our champion and defenestrator. I want to thank Beth Wolf uh, for all of her support of the podcast she does. But Beth, is, you know, Beth Beth's joining in on the Spotify fun. She had some songs to Spotify playlist. And I'm, I, I just noticed it literally on the, on the train ride home to get to you guys here. So I can't, I can't wait to thank you, Beth. And anyone else wants it, it's a collaborative playlist. Go ahead, throw, you know, throw something on there. Tell me you did or tell, don't tell, leave it like a little uh, Christmas cookie hiding in the uh, playlist for me, however you wish. So thank you, Beth. I want to thank some people on uh, Twitter, Emily S. I, I think she found the podcast, but she tweeted about it. Deb K., who hopefully I'll meet soon. I mean, soon. Deb, Deb, and anybody else in the Bay Area is listening. I, was, I don't mean, I, I just saw Deb's name. So I wanted, at some point, we're going to have a meetup in the Bay Area where we can all get together and have some, uh, you know, whatever discussions. Or you guys could just watch me, you know, try to deal with sheep or I don't know what we'll do. But that'll be after the holidays. I was going to try to figure out something before, but I don't want, you know, so February. Late January, something or other. So that's Deb K. Uh, Joy Dizzy also had some sharing about the podcast. And Eugene O. Uh, Zorak. He had some stressful work week last week or the week before. Even made even more stressful by a podcast or not. Give him a shout out. Maybe I did. Who cares if I didn't? I uh, get a double. Uh, but he, thank you. I wasn't saying who cares to you, Eugene. I was saying it's, you know, me, uh, the, you know, crazy part of me. Uh, iTunes reviews. I want to thank Mick Phil Bob. Mick Phil Bob. Is that a dirty thing that I supposed to Mick Phil Bob? Mick Phil Bob. Mick Phil Bob says, warning, do not operate while operating. Do not listen to this podcast while operating a motor vehicle or heavy machinery. Great. And then Vanessa F. Says she loves the podcast. Says a she doesn't watch Game of Thrones, but she still enjoys the episodes. Has a lot of nice stuff. Her son likes the burping and the bloopers. He's four, so it's like too early to corrupt a minor. But at last episode, I did. I think um, last episode, Christian and his mom Michelle were listening because I dedicate. I kind of I don't know how good a job I did in the dedication because I haven't. But uh, I think Christian's older, so I probably. Hopefully I didn't corrupt you, Christian, with, uh, well, I don't know for how strange, you know, don't, don't get a hedgehog, Christian. Okay. That's my advice to you. Believe me, you'll regret it as much as, you know, even if a podcaster talks about it, it was fiction. So don't get a hedgehog. The part about the good parts were made up and the bad parts weren't. Hedgehogs are, um, you know, between you and me, they're terrible creatures from what I hear. Uh, so that's it. And then Murphy B in Beantown, he's part of the Emerson Mafia, or will be one day. He uh, decorated his room with his SASE papers with three pieces. It looks like the kind of job I would do. 
except his paper is actually fully stuck on the wall. Anything I put on my walls usually has one corner falling off or is cockeyed. Kind of like the, the, that's, that could be the uh, cockeyed sleep podcast. If we were marketing it to like pirate types, cockeyed sleep podcast, I, maybe, maybe, might, we might have something. So that's the, uh, uh, main, uh, so that was the main, the, some thank yous, but I got to thank all you guys. It's Thanksgiving, uh, Eve, Eve. It's Tuesday. Um, those of you in the U.S. will celebrate, uh, uh, being thankful, but I think worldwide, I could tell anybody that's listening to this podcast, I'm thankful you're listening to the podcast. And I want to address something, uh, it's come up. A lot of people have been reaching out to me. And this is a conversation that everybody dreads having about money. And we need to talk about money, but it's not in a negative way. I know a lot of you have reached out to me. Hey, what's going on? Does your podcast need any help? Or I'd love to, you know, if you had some way to help out your podcast. And the, what we're going to talk about money is that let's just, we're not going to talk about money right now. I mean, I'll talk about it for a few minutes. But let's decide to have another conversation about this way down the road because we don't we don't need uh, there's like this big fever right now. Podcasting is having this great um, media attention because of some wonderful things some people are doing in the space, like serial startup. A lot of comedians doing wonderful things. There's like people on the more business side of stuff. There's people on the heartfelt plugging into life type stuff. Uh, so a lot of wonderful stuff happening. And there's also this, whenever stuff like that happens and attention gets on stuff, people get a little money crazy. And I'm not saying that any of you did or do whatever, but I don't think this is a point where I, we need to worry about money in this podcast because, because well, one, the podcast does not cost, cost me if, if at this point it's still affordable. And like I said, I made a major life change. So any money I would have been, you know, it's like a, it's, I consider both a hobby, even though I'd like to do this kind of storytelling as a job at some point, but right now it's one, it's a hobby. So it's like, okay, that money, I'm, I'm getting some pleasure and enjoyment out of this. So it's worth the money. It's, it's, and it's not about the money. Two, uh, another reason not to worry about the money is that, you know, how much money I would have to spend this is another way to conceptualize it. If that, if you don't buy that first one is, you know how much it would cost me to be able to have you people listen to me? Uh, even if, if you all lived in one city, let's say you all lived in the Bay area or we all lived in Portland or we all lived in, in Cloud City. Uh, was that Bespin, the Cloud City, you know, before the empire messed it up or whatever. Well, it didn't look that big. Maybe whatever, a nice, you know, fantasy f- place with a Mediterranean climate, ideally, uh, but without the problems in Westeros. Anyway, like if I wanted to get in front of you guys like once a month even to rent a room and then promote it and all that would cost me way more than this podcast cost me. So opportunity to just share these stories with you guys and have you fall asleep to them and, you know, have my tangents be out there in the universe to be, uh, you know, you know, where they belong, not in my head is an unbelievable opportunity that is, 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 that is worth like, 
even if whatever comes down the road with this podcast, that doesn't matter. Like it's just like it, like even entering like a fringe festival or whatever. And that's that kind of skill set I don't have is like I would have to make phone calls. Oh, boy. And then talk to like authority figures and say, hey, how much would it be? And then, you know, stuff. So so um, that's another thing. And this is like a whatever. I'm I'm telling my tales. You guys are falling asleep. We're having fun together. So let's now, and if, I'll tell you what, I'll make you this promise, those of you that have reached out to me. If money, like if, if some, something comes up and we get to the point where the website's crashing and we need to invest in a higher level of, you know, internet, whatever lays, whatever they, you know, the internet stuff that keeps your server from crashing and it's going to be way more expensive. I'll tell you guys, I'll say, or, you know, we need to invest in new equipment or whatever. We'll, we'll talk about that, but we don't need to. And, and again, there's like 34% of me that'd be like, all right, you guys want to send me some dough. Let me cash in on this right now. But it's, I don't think I, I'm trying to follow my gut here. And my gut's telling me, you know what? The, the, let's not worry about the money. Things are going to be fine and things are great, great, unbelievably great right now. Now that said, if you want to help the podcast, Let's not, we're, we're putting the money aside. We'll talk about it maybe 2015, 2016, whatever. We'll talk about it again. We'll talk about it in a year if we need to. Maybe if something comes up, we'll talk about it sooner. But if you want to help the podcast, just keep doing what you're doing, listening, reviewing, telling people about it. I think we can have some fun with that. Maybe next episode of about telling other people about the podcast uh, or you could email me your stories about the looks people give you when you tell people about the podcast or actually take pictures of selfies of you. Well, maybe you don't want to share your, I mean, that's private, whatever. We'll, we'll think of some, so that's one way. And then if you're like a, a super doer type person, uh, what I said, like, just go out there in the internet and see, oh, there's a sleep related article. Let me tell you my story about dealing with this podcast or, you know, find some subreddit. There's people on subreddits all the time talking about the podcast. And that's great. That's how we want to just gain one listener at a time. And that, that sounds trite and a lot of people say it. But for this podcast, nothing could be more true about it because this is podcast isn't for everybody. But the people it's for, it's really for people. You, you If you're listening you know, and, and this podcast helping you out, some of you might already be asleep. How about that? We're having a, I mean, how good is that? We're able to have a talk about money and you fall asleep. What other relationship could be like, we need to talk about money and you could fall asleep in the middle of the conversation. So, um, yeah, just spread the word about the podcast. So those are two options. The next option, uh, is create some art, either your own art or art related podcasts, animate the podcast, draw pictures. I got people sending me pictures. Got like Sammy Sweetfart making pictures of Ray. And we got Damon making music. Now I haven't figured out what good way to share that. So that might, but if you, you know, make some, do something fun about the, I don't, I don't know, do whatever, you know, or make your own art and share it with me. I, you know, I, I don't know. I can't get into the two desks. I get into the podcast. So that's another way to help. And third way to, or fourth, whatever, another way to help is, uh, if you're, if you're good at, uh, research, I got one glittering researcher, Stacy. But maybe we could add, like, cut down on Stacy. I like to have everybody just have to research one thing. So if you're a student, you're already doing research or a teacher, and you want to research one topic a week, that's one option. 
Another option is if you're good at uh, show notes, I could use some help with the show notes, uh, just doing links and, and writing basic show notes. If you have any uh, WordPress experience, like you d- design WordPress sites, could use some help with that. And audio editing. Those are so, but if you don't have those skill sets and you're not doing it and you can't get some kind of credit or put on your resume, like, uh, and you want to help the guys, just spread the word or just be here. Fall asleep. I don't mean, okay. I guess my main point was you're already helping out and I, I'm not even being, this is like one of those self propelling, um, energy instruments that don't exist, but it really does. Cause without you guys, I wouldn't have the drive to do the podcast. So that's what I'm thankful for. I can't believe it that we're here and that I'm able to chit chat with you that I'm slowly getting a little bit better and better at the podcasting part, boring part. That's, you know, I can't get any better at being bored. It's, you know, natural, uh, aptitude dullness. But, uh, so this is just a, you know, we'll see what happens with the podcast, but let's not get crazy. I think like, I don't know what Ray would say, but he'd probably say something like, let's not get crazy here. We have a plan, have a plan. The plan is to trust. I don't know. I don't do a great Ray. Have a plan. The plan is to trust. I don't know. Does that sound like Ray at all? I don't think so. But he would say that, you know, things are going to be fine. Your friend Ray, like that's pretty close to Ray. Uh, Man, I can't believe I can't do a Ray impression. It's embarrassing. He's my next door neighbor. But, but, uh, so that's it. All right. That's the money talk. No money talk. We'll talk about it. And this isn't like you're a little kid and I'm like, we're not going to talk about it. I hear what you're saying. I'm glad I feel your support. I realize there's some of you that either can financially support the podcast or want to and, or both or all three, whatever. Uh, maybe one day I'll come when I do need your financial support, but it's, let's not, let's not lose it right now. All right. Let's like, let's, uh, let's keep adding one more listener that, I mean, that dare I say really could use this podcast, especially in this holiday time. And that's why I'm here recording the Segway city here. Welcome population. You, (laughs) I love saying that for some reason. Uh, introducing stuff as a place and, and acting like you just got here. But uh, it's a holiday. It might be Thanksgiving night. I, I'm recording this in case you need, you know, maybe you need to unwind uh, from your Thanksgiving evening or Saturday, Friday or whatever. So this podcast can be here. And uh, I've been thinking I got to, I'm still running down the requests. But I was thinking about Buffalo and all that snow there. And then I was thinking a lot of people love guided meditations. So that was snow guided meditation. And then to be honest with you guys, uh, I grew up in Syracuse, New York. Most of you, some of you know that, some of you don't. Uh, people, some people claim it's the most participants, gets the most precipitation in the USA or the world or something between snow and rain. I don't know that. I used to call it the great planet because I don't think the, uh, again, this is just my memory, but I don't know if the sun comes out between like maybe November 3rd and uh, probably like April, maybe May. It's just gray and snowy and stuff. But at the same time, it's beautiful. And um, most of my family 
my immediate family's moved away, so I don't have like a home base there. I mean, I kind of have my brother Ted's still there, so I have like a a brother base, but that's not the same. Like, my parents are gone, and and so part of me misses that nostalgia uh, that I don't know if I was a hundred percent present for of like those nights when the snow would start to fall, and maybe it'd be Thanksgiving, maybe it'd be Christmas. But everybody was already inside, and the night had already descended, the deep, dark night. And then these heavy, fluffy pieces of snow would start to tumble out of the sky. And that's what they'd do. They'd kind of tumble over themselves, and they'd run into each other. They'd get bigger. Some would get smaller. Some would look like a little, like they've broken off of a feather. And they'd just be streaming down outside and the streetlights would be glistening as the snow piled up. And we just uh, silently look out the window and watch the snow fall. The snow starts to pile up slowly, but a lot faster than like slowly would indicate. We look outside we're warm inside and the streetlights are kind of yellow. The snow's yellow. We look around. <sighs> the night, is, it's dark. But we sense something, you know, calling us, calling us out there. And despite that voice in our head that says, man, it's going to be cold out there. Man, what do you mean? It's the middle of the night. We, uh, we start to, uh, luckily we're already in a union suit, which is like a one piece red, um, under, um, you know, kind of, I think we've talked about it with the miners, but it's a, like a set of, um, thermal underwear that's one piece, unbelievably. Uh, effective at keeping you warm. And we have socks that are tucked into our union suit. Nice wool socks. But that kind of wool that feels good and not itchy. Wonder wool, I think they call it. Well, that's what we call it tonight. And that's now a patented uh, trademark term, wonder wool. Wonkas make that Wonkas wonder wool. It's also uh, made from cotton candy, but we're not worried about that at this time because uh, we, you know, we don't have the activation stick. We lost that last year, so they're just wool socks, Wonder Wool, but without the extra, the Wonka Wonder part, just the Wonder part. And so we know we're warm in our union suit, or you could call it your red underwear, a long underwear suit. If you're boring, it does, in a non-graphic way, have a, a butt flap, but it's like a double um, enveloped butt flap. So really no like. But if you do need to go to the bathroom, um, it, it, it's suitable. You know, a guy would have to sit down, and a, a gal, anybody, is the best way to do it. But we don't have to go. Plus, it's double enveloped. 
So we, we we don't we don't have any breeze. So we don't even know it's back there, except when you know we run around the house like a little cherub with our butt out. But that's not right now because we're putting out on parka, one of those parkas with the fuzzy hood that parka people wear at archetypal parka moments like this one. And we zip up that crisp crunching of the parka and the zzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzz
which is like an overhang. Basically, just just an overhang. We look up. There's no threatening icicles because uh, it's been cold. Uh, non. This is the first uh, winter storm of the year. Even as it fall, though, it's a wonderful blanket of snow. A snow that's been untouched by man. And first, for first reaction is an animal. But then we notice these prints going off to the left. They catch our eye for some reason. And well, I guess that was, uh, was rabbit, rabbit prints or, uh, some other, I don't know, say, hey, well, if they head into those woods over there, but something about the comfort of our warm union suit and our wonderfully attractive parka with the, you know, uh, brings out our best features, especially in our faces. Got that winter flush to it that is just so attractive, in my opinion. Almost looks like a, you know, you just had a run or a hard, you know, great sex flush. Uh, or you're embarrassed and you're just so cute when you're embarrassed. Mm-hmm. Same goes for dudes too. You look good. We like that. Uh, so we all look great with our blushed, I don't even know, flushed. And our curiosity's peaked by this, but we, we're not afraid because we're looking good. We're feeling good in the snow. It's still falling just in this pattern slow and consistent but also random we watch it at one of the street lights just falling it's like soothing calming and, and almost like hypnotic I feel like we could just stand here and watch it all day if that wasn't that little thing nagging at us let's follow these tracks do you think a rabbit's out after dark rabbits at night is a um Rabbit, you know, stew eaters delight. But we're not here to hunt anybody. We're just curious. We start following the tracks. That's when our boots hit the snow. It's deep. Almost knee deep. It's something about us. The energy's higher. Our body core temperature is unbelievably comfortable. We trudge parallel with the uh, tracks. I don't think these are rabbit tracks. It's too dark to tell, though. That's the first time we notice a sound. It's like a sound we would have probably would have never noticed if we didn't just notice it. It's a sound of the snow. As it slides, as it lands, you can just hear it barely. But again, it adds to that level of, it's almost so subtle, it's breathtaking at the same time. And, uh, kind of thing, some Christmas dude would write a poem about, about, you know, opening the shutters to see what the mutter or, but somebody with, you know, like Robert Frost type character, 
Ansel Adams, he would have friggin', he would have ruined the sound though, snapping his pictures. We, we trudge along with the uh, rabbit tracks. We get to the edge of the woods. It's a couple of, uh, pine trees. One's, one of those pine trees that's more blue than green. Blue green. But when you, you know, when you look at something that's actually pine green, this thing is definitely blue. You think to yourself, it's almost sky blue. Why didn't I never notice that before? You see someone's trimmed away, you know, the lower portions of the branches, and there's crusty sap. Yes, it's kind of a strange shape. You can smell it almost in the air, the sap. And then you notice the trail goes into a right where it's dark, right at the edge of the woods where the greener pine trees. You're like, man, then why are they why is this blue one off to the left here? But it is, it's proud. It's quiet and it's beautiful. So are the other trees. Then you wonder, well someone gave this tree attention and trimmed it. And these other trees are more in the woods. They go all the way to the ground. We follow the trail and we you know we start to wonder. So our experience has told us that this is so peaceful and, and, and you know we've been a, we've experienced this kind of peace before but a lot of times there's nonsense with this peace especially with the show that we're listening to now but we know that there's something different tonight just because it's the snow and the sound of the snow the swishing, just the shape of the flakes as they stumble and touch our face. And it is like feathers as it kisses off our cheek. It's the first time we notice how warm our skin really is because our quality of our watch cap and our parka. And when the snow hits our cheek, it melts. We smile. So, wow. It's like I'm making love to, uh, you know, a billion different snowflakes, except on my face. And that feels good in a non-making love way, just, you know, amusing. And we follow the trail. We take a few more steps and we're in the woods. We look around. It's darker here. That's when the sound changes. It's the snows running in between the long, thin pine needles. Every once in a while, some snow will fall. It's so subtle. It doesn't frighten us. Not one bit. The trail's still going. We're still following. We're going deeper in. We're about two sets of trees into the woods. That's when we realize it's not really that dark here. It's as dark as it looked from the outside because outside, street lights and the moon. Well, I can't find the moon, but the moon's definitely shining because it's really not dark at all. Maybe our eyes have adjusted. 
maybe something I'm not sure. But we follow, we take a few more steps deeper in, following this trail. That's when the moonlight strikes the trail. I realize, okay, it's like two feet, not four feet. So whatever it is, it's got to be some, maybe it's just a rabbit hopping along. Or some sort of, uh, I don't know, we don't think that much about it. We just keep walking. We're drawn deeper in. The sound of the wind. It's just a light, light breeze. Just enough to... Actually, we can't even place the wind. It's like the tops of the trees are blowing. It's like a swishing, snake-like, meandering river pattern through the tops of the trees. feels like it's in the distance. Like, if we just kept going, we'd end up at the shore of a great sea. But we take a few more steps along, along the uh, side of the trail. Now we're fully in the, in the woods. We remember coming here as a child. And, uh, I think, well, we never, I don't know if I've ever come here at night or in the winter, maybe in the winter, but never, never at night. I think, man, oh, no, wait, there was that time I decided to run away when I was six and I didn't get that gum and I took my, uh, sleeping bag and I stuffed my, um, teddy poo in there. And I took, you know, uh, I, took, I managed to take the Cheerios out of the box and just take the bag. And, and then I said, that's it, I'm leaving. And I went into these woods and I decided I would sleep under one of these trees. Now you remember you, you, uh, you had something else with you. What was it? Say, uh, I don't know was it? Was it a book? It was like a board book. Like heavily laminated board book. Was, uh, I can't remember. But yeah, you remember you, you set up your sleeping bag. And I thought, I could, this is actually pretty sweet under here. Um, but then you, uh, you wondered. Then you went home. You didn't stay there. Whatever happened, happened, but... And I did forget that board book, so you just say, you see this one tree. I think that's the tree that I did hide under. And you get down on your knees, and then your hands, and because you have those such quality gear on, like mittens, park, and you barely even notice that the snow is cold, and you just feel it's comfortable. And you look under the tree, and before you go, Climb under the tree. You roll around in the snow on your back. And you lie your arms down. You can really hear it now. You can hear the snow on the ground crinkling, making some strange noise. And you can only hear it at that level. It's a crinkling type sound though. Maybe a leaky type sound. 
But it feels good. Lying here, cushioned. And instead of crawling, you just decide to push yourself with your feet, your head first, under the tree, almost like a mechanic going under a car. And some of the pine bristles, they they uh, tickle your nose, but they miss your eyes because that wonderful parka with the little non-animal fur trim, you know, never taken from an animal, just probably some sort of wonderful recycled you know, uh, globally sourced free trade trim, just like your park is and everything else. And then you're under the tree. And it's a really powerful small pine under there of sap and pine leaves and you're surrounded with dead brown and red pine needles all around you. Surprise how dry it is, you know, I think to yourself you could almost start a fire under here if you needed to. Probably wouldn't be a good idea, but you could. And you put yourself up on one arm and you pick up a mitten full of needles. You just look at them. You know, pat the ground. Think about, for a second at least, like, what would it be like to uh, really, you know, bring someone under here and really get it, you know, get it on. You know, that person that you've been thinking about, that person you're already with that you want to spice it up a little bit. Probably not the idea you'll ever remember and follow through on, which you're like, wow, this is a, uh, it's a little bit of a low, you know, probably only missionary only or something similar to that. Uh, but, yeah, but it's almost just a fantasy because, you, you just the other person will think, but maybe you never know if you do. Maybe let me know about it. Maybe not. And then you, uh, you know, brush away. You laugh and you brush away the thing like your lover just sat up and you're rushing the pine. And then you notice it a little blue and a little white on the corner of your eye. And that's when you see it. It's your book. You start to dig and it's only covered in pine needles and just a, a little bit of uh, dead matter like dirt but mostly just decomposed pine needles and leaves like wow how many years has it been in the book because of the chemically treated paper and inks is in, other than the cover, it's a little faded. It's like, uh, the elf that loved rubber balls. And then, uh, it goes through every letter of the alphabet, only up to G for some reason, because it's one of those board books that's real thick. You know, it talks about A ball, B for ball, C, my ball, Call my ball, I don't know, doll, doll ball, or something. I didn't write the book, so I don't have an exact photographic memory of it, but you do because you used to own it. It might not even be that book. It might be something else like, you know, the bear that loved balls or child that loved bears, bear that loved, no, it's definitely not the bear that loved children. 
the elf that loved children. Maybe it probably could be that too. The elf that loved bears probably would have been more for elves or bears. So, but it's a, you remember, yeah, you stuck it. You know, the great thing about this park is there's a pocket perfect for a board book. You tuck it in that pocket and then you think for a second, you say, no. You put it back and you bury it again. You make a note, you say, man, you know, I want to come back here. If I'm not going to come back here, you know, to get, you know, you know, fl- reflush my face at some point, I come back here maybe one day. Maybe with a child or maybe not and refine this book I hope I hope I remember that I hope this have this opportunity and that's when you hear something outside you say well, what was that and here it sounds like a squish squish in the snow but again you're so at peace and actually as you sit up you have a perfect view of the trees back to that one street light and we've been looking at it the yellow light. The snow is still going at that same random clip. You could say it's streaming. If you're a weather person, you might say it's flurrying through the light, on the edge of the light, textured, layered, whatever you want to call it. Beautiful, comforting, you slide out from under the tree and you look around for the source of the sound and you hear it again, squish, 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 squish. You know that whatever was making that trail, it's got to be close. So you freeze and just tilt your head and you know you don't want to frighten whatever it is. Then you look around the tree, you see something over there. She can't quite be sure what it is. It's like, I don't know. So you start to crawl. And you crawl around the edge of the tree. Slowly. And you hear squish, squish again. You sit there silent for another second. And you hear squish, squish again. And you get a little bit closer. As it comes into view, and as you recall it now, it's almost like something you could never put into words, never even explain it, never even put it into a relatable concept. Because what you see is like the essence of the night, of the snow of the trees. It's there in some form, but it's not. That's what you'd say to somebody when they ask why you're smiling so big the next day. Well, that really doesn't do it justice either. But the essence of what's been magical about the snow falling and the sound of the snow, smell, the trees, the taste and the scent of the air, the feeling of the snow on your face against your wonderfully lined parka, 
incredibly fashionable boots and pants and, of course, the comforting grip of your underwear reunion suit, whatever you want to call it. It's there in front of you. And you, and you, you, you know, it's not, though, but it is. It's wonderful, so wonderful. And it's like the biggest smile you've ever seen. Almost like people try to put it in images and the child smiling or a forest creature smiling. You begin to think to yourself, maybe this is what an elf is when people try to put it into words. But you know, this isn't that, well, it is real, but it's not something that'll ever, you may never see it again. And it's not a creep. Well, you know, like I can't waste my breath explaining it to you, but this is why I'm smiling so much today. And that, what you take away from it, what you'll remember years from now, other than that it was a great idea to have sex under that tree and to save that book to bring one of your children to find, you know, totally, you know, different moments in your life or at least the same part of the day when somebody was watching your kid earlier is um, what you always take away from this moment. And you remember when you're 60, it's that feeling you felt inside as you observed or took in whatever it was. It's a comfort. Just a sense of like, yeah, there is wonder left here. Maybe it's the wonder of the snow falling, just taking it in and listening. But maybe there is something more here, this thing with jig I'm seeing is it called me in here to experience this or was it always here to experience and from now on every time you put on a extremely expensive parka or even a one that's more affordable or snow pants or Union suit with a butt flap or mittens or nice or any boots or you see snow showering down or you smell the pitch of pine leaking out of a tree. You'll remember that's that's not it. That's there's something more there. Maybe that. That's all I'm supposed to do is notice it. I'm not sure. But it creates a stillness inside you that you can take with you deep into sleep that you can rely on this memory that's unexplainable yet readily available to people especially Buffalonians, but also Imaginarians. And maybe not everybody has Wonder Wolf socks uh, and the other stuff. But it's out there just waiting for you to notice it. And when you do... 
You also noticed something that was inside you. That you're not sure you can put words to. But that lets you know it's going to be okay. That it's more than that. That it's... That you can breathe. And that there are places for you to rest. To bed down. To feel. To be safe. To be okay. To enjoy. To notice the wonder. And you look at this. Whatever is happening in front of you, you smile, you laugh, you get the sense it laughs back like something out of a third close encounters of the third kind or something wonderful like that. But you know, this is a, not a, a UFO type alien situation. Well, you get the sense it laughs back at you. And then probably when you're, you know, back there, Whatever, it's going to probably be watching, enjoying that too. But you do feel oneness, I guess, or a fellowship or a companionship with the, everything around you. And you hope that you'll remember this when you need it most. Whether it's in a time of crisis or in a time of Just an evening when you woke up and you said, what's going on out there? Let me see. And it's here for you. And then it wants to just be enjoyed and notice that's all. And if a strange essence of nature and wonder and water and frozen, you know, sublimation and Vapor, street lights, and sounds, and smells could wink at you. It just did. You walk back. Walk back to the house through the snow. You notice how much it's snowed since you've been gone. Like you can feel for the first time. But it really looks cool. And as you approach the house, you take that street light in one more time. Watch the snow. You look out in the distance and you see the trees. You see the houses. You see the empty spaces in between all covered in snow. You think this is just really isn't so bad. And... Things are going to be all right tomorrow. Now I can rest. Or something inside me has been both comforted and stirred. And that's what you do. You go inside and you strip off all your clothes except for your wonderful union suit. Pull the covers up. Bed down. Close your eyes and you picture yourself on a bed in pine needles. Sound of snow enveloping you. You drift off at rest, asleep. Good night. 
Hey, beautiful night. Tossing, turning, mind racing. Having trouble getting to sleep. Well, I think you are in the right place. Let's see if this podcast works for you because this is Sleep With Me, the podcast that's here to help you fall asleep. And we do it, sometimes we do it with bedtime stories, sometimes we do it with discussions, sometimes tonight we're going to do a, do a little something different. Uh, not super different, but it'll be like a bedtime story uh, or, you know, something similar. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play on this podcast. What we're going to do is create a safe place where you can set aside any racing thoughts, any holiday-related planning thoughts, any critical thoughts, any um, super thoughts of, you know, thoughts of greatness. Those can be enjoyable, but they can also be distracting. Anything that's keeping you up, that's running through your brain, I'm going to distract you from that. You can take a breath, and you can just listen to me talk. There's no agenda here, but a little bit of fun and a whole lot of me talking in a friendly way that is both lulling, soothing, and boring. And maybe if you can't fall asleep, it's like I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm similar to a cat purring, but a person talking. Possibly. Possibly not either. Well, that's a podcast that's here to help you fall asleep. I hope it works for you. If it does, you know, give it a couple episodes, try it. If it doesn't work for you and it doesn't amuse you, I hope you find something that does. Um, either amuse you or put you to sleep. We're on the web, www.sleepwithmepodcast.com. You can get a hold of me, dearest scooter, at sleepwithmepodcast.com. You can, uh, I'm on Twitter, at dearest scooter. I don't know what I just said, honestly. Feedback at sleepwithmepodcast.com is the email. I think I'll still get it if you send it to dearest scooter at sleepwithmepodcast.com, though. Uh, dearest scooter on Twitter. Sorry, I went into some fugue state again. Uh, feedback. Let's see. <laughs> My brain. I don't know what's going on with it. Uh, Facebook is Sleep With Me Podcast. Uh, I'm, in a to- I'm totally grounded right now or something. I don't know why I'm having trouble. But that's ways to get a hold of me. Put bloopers on Facebook. I try to post sleep-related articles. Uh, Deb L's been tweeting me nice articles, so I've just been retweeting those. And that, that would, that's working good. A little Reese, uh, uh, un, you know, un, un, unknown need I had for Twitter stuff. So if you want to, a couple other people out there want to be like, Deb, you see a nice sleeper article, really sleep related article, just tweet it at me and I'll retweet it. Uh, as long as it's not some link bait garbage. <laughs> but that's sorry for that harshness against link bait if you're a link baiter. I don't even know if this is that what it's called. Clickbait, I think it's called, not link bait. I, I could do link bait, maybe. It's not, anything with bait is probably a bad idea. So that's the podcast summary. Uh, I'm going to do some quick thank yous, and then we'll talk about tonight's show. Hey, I just want to say some thank yous. I want to thank Chris Postal, Chrissy Pooh, for making the music for this podcast over at soundslikeanearful.com. I want to thank the Lord and the Lady of the Podcast for always being so Lord and Lady-like. I want to thank Scott, trending up always, Scott and Jennifer, for their artwork for the podcast. The Defrenestrator for watching over the podcast and the Lord and the Lady 
and for just being a champion, but, but, but not just in belt alone in actions and words. I just want to thank uh, some new listeners. I want to thank Andrea G and Genghis from Twitter, Chris W, Elizabeth S, Justin T over at Facebook, and then Connor, Ethan, and Becky, all for your emails. Sorry, it's taking me a little bit while to get back to emails and messages. I'm just um, be a freaking, uh, you know, things. This living life stuff is not. We, who, I mean, what, why, why, what's, when you, I try to make sure I sleep enough. Again, the uh, tangent, I'm trying to get through this uh, intro, but it's like, you need to sleep and then you need to be efficient. Don't, don't, don't sacrifice sleep for efficiency. So, but I apologize. I'm, I'm working on getting back in touch with everybody that's reached out to me. Uh, international reviews. I want to thank some international reviewers. I want to thank, uh, Didi Mike and the boys from Canada. Uh, first year of university, five classes. Holy mackerel. Deity, Mike, you're going to need a deity. So that's Mike from Canada. I want to thank Beggars69. Oh, boy. <laughs> that's an image in my mind. Uh, from the UK, thank you for your wonderful review. You don't know how it works. Neither, neither do I. I'm just glad it helps you helps you sleep. Banana Fish, 1978 from Canada. Wow, this is a seriously wonderful review here. Thank you. I'm glad the podcast works for you. Sorry, I went into another fugue state. Hagelina. Did I already thank you, Hagelina? If so, I'm going to thank you again because I love saying Hagelina. My little Hagelina. You do all my haggling for me. And I can see you in your babushka. That's Hagelina from the UK. Oh, uh, Mad Huvati. Mad Huvati, Mad Huvati, Maduvati from Maduvati. Is that right? From Norway. I hope that's right. Your uh, review came in in Norwegian. Thank you. Very nice. From what I can tell, I try to do my O's like that. I try to do European letters because my handwriting's so bad. Or numbers. I guess that's the numbers. Let's see what else we got here. USA, USA. I'm not sure. I know this is from another country. I'm not sure which one, though. Blurring said the podcast is amazing. And if you like this, if you find the sound of silence deafening, this might be the podcast for you. That's paraphrase. But thank you. Uh, Thank you so much for all your reviews, all your feedback, interactions, fun stuff. And uh, just a little note. Uh, guys, I know a lot of you must have been talking about the podcast over Thanksgiving because Sunday's episode is it by far the most popular. Well, by far, it looks like it's going to be the most popular, but, you know, trending numbers, uh, according to the ticker tape says, you are all t- telling people about the podcast and say, Hey, listen, I don't know about you, but four days off is uh, to make Sunday night pretty creepy for sleep situations. So thank you so much. And uh, if, if you want to help the podcast, uh, this is the new initiative, I think, here. I just thought of add one listener. That's all you got to do if you hear my voice. You can add one listener. Just find one person you know and say, hey, check this. You, you, you just keep your ears open, your eyes peeled for someone that's like, they either look terrible 
<laughs> or they say they can't sleep or review the podcast, whatever you can do. I just want one more person to listen that needs the podcast as opposed to 80,000 people that don't, you know, that are like, oh, this boy, this guy, he's, uh, you know. I mean, I'm sure a team of scientists in Norway is already listening to this podcast, speech pathologists, and they'll, you know, they'll get their due. They'll get their freaking theses and uh, abstracts going about me, and that's fine. That's fine. But I want to actually help some people, too. I mean, that'll help people. That research on all my disorders will help people eventually. But that'll be the researchers helping people, not me. I'll just be a test study. So anyway, thanks for listening. Thanks for being here. Thanks for communicating. And I uh, hope I'll, I'll help you fall asleep. All right, guys. Uh, uh, quick. This is So tonight's uh, Sunday night. It's around... Uh, something PM and normally I would do a meditation here or trending Twitter Tuesdays and I had one all set to go or, you know, I was planning on doing it tonight, but then, but then life kind of happens, I guess. I don't know. Not life happens. Uh, this is like good news, bad news, depending on who you are. We will do a meditation or trending episode on Thursday because we had, a. it's just, it was the Thanksgiving holiday and some things came up. That uh, we're still having an episode, so don't worry. This is still an episode. You probably know that because you can see that it was however many minutes it's going to be. But uh, what happened was, so Thursday was Thanksgiving. It's Sunday now. And there's the big Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, right? And usually I record it. I watch it. It's a Thanksgiving tradition for many people. I prefer to watch it on delay so I can skip the commercials. So I was outside on Thanksgiving morning or, you know, 10 or 11 o'clock. I see Ray, my next door neighbor. And I say, hey, Ray, happy Thanksgiving. You know, I say, hey, buddy, blah, 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 you know. And uh, I said, what are you doing? And he said, tells me. And then I say, uh, you want to come over and watch a little bit of the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade? And his face just changed and he ignored me almost. I said, Ray. You want to watch some of the Thanksgiving Day Parade, Macy's? I taped it. And he ignored me again. And then he just walked into his house. And I was like, that's weird. And then I ended up playing with my dog and doing some stuff. And then I had Thanksgiving stuff. So I didn't end up, I watched like about 15 minutes of the parade. And then uh, I was like, well, I'll watch it. You know, maybe I won't watch it this year. I don't know. And then I saw Ray again Friday morning. And I said, hey, Ray, uh, I caught him. I cornered him, too. He was coming in from getting his paper or something. And I said, hey, Ray, uh, how was your Thanksgiving? He's wonderful, you know, whole nine yards. He told me all about it. And then I said, uh, you know, what happened yesterday? I was asking about the parade, Macy's parade. And, I, you know, you ignored me. And he just, again, goes into this. But he's caught because I'm blocking his path back to his house. So he's like, uh, uh I don't watch that parade. And I said, what? I said, you're from New York, man. Like, I thought you were from Parkchester. I don't want to have someone like the parade. And I said, what, you don't like the parade? You don't. And I said, well, you know, what happened? He said, well, it's private. I don't want it going on the podcast. And I said, sure, tell me all about it. And I said, uh, is this related to the belly dancer? He said, yes. So that's all I can say about what. But I said, um. We got talk. I said, let's go in and get a cup of coffee. Come on. And I said, what do you think about this uh, 
We'll do some like inversion therapy or aversion therapy or exposure therapy. He said, what's that? I said, I don't know. I'm not a therapist, but I've heard those words before. It's where we expose you to your fear and I'll be here with you. And, uh, you know, I'll walk you through the parade. We'll just watch it together. And uh, maybe that'll help overcome your fear of the parade. Now, any other fears we discuss that are private that are for discussion on the podcast, we'll, we won't worry about those because especially when you're dealing with um, amateur science with the mental brain, you, you probably don't want to risk just a general parade phobia avoidance therapy situation uh, was coming. You know, I was like, that's probably all I'm not qualified for. And I don't want to, you know, and so Ray said, okay, I think, and he said, do you mind if I bring the Gregor? And oh boy, this is a whole nother situation. I'm going to bring uh, Ray and, and the Gregor. But what happened was, I don't know if you guys listen to Sunday's episode all the way through, but somehow with the magic, the podcast and the, what I think has been happening, I think there's a leak in the fantasy fiction machine. Maybe that's how the whole, uh, maybe there's been a leak the whole time and that's how the ticker tape machine worked. But so I was talking about the mountain and the next thing you know, the mountain's sitting here in the, in the recording the podcast with me. No, no, I didn't do anything. I swear I did not travel to the Game of Thrones universe and pull them out. I would never do that. I don't want, and it ended up not going terribly with the mountain. But anyway, I sent him out, and then I was like, I got to figure out how to get him back before George R. R. Martin finds out about he, both the, even the, uh, and I don't think it was the actor, because that would have been weird. I don't even know who he is, to be honest with you. I'm sorry, sir, because you do a great job. But, uh, so, then he ended up start, him and, uh, he ended up staying at Ray's, because I was like, I sworn vengeance against him, and plus I was like, Ray's way nicer. And then Ray comes, let me just bring Ray in. Let me bring Ray in. I think he's going to have the mountain with him, but we only have one mic anyway. So I don't know how this is going to work. So I'll put a, take a break. I'll be right back. Hello. Hello. It's your friend Ray. I'm uh, here on the mic here. And uh, we're going to talk about the uh, Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Happy Thanksgiving to y'all. I am so thankful that. Uh, my neighbor here started his little podcast, the Landy's podcast, and I'm just happy. Sco- I'm sorry, Scooter. I thought you outed who you were. It's a which is okay. And we're it's going to be a little bit different tonight because uh, usually I come on and talk Disney, and I don't know between now and the holidays what. I, but I'm so glad to be on the now. Well, let me tell you, I know he set it up a little bit, but let me tell you, I have not watched this parade. Since I don't even know. Do you know how many years this parade's been on the air? Uh, in fact, I don't, right? I should have known. He should, he should have known if it was like the 63rd or the 33rd parade. But I, I don't know. At some point in my life, I said to this parade, just leave me alone. I never want to see you again. And you, you, you bring up the terrible dreams and the terrible situations for Ray, and I just want to avoid your parade. You remind me of gloomier days and scarier things. And my neighbor said to me, Ray, why don't you sit down and we'll watch the parade together? And we'll, 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 you know, I don't know. Maybe your fears aren't realistic. You're such a, Ray, you're the best. The listeners think you're the best. Thank you, by the way. 
And uh, why don't you sit down? We'll do the show. We'll just watch the parade and then we can talk about it. And maybe you'll be thinking about what you're going to say about the parade. So you won't be so nervous. And what did I tell you, folks? It worked. This podcast is healing me as it helps you sleep. And now I'm like, well, I have some objections to the parade, but we could talk about that when it comes up. But, oh, and my new friend, McGregor, is here with me. And, uh, Ray, his name's not the Gregor. I've talked about this. If George R. Okay. He says, uh, it's not the Gregor, but it is. Do you want to say hi, Gregor? I say hi to, to what? This thing, the Greg. Hello again. I, uh, the, the, this is the Gregor. I hit to talk about it. Okay. Okay. Good job, buddy. Um, that's the Gregor. Okay. Ray, I gotta get on him. Okay. Um, Ray. Like I said, he can't. His name is Sir Gregor or the Mountain, not. I know no longer Mountain. No, no, I no longer Mountain. I the Gregor from now on. I I the Gregor. No, no, no Mountain, no more Mountain. Mountain. Uh, I like the Gregor, not the Mountain. Oh, she's Ray. If George R. Mountain. Now you got me saying George R. R. Mountain instead of if George R. R. Martin finds how are we going to bring him back for the next season if he's calling himself the Gregor? Well, I just figured that uh, you know, like the Ricka, I would like I said, uh, how you doing? He shows up in my yard, by the way, folks. This uh, Andy, he sends the Gregor out into the uh, because he's working on the last show or whatever. He's wandering around my yard. He's eating uh what do you call those orange things? What are those called again? Persimmons. Uh, he's eating persimmons off the ground and asking me if they're uh, elf heads or some such thing. I don't know. And I said, come in out. You know, it's raining. Come in in the house. What's your name? He says, the Gregor. I didn't know he said, Sir Gregor. Because he says, go ahead. What's your... Uh, the Gregor. See? He's the Gregor. Just like, remember Silver Spoons? I, I don't know. I barely remember Silver Spoons, Ray. Um, and I think this podcast can be do better if we just keep the crosstalk. Like, I've never done three people in this like this. Um, but he, I, I remember the Silver Spoons here. We stand face to face. Get a couple of Silver Spoons. Open to find two of a ca- Taking it off. I bet you're not together. We're going to find. What you, Ray, you know what? And what Sir Gregor watch Silver Spoons? Ice, Silver Spoons. I like the train. I like to have a train for me. Okay, that's not good, Ray, because, okay, don't worry, it'll be fine. I'll talk to George Armand myself. I'll take the blame and uh, we'll get it all, we'll get it sorted out, okay? The Gregor's the best. He's like the Ricker on Silver Spoons, is what I was trying to say. Let's all calm it down a bit. I will take control of the podcast. I'll take the mic and I'll throw it to you guys when you're ready. Okay, let's all calm down. Gregor, are you ready? Talk parade, I love. I go talk. Come on. Oh, oh come on, Mike. Oh, talk parade, ready. And, yeah, I guess I'm ready, Ray. Okay, well, let's talk the parade now. First off, I want to talk about what's everybody's favorite. And it's your podcast. What was your favorite part about the parade? What was your high points of the parade? 
Uh, Ray, my, my favorite parts of the parade were, uh, actually towards the beginning. I really liked when Al Roker was interviewing Amy Cool, K-U-L-E, I believe. She's the executive producer of the parade. And then they had, uh, the Little League World Series pitcher, uh, Monet Davis there. I thought that was both touching and, uh, executive producer was trying to read off the teleprompter and then I was imagining what it would be like. I was like, man, we could make a web series or a short series or even a TV. This would make a good show, the parade producer. Uh, so my, my imagination was spinning off about what this woman's life was like. And I also liked, yeah, that they gave some love to this young baseball player who, uh, was kind of breaking the gender barrier with her high-speed pitches. and, and So that, that was my favorite part. Okay. Gregor, Gregor, what, what was your favorite part of the parade? I uh, okay. The part of uh, the parade is uh, the curling. With, uh, but I do not like the band, you know, the main thing in this case. They don't know like that. Uh, my, my wife and my father, because that's my pet. Okay, thank you, Gregor. You go over there. Okay, so uh, those were those guys' favorite parts of the parade. Now I think I'll just uh, I'll take over from here. Now my favorite part, folks, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. I'll just uh, we'll get to it when we get to it. How's that? How's that sound, everybody? When we get to my favorite part, it's coming up right away, and I think you know may know what it is. You may not, but the parade opens with these sailors out on the street there. And they're talking, and then they're like, New York, New York. And it's from the Broadway production on the town. And they were singing New York, New York. It was a lovely number, like singing, dancing. They had special effects. It was like they were coming to the parade. I loved that. Then you had your little Al Roker parade producer, parade hero moment that you you were talking about. Monet Davis and the uh, the Tony Dragons, I think they were called. And then the next thing you know, we got uh, Tony Dan. Now, another thing I liked was uh, that you had it on your DVR, so we did not have to watch the commercials. Because holy friggin' moly, maybe that was one of the things that subconsciously drew me away from the parade, was there's a lot of commercials. But then we have Tony Danza, who looks wonderful, wonderful Tony Danza, you look wonderful. And he was singing this Vegas song. And then uh, you had a guy that looked like Fredo from The Godfather 2 there doing a little singing along with Tony Danza singing about Vegas. And then you had uh, the guy that looks like he was in the boy band once upon a time. Do you know who I'm talking about, Andy? Uh, yeah, right. It's uh, Joey. Um, who I don't know. I can't remember if he was in Backstreet Boys or... Uh, um, Backstreet Boys or, and I don't know the other one even, um, but he's really good. He's good in Broadway. He's a great personality. I like him. I just don't know. His name will come to me, uh, but I think it's Joey something. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for nothing. I thought at least you would have looked that up because I told you to. So we had Tony Danza and then we had one of your favorite, I thought this was going to be your favorite part. Now, one thing that may Maybe Ray's uh, old-fashioned, but I guess then you were saying that's not old-fashioned, is that the NBC was using it to feature a lot of the stars on the shows. And I said, well, this is a little bit too much commercialization for Ray. 
But then you even look, there's so many layers of advertising going on at the parade that you don't even know what's real or what you're feeling. So maybe that's why I had all these confusions in the past. But you said, oh, well, this is, you remember when they used to have specials about the prime time, you know, the Saturday morning kickoff specials. You love that stuff. Yeah, right. Uh, Thank you. Um, I do. I mean, I don't know if it was as deft at this. Because it was kind of like they were pretending a little bit. But I really like the Ken Marino. Uh, he's a member of the state. He just comes across at least as a very nice person. He's always very cheery. He's always been very successful. He uh, is very uh, charismatic, photogenic, which makes me intensely jealous of him because he's hilarious. And he's got all these things. And he's got a show called Marry Me. And they had this night moment. He hugged Al, which I thought was great. He uh, also had a picture, I think, of his mom and his sister at the parade or working in the parade or volunteering in the parade. So all in all, I think that was a, another great moment. But plus, I just like Ken Marino. And I think he's taking a lot of different risks and put himself out there. So I'm happy for him that he has a primetime show. Okay, great, great. So that was Ken Marino pimping out his show, uh, which which he did good. Uh, some of the other people. Uh, and there was another moment, which was good. We'll get to that. So then we had another Broadway number, Gentleman's Guide to Love and Murder. And then you were, you said you fell in love with the woman in the maroon, correct? Oh, uh, no, not me. No, no, not you, Gregor. Yeah. Well, yeah, I did. I did, but you did. Okay. Oh, you, you don't want to come on the mic every time. Okay. Uh, so that was a, she was very beautiful. I, I would agree with that. That was a nice number. Then we had another number from sh- Side Show, but uh, there was some problem with the DVR there, so we didn't really get any of the music. But I could say that Side Show related musicals are always enjoyable. So I'm looking for, I, I do so miss living in New York and being able to see and the great white way or shows before they make it to Broadway or get in the tickets at the TKTS window or I, I don't, do they still have that thing? Is it still out there in the middle of Times Square or is that gone away? I don't know. And, uh, just lovely. And I miss Broadway so much and I know it's not affordable anymore. I don't know that it ever was. But, oh, my heart aches for that Broadway. And so that sideshow made me think of that, how much I miss it. And then, ladies and gentlemen, we had Ray's favorite part of the parade, a little S-T-I-N-G sting singing from uh, from his show, The Last Ship, which I do not, I had no idea there would be one sting, two, that he has a Broadway musical and three, not only did he write it, possibly, I don't know, but that he's going to star in it for a, a, probably a limited period of time. But, oh, my goodness, Sting looks, he made, you thought Tony Dancer looked good. I bet you they're the same age. Sting, Sting looks like about $4 million. And uh, they had, the, that was a beautiful, beautiful song. Very Broadway, very seedy, underbelly love story set up. I would, I, if I had the money, 
and I didn't spend it going to these Disney parks, I would fly to Broadway to see Sting. But probably it's going to be out. I mean, that's probably way too much money. And Gregor, you did you like that part with the you got Gregor, come over here to the microphone. Oh, oh yes, uh, people, the uh, people from the pub. Um, Gregor, no, go in the pub, no allowed. Father said no, but you know, but uh, look, I like, I like. Okay, thank you, thank you. That's the Gregor, by the way, folks. The Gregor. Uh, so we had that sting. It was just, it's still with me. I asked, I rewatched it three or four times. He looked great. He moved, he danced, he sang. He had his little buzz cut going. He had a fake, uh, fake, uh, pea coat, which was brilliant, uh, costuming by whoever does the costumes. Cause it was thin. I could tell it, it was thin enough that he wouldn't get too hot sting, you know, when he had to move around. But oh, that was great. And then we had another ad or two for, uh, in there for uh, NBC shows, but they had this blacklist one. And there was these two guys, I forget the first guy's name, but they were from the blacklist. They look like very good, nice, nice boys. But the one Ryan Eggold, he said, uh, Al Roca, I believe, was like, uh, tell us the secrets of the show so you lose your job. And he said, uh, all I can tell you is that he's a guy and he's alive. And then uh, the guy was like, uh, well, you know, well, 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 well. so I thought that was nice. And they hugged each other. That's always hugging is always nice. A little piece of advice. If you're going to be on TV, give somebody a hug. Ken Marino, Ryan Eggold, you know, that they, they gave each other, they gave other people hugs. Okay. And don't be afraid to hug a man on TV. Come on now. Gregor, you would hug me on TV. What? What's that TV door? TV the window, magic window. I hug, hug the magic window. You see a break if I hug it. No, never mind, Gregor. Gregor, just, just, just sit. Your buddy Ray's here. Okay. No, no hug right now, right? No hug window. Yeah. Okay. So that's the Gregor. Um, and then we had a, like a, we had an interview and then an advertisement for this Peter Pan live. And I got to tell you, uh, I got to tell you, I liked the musical number. I'm not sure this Allison Williams is androgynous enough to be uh, Peter Pan, to be honest with you. And I know uh, Sandy Duncan might say I'm a beautiful woman and I'm not androgynous, and I would agree with that. But I guess I don't know. Maybe it's, I'm just old-fashioned and a fan of Sandy Duncan, uh, but I don't know. And then Christopher Walken as Captain Hook. It seems like a great idea, but I saw the advertisement. He just looked like he didn't care. He was like, I'm Captain Hook, and I am not Sting. Why didn't they get Sting? Why why, why don't you get Sting for Captain Hook? Now, I love Christopher Walken. I know you boys do, too. And I'll speak for you because it's easier with this one mic. But, yeah, so that's, I don't mean to bash any Peter Pan live people. And I know there's a lot of, you know, last year with... uh what was the name? The country singer, the beautiful country singer. Do you know? The country. You sing. Which country sing? No, never mind, Greg. Are you still with us, Andy? Yeah, right. I don't know. Uh, Miranda Lambert, maybe. Carrie. Carrie. Uh, not Carrie Strug. Uh, oh, I almost had it. 
Okay, you're not doing well with the names. So I know she got a little abuse and about acting and different things, but she's putting herself out there. And so, Allison Williams, I'm sorry. You're a beautiful woman, but I will withhold my judgment until I possibly see this Peter Pan live or on tape delay because we live in the West Coast. We had the Rockettes dancing away. That was lovely, but nothing... That stuck out to me. And then we had a, a huge marching band from uh, North Carolina, well, Western Carolina. And uh, what did you say? You had to, you, this was something you, you really liked. You weren't, we weren't sure on the song, but what did you, yeah, right. I loved the uh, purple, they had these beautiful purple drums. It was beautiful. It was very, um, I don't know if it was uh, NBC or the band that did that, but they just had this purple glow to them you 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 love the purple you get the purple christmas lights too you love purple uh, yeah i love purple gregor wants to say i put him i'm put butter 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 bear okay thank you gregor go you can sit over there till i call on you he's a purple purple he's gregor's still learning he's not a media savvy okay then we had the uh, old turkey uh, thing that's almost in every parade with the googly eyes. Then we had Thomas the Tank Engine, which they said was the heaviest and most helium float. And then we had the goldfish. Now you're warning me. I know you said don't say anything strange here. We had the goldfish float with Lucy Hale, who was a beautiful young woman. We have no idea. So we, you say, I can't say anything, only neutral. Well, that's just appropriate thing to say, right? It's just a young girl, basically, saying, and that's all I said. I said she's a lovely young woman. Okay, I just want you, It's me. I need you to be media savvy, too, because it's my podcast. Have I ever said anything offensive about any women on the show? No. And if I compliment a young woman on a singing from Canada, I believe, country singer, great job. Goldfish crackers, they could, you know, go to hell. But Lucy, how good job. Okay, Ray. Okay, and then next up, we had some cowboy uh, wranglerettes, which were, I, I don't know about this either, folks. It seemed a little bit, uh, I don't know. I missed the beginning because I was using the restroom, but I don't know if they have anything to do with the Dallas Cowboys. That's one, because they had cowboy uniforms on a bit. And then why do you got to sit, why you got to come in and steal the Rockettes uh, thing? The Rockettes are already in there. Why you gotta call yourself the Wrangler, Wrangler, Wrangler? It's, it's not, uh, it's not okay with Ray. And I don't want to judge people on assumptions, but I got a feeling. And Ray, don't say anything about Texas. That's like the, a big state. Well, I'm just saying that what if they're like, well, we're the uh, Wranglerettes and you're the New York City. I don't like people that don't like New York. Okay. I'm going to put it out there. I like everybody. But uh, every once in a while, I guess it's the parade and it's getting to me already. So, uh, Gregor, let me look at your soft, nice face. Right, his face is neither soft nor nice. To me it is, okay? The Gregor is sitting there and he's going to calm me. Okay, next up, we had the NHL float with the Madden brothers on there. And then Bacon Brothers, you are not. That's all I'll say about that. And then we had Snoopy and Woodstock up there in the sky. Very sweet, very uh, nostalgic. 
Then we had some band do a can-can, which I did not, I couldn't pick up the music. I couldn't identify it. And then we had the, you, you liked, this was another moment you, you liked. You just wish there was a different song. We had the door float, which was nice. And then you had Becky G. Now, did you want to say something about this Becky G? Well, I just said, uh, hey, uh, it's me. So I, I like shower better is what I said. So I was like, oh, man, but that other song she sang, well, I know that's singing in the shower again. I love that song. But the other song she sang, it was like something out of like a Disney animated movie. It felt like, like out of Lion King or something. It was good, a little epic, but I guess it's an epic parade. And this brings up another point, Ray, while I'm on the mic, is uh, what's with the Christmas car- lack of Christmas carols? They did some in the second half, or the, I guess the parade was in thirds. So in the last third, they had some Christmas carols, but why wasn't, why wasn't Lucy Hale or uh, Becky G singing? Because I remember, again, someone's name I'm not going to remember, but I remember... Uh, like singing, uh, what's that? It wasn't Christina Aguilera, it was someone else. Last Christmas, you gave me my heart. And the very, it wasn't George Michael, obviously, it was like a reboot. Very next day, you gave it away. This, and this was like three or four years ago, and it just captured my heart. Uh, even though I don't remember the artist's name, um, I think she was on Disney Channel, but it wasn't, um, one people are talking about a lot. Um, I don't know. I'm not good with names. So I just wondered why was, and I don't, I don't think it's a war on Christmas thing, but you know, Ray, well, it's just, that's the thing that was getting me a little bent out of shape about this parade here is what, what are you trying to sell you songs? What, if, uh, Miss uh, Becky G, why can't you sing a Christmas carol? Why don't you just sing a freaking goldfish song? I, like goldfish, okay, uh, Greg, am I upsetting you? What was that? What was that? The, the fish. What is that? Do we eat fish now? No, never mind, Greg. It's okay. But then, after Becky G was the Sesame Street float, and you were yelling, "Hi, Big Bird! Hi, Maria!" And I thought that was very cute, and he really was, folks. He was, he was like, "Look, right." He grabbed my my thigh. In a non-sexual way, but I grabbed my thigh. I said, look at how yellow Big Bird is. And there's Maria and there's Oscar and the Count. And uh, you said some other names. I wasn't listening. And then they started singing a song. Now, I think the young woman in the Sesame Street, uh, she looked maybe in your age range. What do you think about, you know, going out with her? You're talking to Gregor, right? I said, no, she's cute. She's wicked cute. But uh, I don't think I'm going to be dating anyone from Sesame Street. I think they filmed that in New York or Children's. Okay, he's not going to date her. But if you're listening, young woman on Sesame Street, that looked like about 28 to 34 years old. Think about it. Okay, Gregor, what it, you, oh, you're already in love. Gregor has someone he's, he's, he's sweet on to from the show. I mean, I liked it how they, they threw it to the count. He would, the count is always funny or whatever he does. Then we had this diary of a wimpy kid float, which, uh, well, Gregor, you did not like that, did you? Also, the big white king, white sky man, white sky man, no good. Okay, come, come over. It's, well, 
White Skyman, no good. There's a bad news. Okay, so we try, you know, Greg is learning what, uh, then we had another advertisement for, uh, Goldie Blocks, which basically look like Tinker Toys, but they changed the colors to think that girls today are not, uh, savvy consumers. Uh, a bit of an insult, if you ask me. And then they had Megan Trainer on there, which again, lovely voice, but why not sing a Christmas carol or, uh, non, you know, even like a, 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 a sexual in, innuendo Christmas song like uh, Andy was singing earlier. I don't understand it. I, I just don't. And then we had uh, some uh, nice little dance troupe from New Orleans, uh, the Baby Doll Ladies, I think they were called. They did a nice little show. And then I think we had another spot we all agreed on was lovely on more than one level. We had Miss USA Today. No, it's just Miss USA to oh Miss USA Nia, Nia Sanchez Miss New York I believe originally which is a nice touch, and then we had this man William Blake singing. Now he must have been listening to us because he sings not he doesn't even he says, you know it's too early for a Christmas carol but I'm in the spirit and I'm singing a Thanksgiving carol, and I don't know what it was but it was about gravy and eating and Thanksgiving, and that was lovely. So thank you, William, Blake, because that was just a, a lovely little thing you did for us. And then we had where Ray starts to lose his patience because they had the Ronald McDonald. They First they talk about the Universal, which one day Ray will go to Universal Studios, hopefully. And I would not mind to see this uh, Macy's Parade they were talking about, but then they had Ronald McDonald in a shoe car, then we had the Ronald McDonald shoe car, which, Greg, you thought that was funny, correct? Uh, yes, uh, 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 brothel shoe, giant brothel shoe from giant brothel woman running, running, running shoe. <laughs> it's a brothel shoe. It's like a brothel in a shoe, eh? Eh, eh Gregor? You'd like that, huh? I'd like a brothel shoe. It's an inside shoe. Brothel. Okay, go ahead and sit down. And then they had a all these Ronald McDonald kids and this uh, giant skates on the 76-foot balloon of Ronald McDonald, I believe. And they say, are they trying to pass it? Oh, this is a wellness for all children. Oh, boy. I just, I, I don't know. I had trouble swallowing that one. Then we had a Planus Peanut car with Mr. Peanut, which, uh, and they said that they got three of these driving across the country to how, harness the power of peanuts. And I said, oh, well, it's already called a Wienermobile. Oscar Mayer's had him driving around for years. So just, that's junk. And then we have, uh, okay, let's keep getting the kids more sick. Then we had Cracker Jacks. And then they had the band, the American Authors. And they did not realize they were on the air, I noticed, and that they were supposed to be lip syncing. And then they sang a nice little um, generic tune, Best Day of My Life. And then... uh we had Hello Kitty, who was 40 years old. Happy birthday to Hello Kitty. But Hello Kitty is very popular underwear. Did you ever notice that on adults? Did you ever notice that? Ray, that's a... No. I'm talking about women in their 30s are wearing Hello Kitty underwears. That's Ray, it's just not the Thanksgiving parade talk. Okay, he's... Uh, Gregor, what do you think? What's underwear? What is under underwear? Underwear. Okay, thank you, Gregor. But Hello Kitty was in a plane, 
Uh, Gregor, you remember that you still by the mic. You could talk again about the plane, the cat in the plane. I said, by the, the cat you shove in the toy and throw it in the sky. That's what they did. And that's no nice to throw a cat. Cat, little creature can't fight. No, 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 don't do that. Don't, don't, no throw cat in the sky. Well, good boy. Right, Gregor. See, Gregor's, yeah, yeah, Gregor, yeah, you're the best. The Gregor. And the, the Hello Kitty's uh, slogan, I guess, is you can never have too many friends, which Ray usually believes. Then we had some sort of, uh, smart ship. They were saying this is the first smart cruise ship. And they had Nick Jonas singing. It, uh, it had this climbing apparatus with no climbers. And I was like, isn't, is Nick Jonas supposed to be on the top of this thing? And they moved him. What, what? It was a set piece. I didn't understand why it was there. Then Nick Jonas is singing and the snow is coming down. And I just thought that was so nice. And, uh, very, very, Nick Jonas has got good timing because the snow is coming down while he's singing. But again, as you said, it would have been nice if he was singing a, uh, a carol or a, a Christmas related song. Uh, maybe something, you know, new or old, but yeah, I don't understand it. And then we had a lovely, that Bahama All-Stars youth band. And again, Ray doesn't want to get political, but I did not appreciate the way that Today Show people were talking about these young people. Even when you say at-risk youth, you you need to define what it means because it's almost a little bit of an offensive term to me personally when, when you're labeling youth in that way. And I don't know, and I just didn't like it. They said, oh, well, we're teaching these youth how to behave or some nonsense. Excuse me. Youth can choose how to behave, okay? They need to be making their own decisions. You can't force how you're, oh, boy. I just got, I'm bent out of shape about this whole Ferguson thing's got me in a tizzy and angry. Ray is angry, politically angry and upset. And then you watch this parade with all this gar- uh, commercial garbage, and you think, w- when do we stop? What, what, isn't Hello Kitty say you can never have too many friends? And we got people passing away and being killed. It's just not okay. But I, I, I'll move on to the parade. I'll just numb myself to the fact that I have brothers and sisters out there who are being abused. It's all, it's, I'm not going to stop you, Ray. That's fine. I, I believe the same thing you do. Okay, thank you. That's all I'll say, okay? And we need to be thankful um, that we live in a country where at least I guess we can express these things. Not everybody's going to hear it. And again, you may, may disagree with Ray. I didn't even say anything of substance. But I'm just a little bit, I'm just uh, on edge, I guess I would say. And then we had, uh, what, what did you call it, a WTF moment. What the fuck is this shit? moment, he says, because we had Mother Nature riding a flamingo, which was just strange. And then we're like, okay, you have Mother Nature, right? She's supposed to be the nature of Mother on one float. And then right behind it, you have a friggin' SeaWorld float, people. I don't know what the hell this, uh, I don't know if we were getting, we would just say we're getting trolled or something. I was like, what the fuck is this? You got the SeaWorld behind Mother Nature? And you have the, the audacity to still have a Shamu up there. What what are you people doing? I mean, good gravy. And then they obviously couldn't get a singer because they have two uh, people up there waving or some such thing. And again, I, I, Ray loves theme parks. But if you can have animals in theme parks, treat them 
don't give them benz- benzos and try to pass it off like you're treating them well. Either treat them well or, or don't treat them at all, okay? Just, uh, you know. Wow, right, this is really going uh, political here. Yeah, it is a little political. This uh, parade is making me political. Then maybe this is why you shouldn't expose me to this Macy's Thanksgiving Day parade. Yeah, great. Dave, won't you? I okay, you guys um you guys seem uh, mad. Uh, when 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 McGregor get mad, he smash. You uh you need to be smash. Okay, thank you, Gregor. Gregor, you're the you're the best. Tension relieved. Then we had Paddington the Bear, which I put something in parentheses which I cannot read. Oh, Mountain, did you say something about the bear in the sky? Oh, it's a flying bear. That's a flying bear in the sky. Strange. How we get there? Okay, yeah. Okay, this this mountain with the balloons. He was having trouble with the balloons. And then we had a, a, a Chinese float. They use the term Far East. I don't think you use that term anymore. And then they were. it was by the Sino-American Friendship Association. It was very nice. Now I love, we live in the Bay Area. We have plenty of wonderful Chinese celebrations, Chinese New Year, but it was nice they had the uh, dragons, and that's when you yelled at uh, dragons, right, uh, Gregor? Yes, uh, dragon, pretend dragon for dragon celebration. Uh, we have that at, uh, at, at my, uh, in my town when I was a child, we do the dragon like that. Oh, so see, the Chinese in the, uh, wherever the Gregor's from, uh, Molestown or whatever, they had the same celebrations. Then we had the Red Hot Mamas fighting ageism by uh, reinforcing stereotypes that all old people have uh, walkers, which we do not. And yes, I consider myself an older adult, and I do not need to fight ageism with my words. I fight it with my actions. Uh, and uh, and I guess now I'm I'm in a fighting mood. My, all my time with the Gregor has stirred up something in me about uh, this way of life we have. Maybe I'll change. Maybe I won't. I don't know. Maybe it's just the mood I'm in. Okay. Well, I'm going to take a, I'm t- I took a, I'm take a, I took a deep breath there. But then we had uh, the Hess truck with the vamps, which was some sort of Canadian boy band. And they were singing stop. And so was I, believe it or not. Then we had the power ranger in the sky with the, uh, the Dino Charge, they said, coming soon. And then we had a, a band doing a journey to the center of the earth, marching band. And we had the Pirate's Booty Pirate and Crunchy the Parrot, which, uh, Gregor, you liked that. Oh, you're so funny. They have ship-bound people. There's a, they're from the cross, right across the narrow sea. I crush them. Right. Good job, Gregor. Gregor's going to crush the uh, narrow sea, Crunchy the Parrots. That's uh, just popcorn, though, Gregor, I think. I don't, to be honest, folks, I don't know if I've had any pirate's booty. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, one Halloween, I believe I did have a, uh, but we we won't talk about it in the air because he's giving me a look, a little Andy. And then we had, uh, I can't reach a writing, Salomon Carpenter or something from Girl Meets World singing. That was nice. And then things went wrong with Gregor and the parade because they had this toothless monster in the sky. Okay, Gregor, it's okay. 
It's okay. He said, Gregor, come here. We'll talk about it. I know, like, uh, the dark dragon sky, but melt castles. Okay. I don't. I used to fight things, but no fight a dragon. Those, they, 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 they come. They no fight fair. Okay. As my father used to tell me, dragon come like that and take me. Okay, go ahead. It's okay, Gregor. So that was that toothless monster. And then we had the, uh, the, the circus. We had the, uh, Cirque du Soleil sleeping, sleeping. They were all sleeping when they first got there. And it was the dream seeker. And they said that was the longest float. And they had a villain on right. What did you think of that, Scooter? You're like in the zeitgeist. Yeah, I thought that was cool. Uh, and I was trying to, I, I noticed there was like on the right, there was like someone, I was like, is that the villain? Is that the dream seeker? Is the dream seeker good? Is the dream seeker bad? Like the Cirque du Soleil, I love circuses, but I, well, or like uh, stuff like that, but I also have trouble following the plots. So I that was like, I was like a little bit lost. Okay, well, yeah, that makes sense. Good job. And then we had another one. And after this, Gregor had to go for a walk because they had this lava thing called the Eruptor from Skylanders. And he was some sort of hot lava piece. And Gregor, you remember the lava ball? It's a ball. is a guy from Dragon. And then a monster come. He's a fire monster. I have nightmare about fire monster. Okay, it's okay, Gregor. Go ahead and tell the people about it to help them. Okay, he's a ball of Gregor. They say lava. It's from the uh, the, the dome. They come. It's split up, split open earth. Come out. Lava is I go. It's bad. It make, make, make mountain more like. Okay, good job, Gregor. And then we had the sprout float with. Uh, it looked like they were missing a perform up on the balcony, but then they had they were singing "Be Thankful and Kind." And they had a chicken doing the DJ, which was very nice. And they said something like the punchlines, a little kindness goes, which was very nice. And then we had a strange guitar flow with Dan and Shay, which I did not understand. Then we had Spider-Man, which nice again, nice nostalgia. Then we had a Mount Rushmore float, which uh, I was just wondering if that's fracking oil money paying for that or not. I'm just curious. Because that's from South Dakota, where there's a lot of oil money, a new oil oil boom there. And then they had, I think there was some confusion whether the song was Brother and the band was Need to Breathe, or the band was Brother and the song was, the band was Need to Breathe and the song was Brother. I could not understand that. Then, good gracious, it was both sad and it was both hilarious. They had Kiss. Now, I don't know if this is the real Gene Simmons, but I first, of course, noticed he couldn't even stand for the whole time. He had some sort of thing to sit on, and he was, oh, boy, this was just, uh, it was just strange, and they were lip-syncing, and they were, uh, I don't know. And then on top of it, that there's like, oh, this this uh, float is sponsored by the Spirit of America, Okay. Now, if it were when Kiss was actually a popular band and on the edge, you, you people would want to throw them in jail. And now you're like, oh, now that they're old and nostalgized and, and, and not so edgy and they have reality shows about being mean to each other, 
now you want to say, oh, this is the spirit of America. Oh, boy. And then we had uh, Flo, Finn and Jake. This was when Gregor was out for his walk. And I would have to check on him every once in a while to make sure he didn't, you know, get into any trouble. But you said you liked the Finn and Jake Adventure Time. Yeah, well, I, I, uh, I, I've heard interviews with some of the writers on there, and they seem real cool. Uh, so, yeah. Okay, well, that's nice, nice for them. And there was like Need for Air or something was singing there. And then we had the ba- another band. And this poor young girl, she fell down. And I felt so bad for her because there's always an event like this. And someone's got to take a tumble or do something a little bit embarrassing. And this poor girl, she fell down on live television. And she may even have got hurt. I don't know. But she got back up. She finished her dance. So I just wanted to know, even though she won't be hearing this, that I, I feel bad for her. And I, anybody, to be honest, if if she does hear this and anyone's picking on her, I will send the Gregor to her house. Right, right you, can't send, you can't send the Gregor to do anything. He's got to get back to his own universe. And, oh, well, I will. If you're bullying, you'll be bullied by the Gregor, the mountain. Right, Gregor? I, uh, you the young girl fall down, you say mean to her, Gregor Crush, right? Correct. And then we had Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and some band, so that's TMNT or something, and then a band MKTO, I believe. And those turtles were excellent, excellent dancers, I noticed. Very good dancing by the Ninja Turtles. Very good dancing by the Ninja Turtles. And then we had another uh, embarrassing moment for United States, this Kool-Aid man who could fit 11,000 gallons of poison in him to uh, poison our youth as parading down. And then we had another uh, Spirit of America dance group doing some dance to a song that was not excellent called the Video Game Salute. And I lo- I like video games, don't get me wrong. But come on, people, get some nuance here with the spirit of America supposed to be doing things, not... Eh, oh, never mind. Then we had Pikachu from uh, uh, Naruto or some such thing. I don't think it's Naruto. I think it's uh, Pokemon. From Pokemon. And then we had a big apple float with some lovely singing by Romeo Santos. Which, again, it would have been nice for a little, uh, anything in another language is nice, but maybe a little Spanish carol that's not the stereotypical one would have been nice. But And then we had the Build-A-Bear workshop float, another advertisement, and then Annie was on there. Now, I again, I don't want to point fingers, but how come Annie was dressed up the same as the other girls? Or just, you couldn't really tell. Uh, she had a little bit of a purple jacket and purple pants, but there was another girl that had something similar on. Uh, even if you're going to change Annie, she's not going to wear red. That's fine. Ray gets it. But at least dress her in some way that makes Annie stand out from the other girls. Okay? I'm sorry. And then we had some big heads from The Wizard of Oz, which was strange. Greg, Greg you didn't like that. Also, the big head, which head? You say which, right? Yeah, Gregor, come over here. He's a witch head, no like, uh, no like that. And the man, metal man. No, what is that, metal man? Okay, yeah, Gregor. Gregor didn't like that. And then 
It said they said it was the 75th anniversary. It reminds me of a Christmas story when the Wizard of Oz was in that parade there in that movie. And then what did you say about this? You want to talk? So, yeah, there was a Smurfs float. That was embarrassing. First of all, it was tiny. It was just Papa Smurf, Smurfette. And then they said it was a clumsy Smurf, which I don't even know. He was just a generic Smurf. And they had that tiny little house. It it had to be one of the smallest floats. It's just an insult to Peyo and the Smurf tradition. And then no continuity because you have Papa Smurf on the float. And then you have a Papa Smurf balloon. It doesn't make any sense. And then the Papa Smurf balloon has a cane. I don't think Papa Smurf did. Okay. It just, that bothered me. Okay. So we're in agreement. This parade had some bothersome things. And then now we get some A-game stuff, though. We have a marching band that does shake it off, which we all thought was nice. Uh, Greg had come back in the room. He was comma. Uh, you know, we, he, he, he punched a wall about the metal man. So a punch. And punch metal man for poor Barry. Okay, Gregor. Yeah, no punching now, though. Greg is learning not to punch walls. But if you, again, if you're picking on people that are falling down or trying to uh, commercialize, I guess I, I can't stop the whole parade with, well, Greg is pretty big. You think you could stop the whole parade, Gregor? Well, I get to the next part, my Gregor part are coming up. Oh, yeah, Gregor's part's coming up the part of the parade that Gregor wants to talk about. So we had Shake It Off, and oh, that Shake It Off, there was someone dancing on the left-hand side of the screen. That was wonderful dancer, too. Could be a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. Then we had a horse-drawn carriage with the lovely Cicely Tyson. Then a Central Park float with an Aflac duck, unfortunately, to ruin it. And then they had America's Supreme Soprano, Renee Fleming, who I am not familiar with. Do you know who she is? No, I don't, I don't know who she is either, but she, she was good. Yeah, but again, I don't know what she was singing. I didn't even write it down, but I don't think it was a, a carol. It may have been. But then we do have a carol next. We had the uh, Homewood Suites wooden floats, wooden Homewood Suites float with wooden ducks and such things. And we had Pentonics, an a cappella group, and they sang a nice little Christmas carol. And that was nice. I don't remember which one it was anymore, but I remember enjoying it. So that was nice. A little a cappella. I like the two guys going boo boo boo. Very nice. What'd you think? I thought I thought it was nice too. And then we had an elf up there, which for some reason the elf was in some sort of like uh, like uh, curling up in, in in the fetal position, which I don't I did not get at all. Don't you think that was strange? Yeah, it was strange, right? And then we had this one float that had a little bit of everything. Unfortunately, it had this giant man that we I was frightened of and you were frightened of and you you said at Greg Gregor, can you get that man? Greg Oh yes the man chocolate man control people he say I take you a giant man I tie a rope on you I control your movement he's bad man you you say Andy boy you say Mountain get man and I say I crush him and you say yes you crush him and then you make joke, but true, you say, you go get him. And you say, I, you think I'm not here, but you say, uh, how long you think it's time for New York City? I don't know what that is, but I figure out it's a place, but no narrow seat cross either. I find him, then find where they keep him, and then break him. How do you take him? I take him to the next parade, you say, and then you laugh. 
But you say, you know, but I break him for sure. And then, Gregor, what a setup there. And then, then we have the lovely, sweet tones of Adina Menzel singing a Christmas carol. All I want for Christmas is you, baby. All I want for Christmas is you. And all Gregor wants for Christmas is, why is it? So then the man, the candy man, evil candy man, cuckoo uh, giant, he keep my wife now. I say I find her, she be my wife. But, uh, excuse me, excuse me. She's married, I believe, to Ty Diggs. And they have a family and stuff, I'm pretty sure. Uh, that, um, wait, the candy man's name's Ty Ty Diggs. No, no, the candy, why don't you just go get the candy man and then we'll worry about Adina. I, I, I'd like to protect her from candy man. So crush candy man, then meet my wife. Hopefully you'll be back in Westeros by then. I love her voice. And you play me, uh, let it go. Oh, good gravy. So Greg, listen to that while he crush candy man. Let it go. Okay, great. All right, my friend. So that, my friends, was uh, the float that uh, had the strange candy man on there. And then it had Adina Menzel. And then none of us, Menzel, Adina Menzel. Correct. Don't look at me. I, I, I'm not uh, John Travolta here calling her Elliot Kazim or whatever. And then we had inflatable elves. Oh, no. First we had SpongeBob. And then we had another marching band. And they said they're going to do happy. And at first it started out like not good and then it grew and rose into a wonderful rousing version of happy it made me happy it made craig a happy it made andy happy we were dancing we were singing happy in a van around a realm like a region without a roost and we're happy so we were having a great time then there was the elves and then there was santa claus and Gregor was all mixed up he said what did you say Gregor?" Father, that's my father. Uh, by the way, here, Gregor here, uh, the Gregor is on my father and my mother. Uh, uh, it's not Klaus Kosman, Sam Klaus is uh, Mr. Kragain, and my mother no longer gone. She's gone, uh, so I don't know, but that's my father. He uh, have a sleigh, but no reindeer. He have uh, jackalopes that go ahead for his thing. But yeah, this looked like my father. I know it's not him. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Gregor. And, f- and, and Father Christmas, or Gregor's father, was a very good dancer as well. And then we had a summary that there were 16 balloons, 27 floats, 12 bands, and 100, 1,000 clowns holding the balloons and some such things. And that was a parade. Now... I'm, I'm, I'm thankful that I have a friend who would invite me to try to conquer my fear of belly dances and parades because of the parade incident with the belly dancer, which triggered my problems with belly dances. But I don't need to talk about that right now. It's your friend Ray. I've got to deal with the, uh, the Gregor, but he's my new uh, buddy. And I'm glad you listened here. And I hope I helped you fall asleep. And I hope you... You know, don't, don't, uh, don't, don't let Ray, Ray's got a little bit of outrage by the commercialization of this parade, but it's probably always been commercialized. 
So don't get caught up in it. Ray goes to spend his money places. So where you spend your money's fine. Okay? Thanks for listening. And good night. Hey, you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, having trouble falling asleep? Well, welcome. I do believe you're in the right place. That's my country accent. But this is Sleep With Me, and this is the podcast that's here to put you to sleep. We do it with a bedtime story. Tonight it's going to be a meditation. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What am I going to do? I'm gonna, I, was, I was out yesterday. I thought of a new refrain for this. Let me think if I can remember it. All that all you need is to do is get bed, turn out I'm going to create a safe place where you can set aside any racing thoughts, worried thoughts, troubled thoughts, any stuff that's been keeping you up at night, keeping making you toss and turn, picking at you, picking on you, getting mad at other people, whatever it is. I'm going to distract you from that. And I thought of something yesterday, but I can't remember it now. And I was like, oh, I'm going to use that in the opening. Obviously, it probably wasn't that good or it was great. And I missed out and that was my one chance and now it's over. But that's the kind of talk that's racing through your brain that I'm going to distract you from. Because it's not going to do you any good. That part of your brain is probably trying to help you in some way. And so, so don't get too mad at it. But it's some, you know, fight or flight type response. And, and that's, I guess that was my point. Here on this podcast, this, you're safe. This is a safe place. No need. There's no need to fight. There's no battles to be waged here. And there's nothing to run from. You're safe. I'll do the defending. And I'll do the cowardly lion routine as well. So, you know, you just relax. Sink into your bed. If you're not in bed yet, you know, you can pause it. Or keep playing it. You know, brush your teeth. Yada, yada, yada. I tend to go on with this intro for a little while anyway. Some people like that. They fall asleep. Some people skip the whole thing together. That's a beauty. But this is a podcast to put you asleep in summary. On the internet, www.sleepwithmepodcast.com is the website. Dearest Scooter is the Twitter thing. Uh, you can get me there. I've been retweeting sleep-related articles from Deb and others. Uh, Facebook, Sleep With Me Podcast. Emails, feedback at sleepwithmepodcast.com. I've heard from a lot of you wonderful people. We're under. We're in the midst of our uh, one listener initiative. Have we got one new listener? We have. What is their name? Uh, there'll, there'll be more than one name in the thank yous. But let's get one. You know, you, the one that didn't get the listener. No pressure. I'm. Not, I'm not exactly Johnny Go Getter, or Johnny Go Getter. Probably better Johnny Go Getter. Johnny Go Getter. The first one I sounded said sounded weird. Johnny Go Getter. Johnny Go Getter. Uh, and I can't even replicate it, but I'm not that guy. I'm none of those Johnnies. In fact, I'm not Johnny at all. But if you can find one person to listen to this podcast, you don't got to find him tonight. Just keep your ears open. And you might try to, I'm I'm not trying to put it on you. I'm learning what this compassion and um, the other thing, empathy is. I'm trying to, you know, figure that out as I grow up here. And maybe that's one way of noticing. Say, oh, wait. Did you say you can't sleep? By the way, I'm in love with you. But anyway, that's beside the point. I've been, yeah, I've been breaking into your emails at work. and But but I, I have something actually useful that has nothing to do with me stalking you. Something like that might come up at work. Go for it. Help somebody out. And you'll be helping out the podcast because uh, we'll get more people 
with podcast. It's a symbiotic thing. So that's it. We did all the web stuff. I'm going to say some thank yous. I'm glad you're here. I hope I help you fall asleep. If this is your first time here, you're welcome to be here. I'm glad you're here. And just try this podcast. If it doesn't work, I'm sorry. And I hope you, if you're having trouble sleeping, I hope you find something else. You know, send me an email anyway. If you say, I need something way more normal. Um, don't be afraid. I got no feelings to be hurt. Well, I do, but I push, you know, stamp them down. So, but really, uh, I could try to find, help you out, find something else. Or, you know, I'm not exactly great with referrals, but I have some spoken word stuff that's really dull and could be classified as normal or than me. So, yeah, otherwise I could source it out to the audience. So I hope I help you fall asleep. And that's it. All right, well, let's move on. Hi, thank yous. I want to say some thank yous. I want to thank Chris Postal, Poster, 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 the Post, the Poster. The P, he puts the P in poster board, folks. Chris, Chris P. He does a podcast over at soundslikeanearful.com and he does our podcast. And that is how great he is, Chris. And we want to say thank you, of course, to, uh, it's a trending day. So it's just always trending. Sir Scott and Jennifer. Scott does our artwork. Now, I don't know, you know, I don't like to pat the, uh, um, a ticker tape machine on the back, but it shows probably, I don't know the wisdom of the ticker tape machine. I don't know how it works. Like in the last episode, I speculated it might have something to do with the, a leak in the meta machine or whatever you want to call them, fantasy fiction machine. But I had conversations over the past few days with the Lord and the lady, and they just are, I'm not even, they're so full of wisdom. And I think it makes me think, of the end of a Punch and Judy play, the the good the good plays, when Punch has been banished to some place, you know, bad things have happened, good, you know, and the dragon, or the, the the person from the underworld says, you know, this is the moral of the story, and I think this is the code the Lord and the Lady live by. It's nice to be important, but it's important to be nice. So thank you, Lord and Lady. Defrenestrator, good thing you're a champion because right now it doesn't look like you need to take the Lord and Lady out. You never know, though. Uh, compliments have strange effects on people. Maybe championships. We might have to defrenestrate the defrenestrator. I don't think so, but just in case, the defrenestrator sent me his uh, YouTube video. Of his, I got to check with him if I can share that. I want to thank some new listeners I just heard from just re- for, <laughs> within the last 24 hours. Faye. Over on Facebook, plenty. Oh, thank you, Faye. Andrew H. says, Skull. Chris W. has, uh, la- ladies and gentlemen, I mean, I got to run this by the ticker tape machine, so this is not official. Unofficially, though, we've, uh, the, uh, Chris is going to be uh, the official, unofficially, he's going to be the official jazz singer of the podcast. So that's, if that doesn't put good news. And Chris said something about maybe we'll do a segment called Star Wars. I was going to email this Chris or, you know, whatever we were communicating by face, facing, um, or Twittering. But, uh, it was like made me think of Bill Murray and maybe Chris could do a song like Star Wars is nothing, but, you know, that is what you could do. Michelle R., Justin David, Teresa T., Lance C., all on Twitter. I think one of them might have been on Facebook. Uh, sorry. 
but I don't want to, you know, I hate to, um, what do you call it? Make, make, you know, hurt, hurt your social network, insult your social network usage, but whatever. Thank you for all you new listeners. Alex, send me an email. Alex is going through a bit of a tough spot. So we're thinking of you, Alex. Also heard from the divine Miss M this week. I heard from the Baroness and the General. So this is just just wonders of wonders. Uh, new, our, one of our new listeners, Becky, has a podcast, uh, Savvy Homeschool Moms, over at www.savvy, that's S-A-V-V-Y, homeschoolmoms.com. I haven't, I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet, but I'm going to go on the assumption that these homeschool moms are not advocating any sort of insanity. So if you're a homeschool mom or thinking about it, check out Becky's blog and her podcast. Or if you know, you know, if you're into that interest, you know, check it out. Support, support a supporter. Um, as they, they, they used to say that in the bra and sock supporter business, you know, I think support a supporter. Uh, maybe that's what I mean, they should have. Um, I'm just trying to, or maybe suspenders business. It's like, hey, man, I'm selling suspenders. Support. No, I guess that wouldn't be. There's a bra. Well, I think of it because there's something in there. There's some some sort of, there's a nugget in there. I can't get to it. iTunes reviews. You guys are chugging away on these iTunes reviews. So at some point I'm going to have to sing uh, the, uh, what do you call it, um, um, algorithmic to the, so I need anybody that's legal in entertainment law. If you know, if I sing acapella, presumably, I'd have to talk to Chris Postal, Poster Moster, the most, most of the post of, um, if you, you know, because he's my music man. But uh, if I'm going to sing that song at some point in the future, when we get to 200 written reviews, uh, what, what is it against the law for, is like a parody song of, of uh, what's that song called? Electric Slide called, um, uh, algorithmic is that against the law because I don't want to break any laws or break any copy copywriters um, things um, and is it different if it's a parody I mean I've been singing on this podcast from the beginning of time so I mean well, maybe I should just keep it keep it in the you know under underground um, but that's so uh, iTunes reviews thank you for your iTunes reviews Jay Moose says thanks heavens for Scooter Thank you. Um, Ten minutes, we knocked the J Moose 29 out. Sleepy as heck. That's nano fast hands. I like that. Nano fast hands. What happened to that guy? Yeah, those nano fast hands. Nano fast hands. He's sleepy as heck. Brilliantly boring is uh, GK, 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 it sounds like I think he was sneezing, maybe. So that's thank you. And then I'm sure the second half is good, too. That was by Maksha Gren. Maksha Gren. Ah, I think maybe I already thanked Maksha Gren. But, or maybe there's someone else. Wasn't there someone? Hagelina. Hagelina, are you still listening to the podcast? Say hi to me, Hagelina, because uh, I love saying Hagelina. And then Pretzelbush, are you still out there? Pretzelbush, this is no... There's 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 favorites. It doesn't mean it's the best review ever. But Pretzel Bush still has my favorite review. Not a competition. I have many favorites, but Pretzel Bush just was simple, clean, like a 
like one of those cooking shows. He's the, you know, Todd English, I think, is a famous chef. I don't know why. <laughs> he's the Todd English of iTunes reviews. So it's a, a bunch of uh, thank yous. And tonight we're going to do, we're following up on a couple uh, requests with this episode. And so I hope that I'm going to get, a, hopefully, the people that I requested this content are happy. But I'm happy only you were here. And hopefully some of you are already asleep. All right, guys, it's, it's, uh, this is a weird one. Too bad I'm, it's, uh, it's Tuesday and I'm recording trending Tuesday for Thursday. This, I don't think this will be a regular thing. Could be a regular thing, but probably not. It's a uh, 7.25 in the PM. I was just turning my phone. Uh, I'm going to shoot up to Reddit and shoot over to Reddit's front page, hot on this app that I use. And I'm going to take some, uh, screenshots. Oh dear. <laughs> if you've listened before, uh, man, I don't know how I'm just going to delete it. This is just dumb that I can't take these screenshots. All right. So I paused it because I was having major trouble with the screenshots as usual. It's just, I don't know why. Yeah, I guess my coordination of pressing the power button or the screen, whatever, and the down volume button, the concept of pressing those at the same time with my thumbs. You could say I'm all thumbs, but I'm using both my thumbs. I can't, I, I was having trouble, but I got screenshots, four screenshots of Reddit. I took them around whatever time it is now. I don't know. Frick. Um, 726. So it's 7.26 Pacific time. And it's time for a reditation. And a reditation is where... Um, you're going to reditate. We're going to use it's trending. Trending Twitter Tuesdays, we use trending Twitter. And then we're testing out what's on the front page of Reddit. A little different, a little variety. So I just want you to relax and um, start to think about uh, nothing. Because you're going on a trip here. But it's a magical trip. So as you close your eyes, or your eyes are already closed... And you start to hear breeze, and you feel warm breeze as you hear the breeze. Leaves are rustling, but not the familiar rustle of leaves that you're used to. Is a warm, humid breeze. And then you you realize that that that's not just a breeze; it's the uh, sound of the waves of the ocean crashing on a shore. And then you look around, and there's a group of people gathered. Uh, Tourists, clearly, um, very diverse group of ages and uh, demographically. And uh, you say, wait a second, where am I? It's a tropical environment. And there seems to be someone uh, that was at the head whispering right in your ear that uh, on behalf of uh, cartography tours, I'd like to welcome you. Sorry, I didn't mean to whisper in your ear. It's just uh, you paid the uh, uh, $94 whisper upgrade for the tour. It's a walking tour, you know, with the transportation in there. But I wanted to welcome you, particularly you, because I get uh, 40% of the $94, uh, which is like whatever, 40-something. But then I have to pay for my own food, which is around $40 because they don't have – they only have company stores. But anyway, I want you to welcome me to the cartography tours and everyone else. If you can't hear me, you should have paid for the upgrade, all the other people. 
but they do have a don't worry about them. They can hear me just fine. And I want to welcome you to this tour. We're here on uh, Lost Island, the island from the show Lost. And you had signed up for this tour. Uh, it, was, uh, you, it was, you know, it's a very secretive thing. And you were chosen for this tour, and it's very expensive. But don't worry, you're going to have a great time, and it's going to be worth every penny. Now i got to warn you, this is my first day. My name is uh, my name's uh, Peter, and I'm going to be your tour guide. I just uh, just my first tour. Uh, but when I hear when you work on Lost Island, if you last more than one tour, every tour feels like your first tour. Uh, that's what we say to to repeat tour. Well, we've never had. I guess. Well, I don't know. Uh, I went through training, and so this is. Uh, so let's get to it. Okay, I'm glad you're here. This is the actual island from Lost. Now, you might be wondering, okay, wait a second, Lost, the TV show, is that what we're talking about that was out in like the 2000, early aughts is what they call it nowadays. And yes, it is the island from the TV show Lost. And you say, was this the island from the production of the show? No, not really. This is the Lost Island. And by the magic of both, by the magic of magic and movie production and a significant investment, by multiple uh, companies uh, with uh, shell corporations looking to extract uh, the magic from the, the, the possible magic that's on the island is with the best explanation I can have for our funding. But we also run walking tours. Now, if you start to look around, you'll notice we're on a tropical island, right? It's a little piece of paradise. But it wasn't for our friends on... Uh, from Lost Flight uh, 815. Now, right where you're standing is where the uh, fuselage of Flight 815 was. Now, if you're going to look around, you might notice that there's sand here. Much like, you might say, this is just like sand in my house. How do I know this is really the... Those questions will all be answered. So this was the beach that the survivors, well, you know, whatever it to be. I didn't really... I, I watched the show. But I don't really remember it. I think something to do with my orientation here at the island. There was a shocking light that was flashed in my eyes during my eye exam. Uh, and I said, can you see this? I said, it all looks like ease, but they're not in normal directions. That one looks like a man's mustache. And they said, quit messing around. Anyway, this is so this is where the fuselage was right here. You know, flight A-15. You might remember Jack Sawyer. The doctor or, uh, Jack, uh, Sawyer and Jack. They might have been two separate characters. There was John Locke. There was the guy, Her Her Master Hurley, we call him here. He runs the island. You might say, what are you talking about? Well, Master Hurley runs the island as part of, this is one of those fictional things that is also real. That's all I could tell you. Now, so we're going to take this group here. We're going to start walking along the beach. Now, you can go ahead and touch the water. You can take your shoes off if you like. If you like, would you like to take your shoes off? Yeah, go right ahead. It's a, it's a lovely white sand beach. Uh, you would wonder if there was anything dangerous here. And that's my first day, so I don't know. There could be plain parts in glass. I'm not sure what's fictional and what's real. They wouldn't tell me that. They said, you know, and they said, try not to say you know and anything, just look confident. And I said, well, did you have a video about that? Because I remember they had videos in the show. And I said, I need to speak to someone from the Dharma Initiative. 
And then they said, okay, get rid of this guy. I said, I was kidding. That was acting. That was confidence. And they said, all right, you're ready. Uh, go out and give your tour. So we're going to come up here on the left. You're going to see what's called Boone Hill. That's where um, some of the graves of survivors past and past and uh, pre- presently past and, and past past uh, up here on Boone Hill, named after Boone. He was a young man. He had a... Um, he was very, his skin was very, um, it, 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 he was easily peaked. I'm not sure of the term. He had very, um, uh, gentle eyes, I remember. And it's just, I think he was, he may have been in love with his sister, but I'm not sure about that for sure. And I don't think they were, you know, I think they were adopted brother and sister. Now we're going to come down here and you're going to see this is, the uh, beach camp of the survivors. We have some, this is a little bit like a, a recreation. We have some tents. You can go ahead and check those out if you want. I don't believe we have any reenactors. Uh, we did it one time and then uh, that was uh, the insurance. We had to change insurance companies because there was an incident. But don't worry, there's no reenactors. Well, there's some reenactors still on the island that we're currently searching for. But they wouldn't come someplace like this, obvious, you know, for sure. And now we're, we're going we're gonna to come into this tent. And you see this woman here. Her name is Janine. Janine is going to give you each a, uh, this is our first photo opportunity. And Janine's going to give each of you an orange, a piece of an orange, a quarter. We call them orange quarters here. They do cost $26, but that does come with an 8x5 photo. So it's an orange quarter for a quarter of a hundred dollars and uh you can um you just uh, uh janine has all your information you just have to uh initial there you can take that and we'll take your picture you can pretend you're john locke looking creep and that you make that f- oh you're good at that it's like are you creepy or are you nice i can't tell uh because you've got an orange thing in your mouth and those eyes, you, know, you your eyes are much nicer than John Locke's. Well, he did have beautiful eyes, actually. I mean, your eyes are nice, too. But he had those icy eyes of ice. And uh, it doesn't say that on my tour thing. Now, would you believe that most of the information on this tour is publicly accessible at the Lost Wicca, which we have here in the pamphlets, uh, uh, which we sell for, uh, even though it's their information, we sell it for... Uh, uh, a bit of money, but I, you know, you have the whisper tour and it comes with a uh, printer paper where we've printed out stuff from the lost Wicca and that you can take home with you, uh, if you for, for extra fee. But w- w- so the island, would you believe it or not, is 60 kilometers north to south and about 45 kilometers east to west, which in, um, American terms is friggin', friggin', uh, big, like, 40 miles by 30 miles. And you might say, well, it's not, I, you know, I, I run. I could do that in a heartbeat. Well, there's mountains. There's, you know, woods, forests, jungles. So it's pretty, it, it'll take you a while. I wouldn't go running around this island. Believe me, they, uh, it's, you, I mean, I can't believe you actually pay. I mean, they're, they're supposed to be paying me. But anyway, let's talk geographics. You know, the island is all coastline. It's an island, so... It's surrounded on all sides by water. Some of the coastline is sandy. Some of it is rocky. Some of it is almost impassable cliffs. 
And you might say, oh, well, could you tell me some examples from the show? I'd say, well, yeah, there was like John Locke was on a one, talked about something. And then there was like Hurley and a guy. And there was also like some boat called like Lady Macbeth or something that was hidden there. So those are some things that all took place near the shore. The uh, tailies. I'm not sure if they live near the shore. It doesn't say my tour. Maybe it, I think they walked near the water. And then uh, our, our survivors lived here by the water. And this is the garden. Did I, t- I mention the garden already? So that's the uh, garden. And there's also cliffs. There's caves. There's also some caves up here to the right where some of the survivors lived as opposed to on the beach. And I remember early on there was some debate about that. And that was like a portent for Jack and Sawyer and, and who's going to be the alpha male on the island. And then John Locke's like, I've been the, the not even the beta male. What's the third male? The uh, crazy old man my whole life or or the man you feel for some episodes and despise other ones. I'm not sure. And then uh, you know, Charlie said, well, I'm just going to uh, fall in love here with this young lady here. And then Master Hurley said, I'm going to fall in love with the island. And then, um, uh, yeah, there were some other people. There was stuff going on. But there's also jungles and forests. Now you're going to say, white jungles and forests. Yes, we're, we have thick, thick jungle, almost a rainforest. That's the jungle part. And then we'll have sparser forests. You can see it lining the, the hillsides up to the mountainous regions. And the jungle will have vines. And I think maybe... Charlie and Hurley went, they were like pretended they were Tarzan maybe one time. And Kate, she, she, she was, she had a lot of sexy sweating going on at different times in the island. So those are all things that would happen in the jungle where the forest would be more like, uh, you know, well, there's a golf course up here. That's not the forest exactly. Well, if you look up here, we'll walk up here because we have a little surprise as part of our tour up here. This is called the Mesa. And you can play golf here. We, we you can play it after the tour. We have a, a small golf fee and a ball fee in it. But don't worry about all that. You can just come and play at your leisure. Uh, but just don't play after dark, clearly, for sure. But you can see from this mesa, you can have some vistas here of some of the mountainous regions of the islands. There's actually two sets of parallel mountain ranges running north-south-ish with little lines off of the, like uh, smaller hills and ravines. And in the center of the island is a nice little valley where you'll find r- rolling rivers and waterfalls. Now I notice you're staring at me. And before I give you the surprise, you might be saying, oh, what are you wearing? Well, my 90-year-old grandmother made me this vest to wear. And she said I could wear it to parties. It's homemade and it's beautiful. And yes, it's amazing. And I couldn't think of any greater party than my first day of work at Lost Island. And uh, I thought this was the island of lost boys when I signed up uh, because I always fantasized about being a lost boy. And because there was the uh, mermaids, I think it was the mermaids, and they were all in love with Peter Pan. And I said, well, Peter Pan's normally played by a girl, and I probably have, I could, maybe those mermaids would look, could love me. But of course, uh, this is a different island. <laughs> but I said, you know, we'll give tours. And then I, I was, oh, yeah, I remember that show Lost. I liked it a lot. So I'm happy to give the tour. And this is, yeah, this is my vest here. I know you like it. Now back to the, uh, 
the island. Now there's even a volcano here. Currently it's inactive. Currently today it's inactive. So we won't be uh, swallowed up by ash and lava today. We're right this second. We will not be. So that's good. And you're going to notice if you can just make out to the north, that's the North Valley. And there's even a lake. If you look, you could see a little bit of shimmer on the sky. Look at that. Just let's take a breath. It's beautiful. Hiding unknown dangers. Hiding the broken dreams of the cast members of Lost. Well, the, the characters of Lost will say. And, you know, holding so many more metaphors than the mind could ever know. So that's, that's beautiful in more, you know, richness to the beauty of layers. And so that's about it on the, uh, there's, there is volcanic activity. People ask me and I say, you know, I'm not a um, seismologist or a ge- geologist or, you know, any of those things or, you know, like I say, I like to say a volcanic geologist, volcanic volcanologist, but then I'm, I go, Nanu, or whatever they say, save me, uh, uh, whatever, uh, Mr. Uh, Trek, um, Shatner. And that, that, that's what I, for some reason they still hired me, believe it or not. But, uh, what you're going to notice is, uh, underneath these tarps here, these are, uh, actually camouflage, those things, those camouflage nets, you can't even tell. Because of the power of the island also and the power of camouflage, you're going to see all these golf carts. Now, these are golf carts made to look like Dharma vans. And that's how we're going to travel on the island. Now, these are uh, self-driving golf carts, I'm told, except for the one I'll be driving, which is uh, driven. I'll be steering it. And you're going to notice when you get into the golf cart, you're going to feel a bit of electromagnetism. Uh, that may cause, uh, it, does anyone, I'm not allowed to raise my voice because you paid the extra money, but I was just wondering if anyone else on the tour is, you know, suffers from seizures or memory lapses, time slips, you know, fugue states, but I don't know if they can necessarily hear me. And this is a Norwegian tour group also, so they're listening to uh, uh, totally something else. I don't even, I have no idea because I don't speak Norwegian. But so anyway, you'll be fine. You will get in there because the, the golf carts are, um, they're propelled by some sort of, the, the island controls them so that we don't have to drive over ruts and roads where we're going. We don't need roads, as the, the great Doc Brown once said. And um, I'm just wondering, you, you left the world, right? The normal world. Because they were talking here about the island and these guys that snuck a Xbox on here and someone said not to bring anything like that because they were playing like Assassin's Creed Unity and it took place in Paris and then they said it, it because the guys brought it to the island, it was like versus real life Paris and so like Quasimodo. I guess is running around Paris right now being chased by one of those guys or like thousands of those guys because that's the game is very popular. And those guys, I don't, I think they put them in the, I don't know what they did with those two guys. They said, we told you not to bring any Xboxes. And they said, well, we, what are you going to do? What are we supposed to do at this island? Uh, is and they said, you got a job here, man. We said, oh, you know, no escape. And I said, oh, guys, don't, don't haze me. Don't haze me. So we we're going to get in these golf carts. We're going to start moving here and we're going to take, we're going to take a trip right down this hill here and we're going to go right into 
what, 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 what would you guess? The Swan, the SWA, and where we met our wonderful Desmond, I believe, who reminded me of someone. Now I can't think of who it was. Maybe not Kyle McLaughlin. It'll come to me, but we're going to, we can go in the Swan. We're going to park right here. Wasn't that a lovely ride? Oh dear, where's, did you see where the Norwegian people went? Did they get in carts? That might be another, hmm. You didn't hear a sound like a dot matrix printer sound? No. Yeah, they recreate, well, so we recreated the Swan, and that's okay because you paid the extra. I'm sure the Swedish, it's fine. And they have self-propelled carts, maybe. But yeah, so, we're, so we're gonna climb down here into the Swan. And, you know, it's very gentle climbing here with the adjustments we've made. And you can see the mirrors that Desmond used to shoot the light around, which was cool. But so uh, we're going to come down. We're, we're right here at the bottom with the big lamp. Now, this is all rebuilt, clearly, the show and the real island. Uh, the, the show may have been a re recreation of the real island, as another person told me. And I said, quit joking. You can see, you can see a lot of these rocky walls where the, uh, where the things used to be and there's blocks, shoes, just like he was going to come out or something. And then there's, if we keep walking down here, there's like kind of right here is this mural tray, the acrylic paints. Now don't have a flashback, but I guess there's like this play school toys here. This is not from the show. I, uh, uh, believe someone was a living down here in between tours and the Dharma Initiative, uh, or, or, which is, I think, owned by, I don't know if it's Kraft Foods or somebody, I don't know. They weren't happy about it either way. Um, but you're down there, you've got like your electromagnetic field with all the rocks, some sort of electronic stuff. And we take a left right in here. We're in the, uh, the geodesic dome with all the computer stuff. And uh, they say these are skeloscopes, skeloscopes, these little lines. And you can see the things going flick, 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 flick. And I guess if you, uh, there's a way to recreate, does it, so it feels like, but I said, you know, you're on the whispering talking tour. So we will, everything's just normal. That is Gary there. He's pressing the buttons. Hi, Gary. Whatever it is, 08, 07. Don't mix you up. Okay, yeah, he doesn't want to be mixed up. But yeah, you can look around and touch that. Oh, you don't want to touch things. I've frightened you. Well, there's nothing to be frightened of. This is just an island of, uh, you know, you've crossed over into some, and then you're in the electromagnet. You might be feeling some remnants of the electromagnetic powered vehicles we we're in because, and they're also powered by magic. But we're going to continue on here through this left doorway and into the living quarters. Now, they do have a bed here if you wanted to lie down to get a nap or uh, if you wanted me to take my vest off, you could wear my vest, uh, check it out. It's got these patches, Grandma. She's, I call her Nana. Nana. She calls me a little Petey. Uh, but N Nana, yeah, okay. But so we have media shelves over here. On this side, we have the dining booth, the drug cabinet. You can get the kitchen counter, blender. The extra cycle coming up, jumpsuits. Would you like to try? It? Oh, of course you would want to try another photo opportunity. And we'll just, uh, we'll just charge a card for it. 
There's cameras built into the wall, so just go ahead and that fits you like a glove. I mean, by I mean a loose-fitting glove. That that looks great. Yeah, do you want to ride the exercise? Yeah, you ride. You you like a regular. You know, I've always thought that Desmond would have made the best friend on the entire show. I don't know something about him that seemed friendly, and uh, his voice. He had that brogy, Irishy Rover thing going, or wherever. Scottish haggis thing going. Oh, he's just saying you're not sure he's from either of those countries. Well, so you know, one tenth, and he, he loved Penny. Penny was very beautiful. I remember Penny a bit, and she had a father issues. I think right, it was some sort of thing with her dad, and he was the rich guy. And then Desmond was, he was good enough, wasn't he? Good enough? I don't remember. Was his dad anti-European, or was it that he was? uh uh, his dad doesn't, doesn't like accents, huh? This isn't... His dad is probably the guy that was eating Freedom Fries before there was Freedom Fries. Well, so let's... You can you wear the jumpsuit. Why don't you wear the jumpsuit till the end of the tour? Don't worry. We won't replace Gary with you. Yet. There's a microwave. And there's a... Where you could keep your personal belongings. Bunk beds. You want to jump up? Oh, here, top bunk. Hi. Hey, wow. We're at face-to-face level now. Hi. Yeah. And here's a little exercise area. And, uh, and we're going to take you right here. There's like the uh, bathrooms, the gun vault. And then if you want to leave here, stand close to me because I'm going to hit this button. The lights are going to go down. And then you can look at the whole uh, the, the, the fluorescent map thing. And another photo op. And if you would like part of our premium deluxe Ducks premium. They said, don't mess that part up. They said, sell it hard and sell it once or something. I don't understand some of these terms, but they said, a premium deluxe package. You could sign your name to the map in um, indelible ink for today only. Yeah, it'll be indelible ink fluorescence. Would you like, oh, you would like to do that. You must be very, you mind if I ask what you do for a living? Oh, you, you work for a tele, telecommunications company. Oh boy. Uh, that's just, uh, oh, Lord, you, no, I, I'm not judging you at all. It's just that the whole FCC thing. I just feel like I don't want to get on my horse here, but I just don't feel like the FCC is addressing home data caps. And it's like because of the usage, just because of the number of consumer complaints regarding usage based pricing by fixed providers appears to be small. Um, that number can be increased. Okay, like Lincoln, I was doing that, posting that link in the comments, but anything else that appears small initially, you know, it can be increased, okay? And uh, just saying after the tour, that's, a, the you know, effort, get it out there, get get to work, it'll grow, I promise you, I swear it. And, uh, but what that must be why you're so well off spending money. You don't want to talk about your job, okay? Well, we're all finished here at the, uh, in the in the in the Swan. Let's go up top. How do you? What do you say? Okay, come on up. Okay, so we're gonna climb out. Yeah, and we're we're, we're moving because of the anti gravity mechanical electromagnetics or something. We're gonna climb up, and the car's waiting for us here. Now you're not gonna believe this. We're gonna get in the car. Would you like a water? I have uh, aqua. 
I've always wanted to say this. I was never a waiter, but would you like still or uh, sparkling? Aqua fazante or aqua um, tapata? Still or sparkling? Sparkling, okay. Would you like something with a twist of of, of artificial uh, lime flavoring? Oh, no. Okay. Yeah, I do have that. Here you go. Enjoy that beverage. Uh, so we're gonna the, we're gonna attach to that sink. We've installed these guidelines up here. We're gonna go up in the air for a better view. How about that? We're gonna be like Willy Wonka and Charlie and Uncle Fester. What's his names? Was Uncle um and Charlie's uncle the um, he had a mustache, but he was not. He was balding. And as we rise up here, we're going to look down at the jungle below. You're going to look and you're going to see the mesa where we left from. And you can just see the fuselage. You see it sticking out of the sand there. You couldn't see it from the ground. It was hidden. And then the camp and the caves and the, and the garden. And I forgot to point out to you, you can see the uh, church, which was converted into a sweat lodge which in some sense is still a church. I don't know why we need it. It's a place of worship or a place of uh, meditation. Uh, So, And then you're going to see down here to the right as we start to move northward, we're heading north along the edge of this ridge here, and we're going to head through the valley for a little bit. Now, if you look down there, you can see a well. There's a well down there from... Uh, and just beyond the well is one of the areas where the jughead was, the big bomb. Anything, Miles. That was another guy, not Miles. Was it Miles? Miles was cool. I liked Miles. And then there was the guy who was the son. He looked a little bit like Henry Thomas. I don't think it was Henry Thomas, so I liked him. And his name will come to me. It wasn't Eric. I want to say that. But you're going to see that. And then well, beyond that is the 1950s Others Camp hidden deep in the jungle, but you can see it because I'm pointing at it right now. Are you following that? And then we got uh, coming up, we'll be up ahead as you see uh, both the heart of the island, the cockpit, the heart of the island, and then we'll have a little ways until we get to some of the other crash vehicles. And, you know, so like this whole thing with the enemies on the island, who's bad and who's evil, don't you always wish... It was more clear, like who was good and who was bad, like in the Axis and the Allies, and the U.S. and the and the Nazis, the jerks, and and I guess I, today I learned, like T.I.L. Remember those things, you know that Hitler, or you know who Hitler is, he was the baddest of the bad. Now some people might say that um, the smoke monster man was a representative of him. And that this is was a, that's all some sort of a rethrow thing, and you could say that, or you could say that, it, or that they they were found, you know, whichever you could say. But he uh, Hitler, he had a relative, uh, Patty Hitler. This is what I learned. Now I'm not saying it's a fact, but he ended up joining the U.S. Navy because he was so uh, anti-Hitler. Uh, Adolf, anti-Adolf, I would say. And he joined the U.S. Navy and where, where when he signed up, like along with all the other recruits, he had to fill out a form listing any relatives who might be fighting for the enemy. Now, do you believe that? He wrote Adolf friggin' Hitler. And they said, yeah, it was strange that your name's Patty. Um, and, and anyway, 
it's, it sounds like something I should know more about. I should have learned more about it or read the link. But I, you know, I'm, I get it fall into those click holes. They have a click hole on this island, which might be related to that. So if we hear the dot matrix sound, uh, just remember this, we're surrounded by electromagnetic energy, which is slowly crushing us, but at a non-noticeable level. It's so slow, but also protects us. Uh, so that's good. But anyway, so that's, that's the whole Patty Hitler thing. It's like, would you, would you like, did you like Jacob or the man? They called him the man in black. Uh, which I don't know. I know this seems like, what do you, you don't like Johnny Cash? What do you have against Johnny Cash? But so we're going to see up here. You're going to see up here as we descend a little bit, we're going to get a nice view of the, uh, the drug dealers playing there that had fallen out of the tree. And actually, if you, we're going to stop, it's going to get, Oh, well, it's not, must not be working. They're supposed to bring it up and then drop it for effect. Um, there seems to be some people down there. Hopefully those aren't the, uh, escaped, uh, former worker prisoners, but we, we won't worry about that. I don't have a radio. Strange. They don't give me a radio. Maybe they're listening to us, but you're going to see over there to the right is the black rock. That's the uh, ship. Now, you think about like uh, all these accidental people that immigrated to this island here, like this what ship or that ship's plane or other things that came or people that were brought here because they were, you know, science types or they, they uh, you know, they think they, they wanted to be experimented or, you know, social experiments or strange billionaires came here. Or actors, possibly. I don't know if they shot any of Lost on Lost Island. It's a question. I, I think I asked an orientation. And they said there's no questions. No questions. Just watch the movie. But um, I, unfortunately, my friend, I, I, I say friend, he was the person next to me on the plane ride here. And it was the most time I had spent with anyone in a while, 12 to 26 hours he said if he said it was after he said I, it felt like i've spent uh a 40-year marriage with you please never contact me but he was my friend at least i thought he was but then he was like he said something said something to me today i mean not today but it felt like this he said if there was a country with no immigrants i'd move there and i said my friend uh what what do you what i said you're I said, uh, well, I said, well, lost more brings people there. Is immigration is where you want to go somewhere? And he said, I'm trying to make a point about these, these people. And I know my mother said, anytime anyone says these people, they're bad news. And then I said, well, mother, I have no friends. And she said, well, uh, you know, you can't even take a plane ride across the ocean without your mother coming to sit one seat behind you. And she said, this is a bad man. And then he said, it was terrible. Um, but that was our flight over. And, you know, they wouldn't let mother come to the island, luckily. Uh, so, so anyway, let's continue on our tour. So we're going to take another turn and you're going to see off to the right. That is Henry Gale's balloon, a hot air balloon. Yes, and that's the same Henry Gale, uh, whose name is the same as the wizard. Uh, nothing to see here. There's nothing to see here. I think there was another better line in the Wizard of Oz, but it said, you know, you're a bad man. And he said, I don't want you to give people what they want or something or what they need. But now we're going to go 
over, up, up, up. See, this is fun. Isn't this exciting? We're going to go over this peak here. And we're moving at a much rapider speed than it feels like. And as we crest it, you're going to see that radio tower. And then that's the famous, like, three or four toed statue. Uh, they call it, uh, uh, they call it Towerette. And we're going to pick up a, a lot of speed here. We're going to spin around and we're going to stop at the a statue here. And you can get out and have your picture taken. Another photo op opportunity. And I can uh, place you any, any part of the statue you wish. Did you, did you have any, what would you, would you like to take any pictures? Uh, no, I'm the guide. Of course, you don't want to take any pictures with me. Uh, well, yeah, go ahead and take your picture. And as I'll just stand here like I'm your servant, because in some sense, I am your servant. And then as you finish up your pictures, you're going to see over there is where the Tempest is. That was the, uh, well, one of the stations named after a uh, uh, Shakespeare, because that was an island, the Tempest, and that had to do with... Uh, I think it was a daughter and a father. Who, he may have been a wizard. Um, but whenever I'm at this statue, for some reason, I think of like the Iron Sheik. And I'm like, I like to yell. I like to stand on the top of the uh, statue. Well, this is what I've been dreaming of, actually. So do you mind if I do it? I'm afraid I'll lose my job. But I'm going to stand and I'm going to say, this is, this is the legend, the Iron Sheik. Ask me anything. Hey, am hey. This is a, and I could pretend I'm the Iron Sheik. He was a, a wrestler a long time ago. I think he fell on hard times from addiction and madness. And uh, he was a bit of a tempest, I guess. He was uh, uh, crazed by the tempest. But we're going to climb back in our vehicle. And we're actually going to go over the water here. Now, don't know, no need to worry. We're suspended by electromagnetic energy and these thin wires, which are barely noticeable. Some nanotechnology, I believe, is involved in this. It's like, you know, when you're out here looking at the water and you don't have anything to look at, you always think about uh, comic books. You ever, do you read any comics? Oh, really? You DC or Marvel? What, what's that? Would you, what, yeah, I said, do you read comic books? You said, yes. Oh, you're being polite. Okay. Well, do you like, uh, the new 52s? Because if you're familiar with the uh, Suicide Squad, that's just a term. It's not a, it's just the name of the squad because they're, they're, uh, well, they're, they're villains. And then they, they're, they're recruited for missions. I've read them out of order. I have trouble because my allowance is not, yeah, believe it or not, mother still has me on the allowances. Hopefully this job will clear things up. But then again, everything seems like it's so expensive here because it's an They say, well, it's an island. How are you supposed to eat? Uh, so just, and I'm saying, well, that's as much as I made. And it's water I needed to survive. But anyway, so the new 52s, they've got like the girl with the, uh, she's like liked the Joker and now the Jokers are gone. And then there's a guy with a mask. He's cool. And there's a lot of conflict and there's a woman in love more than maybe she's in love, but it's cool. So they're making a movie, I guess. And it's like official that Suicide Squad's a star like Will Smith. Is that enough, right? Will Smith, Jared Leto. Did you see Dallas Buyers Club? Oh, uh, Margot Robbie, who I've, 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 uh, I, I've, uh, Tom Hardy. Jai Courtney, and then even more people. But he's just, uh, 
Will Smith. Okay. That's already, how are you going to make it? How, how do you get anything left for any of the other stars? It's like, holy cow. And then Tom Hardy is pretty much, if he's not there by the, by the time they make that movie, he's not going to be in Will Smith territory and Jared Leto and those other young, lovely, it's going to be. So I'm excited about that. Uh, they say they don't have movies here because it could make a movie come true and we wouldn't want them. We, we would, if they were going to do good and hmm, maybe on the island, that would be interesting to see. But then it would be like they'd take the stars, so then you'd lose the star power from the movies because the stars would be, I guess I don't understand how the power of this island works. But here we go. We're coming up on another thing here. Now to the right, there's the staff station somewhere down there. I have no idea. And then there's the door. And between the door and there's, that's the French expedition camp down there. You'll just notice it. They even have a fire burning, uh, with real smoke. I didn't know anything about that, but I'm sure it's fine. It smells a bit like bacon. Uh, but yeah, that's, so that's where the French people were. That Rousseau woman. She was, uh, uh, Adrian Barbeau, I believe, played her. Remember her in the swamp thing? She was great. Great. And she was also in uh, Escape from New York. And just over here is the Pala Ferry. And then we're going to touch down at the temple here. And you get to have another a photo op. And we'll have a little lunch. And by a little, I mean this protein bar. You can eat it. And while you eat it, there's supposed to be a, like a stop motion animation show about the history of the... Oh, wait. Oh, no. That was, that was, uh, that was at the Lost water park that I also applied for a job there. They, were, they had a stop motion animation, um, Willie, the safety whale and, uh, well, uh, the wave, I think. And they said, you know, uh, you don't stop, drop and roll at the lost water park. You don't stop, drop and roll. You don't run. Not fun. You don't stop, drop, and roll. You don't run. You don't fight. You don't slip on water. And kids don't bite. You don't stop, drop, and roll. The loss. That's nothing to do with lost the show. And so that was, I think it was like a, a gif. Now you can watch it. It's hilarious. But people, it was one of my, I said, this is the most brilliant animation I've ever seen. And someone said that a seventh grader did it. And I said, well, really? Because I thought it was great. But now we're going to climb back in our vehicle here and we're going to f start to go off to the east and we're going to go over and you can see that digging hole down there. I think I had to see with a big head or something. And then you're going to see little huts. And this is where the whole thing with uh, the, the the guy, where the guy Ben, he would say, uh, you say hello, hello, John, hello, John, hello, John, Jack, Jack. You need to go. He would talk like that. He talked very monotone, like some other people I know. But he, uh, he, uh, this was the village where he, like, inserted his power. And f there was that guy who looked like he wore mascara. Um, I don't know his name. I'm a, I, I really wanted the water park job, to be honest with you. But they had those battles in the middle seasons, or maybe that's the later seasons, but this was the town they lived on. And I remember Juliet, she was so nice. And she was, he was like in love with her. And there was a star-crossed lover situation. There was tears. 
And then there was like this star-crossed one with Jack and Juliet and uh, Kate. And then there was one with Kate and Jack and Sawyer. And there was, uh, um, I don't know if there was any other ones. There was, uh, yeah, there's the brother and sister. That was a weird one. But if we look to the north, we could see the boathouse there. And then the sub. Uh, it's like, uh, so you notice that those trees have something on them. It's, uh, it looks like, oh dear, it looks like something swept up from the, that's the Dharma gravesite down there. It almost looks like snow uh, sweeping around there. I don't know what that's from. But hopefully it's, it could be volcanic ash. So I'll have to, well, well, uh, well, someone will come and get us if there's any problems like that. But it just reminds me of this picture my mom had on her shirt. Of, uh, it was my sister and her husband had recently adopted, and it was this was her first snow with her dog. No, it was his. It was his first snow. I'm sorry. I always think of dogs as girls. I'm so, but it was like uh, my, my mother's shirt was showed the dog in the snow looking sad and I say say to him well what's the matter silly silly girl and my mom would say it's a boy the dog is a boy his name is Gerard how was and I'd say well what's it like silly boy what's why are you so sad and my mother would say it's a shirt it's a shirt of a dog not a dog why are you talking I'd say mother please don't yell at me on the plane I was uh, you know starting a new job this is my trip to freedom and she said, you'll never be free of your problems. So that was, um, uh, that's my, so that's reminding me of that because it looked a little bit like snow. But like I said, that's the Dharma grave. So now we're going to go down here and we're going to land, uh, right in the section where the uh, tail section of flight A15 was. And we're right between the flame and the arrow, which are two different, um, Dharma things. And we'll walk a little bit towards the edge of the jungle. You'll have a chance for a fake smoke monster picture photo opportunity did you did you check the news before because i'm very upset about this ferguson thing and someone was saying in orientation that the forensics expert who pushed the michael brown hands up story is in fact not qualified or certified for anything and i just wonder what's going on like what is justice anymore and i know on a lost for example that was a was that a question what was justice but it's it's like if you're calling experts and they're not experts and then they're testifying as an expert, well, where's the truth, you know? It's like, is there a cap on the light of the world or a cap on the darkness of the world or which one is spilling out? And are we so, uh, I don't know, I wish I had a better point to impress you with, but it's just really upsetting. I hate to see people hurt. I hate to see people abused by authority. Um, and I said, mother, what is this? She said, I said, this is wrong. Well, you know, we're supposed to protect one another and, 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 and help one another, put our hands out to help. And what, you know, what, why, why is this happening to these? This was, these are children or, or young adults that are still, that you're still a child, even. Though you're a young adult, my mother said, well, you'll always be a child. And I said, what does that have to do with it, mother? So here's your chance, though, to change subjects totally. I'm sorry, I, I know. But here's your fake smoke monster picture. Yeah, it's just a piece of cardboard. Or no, I guess it's a, 
wood, painted wood. So you can stand in front of that and they'll take your picture. And then uh, you could see, you know, where these are the, this is the camp where, uh, where the, the tallies were, they called them the tallies. And I mean, I always think when I'm at these camps, you know, mother, she would never let me go to camp. So then I developed a thing for camp related movies, all those camp movies. And I remember it always be like camp counselors. What's the most NFSW thing you've caught campers doing? And it would always be shenanigans. It would either be like someone coming back to the camp or they'd have to have some sort of competition or there'd always be the guy, the camp counselor that's like got short shorts, silly stuff. Oh, or, you know, people pranking each other. I always said I missed out. That's why I don't have any friends. Um, but so that's, so the smoke monster pictures are done for you. And then believe it or not, we just, we're going to get back on the vehicle. We have one more photo op, uh, for you where you can spin the uh, wheel that alters the, place of the island now strangely enough it's going to return you to whence you came which is quite exciting as you turn the wheel you'll get your picture taken and then you'll return and it's and hopefully they return in december 2015 so you can see the new star wars seven is that seven one two three four five six seven I know Stephen colbert he was reacting to the star wars seven trailer the new trailer and he was defending the new design of the lightsaber because it has things that go on the sides. I don't know what they call Rapier, I think they call it rapier. Rapier. I think it's a French sword for French-style sword fighting. And uh, he was probably saying that he's smart. So he was probably like, well, this is why it works. And laser beams. But here we are at the, uh, at the thing. So we're going to climb down here. And this, uh, you'll notice you're a bit dizzy because the electromagnetivities are very high here. But I've spent my pleasure uh, giving you this tour. I know it's my first day. And I was just learning the things. I, they said, you know, I got to earn my way off the island. So I, I don't know if I'll be here. It doesn't seem like anyone. We'll see. So if you come back for another tour, it's been my pleasure. If you want to tip me. Since you, it sounds like you're, you have money for all these pictures, you could um, do that and then maybe it would shorten my time at the island if you wanted to be friends, possibly more. No. Well, that's fine. Um, so just spin the wheel. They'll take your picture. And then you may notice some nosebleeds. Uh, they said it's part of the waiver you signed. So no lawsuits or anything like that because you have signed away all your rights, I guess. And they said if you... I signed away in all my rights. And they said, there's no such, on Lost Island, there's no inalienable rights or something. I said, well, there's no rights anymore anyway for people to just be taken out in the streets. I'm sorry about that. I'm just, you know, I get mad. But, um, so that's, uh, the thing is, uh, that's Lost Island. I hope you enjoyed it. It is both real and fantasy, but you will be returned to your home. As you spin the wheel, it's taking your picture now. Very nice smile. Very nice. And now you're uh, drifting off into an electromagnetic um, place where your mind is kind of rolling in on itself in a good way. And you're drifting away now from my voice. Your tour is coming to an end as you are deposited back once you came, which is a place 
your bank account will be much less because of the total cost of your tour will be emailed to you or slipped under your hotel room door. And you are back and you are asleep in a deep sleep, which, you know, only a cave of magical electronic electromagnetic power can give. And you are resting now. Good night. And thank you for coming on our tour. Hey, you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, having trouble falling asleep, getting to sleep? Well, welcome. Hopefully you're in the right place. This is Sleep With Me, a podcast that's here to put you to sleep. And we do it with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, ideally brush your teeth, wash your face and that stuff before you get in bed and turn out the lights clearly. I mean, if you have a sink... Near your, well, you probably don't want to get drip water in your bed, but it's pretty cool to have a, a bathroom, bedroom combo, depending on how cleanly you are. But anyway, brush your teeth, turn out the lights, press play on this podcast. We're going to do the rest. What does the rest mean? Well, we're going to create a safe place where you can set aside any racing thoughts, running over thoughts, thoughty thoughts. And you're just going to listen to my voice. I'm going to distract you from that. What do, what do you mean safe place to distract thoughts? What else? Can you use another metaphor? Well, I can. All these thoughts that are running through your head, you know. What I like to say is, like, we're not going to fight any battles here. Right? Except for story-based battles that you don't have to. You just have to be a passive participant. And you don't have to run from anything. There's not going to be anything to be scared of here. And I'm not going to try to get you to um, spend any money or resources so you don't got to be worried about that uh so you don't gotta you don't have to run you have to fight and by the way those parts of your mind that want to do those things they probably they want the best for you they just don't know they're misguided i guess so let's take a breath and, and um you know give them a little attention and forgiveness or whatever i don't know most major religions and spiritual paths or even general wealth, you know, non, you know, non-belief systems that are whatever. Forgiveness and kindness go a long way with most of those, no matter which one works for you or you're trying out or are interested in it. Say, say to you, hey, that mad fighting part of you and that scaredy cat part of you. Hey, guys, I know you're you're doing your best here. I, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm going to listen to this podcast guy instead of you guys tonight. Um, and, he, you know, all you got to do is that. I'm just going to talk like that, basically. A little more, slightly more engaging to start with after I get through this introduction, which I've botched. And But uh, it's just like a distraction. Just listen to me. But you don't got to pay attention that much. I, I'm going to be nice. I'm going to be try to be kind and boring and dull, lulling, all those things. I'm going to do my best to distract you. But you don't have to do your best. You, you, you just listen to me and doze off whenever you feel like it. And you won't miss much. And if you can't, I'll do my best to keep you barely entertained in the nicest way I know how, which is uh, to be boring uh, with tangents that uh, stuff. Uh, lots of stuff. So in summary, again, this is a podcast. I help you fall asleep. If it's your first couple times here, try it out. See if it works for you. I hope it helps you fall asleep.
or cools you down at bedtime, relaxes you or whatever. If it doesn't, I hope you find something that does. Try something else or uh, another technique, or, you know, other forms of uh, stuff out there, pod, audio and non-audio. And that's it. We're on the internet, www.sleepingmepodcast.com. It's your friends, show notes, links to whatever. If I, if I, you know, if I see, if you don't know what a tangent is, maybe I'll put that in there. Maybe I won't remember. If you want to get a hold of me, it's feedback at sleepwithmepodcast is the email. You can um, get me on Twitter at Dearest Scooter or on Facebook. You can comment on the website. If you want to own some notes from the show, some outlines, you can send me a self-addressed stamped envelope to uh, P.O. Box 1751, I believe, uh, Alameda, California, 94501. That's Sleep With Me Podcast. Even easier, you don't got to write it down. Just go to sleepwithmepodcast.com slash S-A-S-E. The correct address will be there in case I gave you the wrong address just now. If you send me self-addressed envelope, I'll send you three pages of my notes, which are illegible. If you see it, you may say this guy really is a lunatic when you see my handwriting and the what I, you know, but that's fine. That's it. Um, I'm glad you're here and I hope I help you fall asleep. I got a couple things to say and then we'll get on to the show. Thanks. All right. Thank yous. I want to thank Chris Post Posterson that does our music. Scotty, old Sir Scotty that does our icons, his lovely wife, Jennifer, the Lord and Lady of the podcast, who Lord and Lady around in the best way possible, the differentiator who watches over them as one will. Hey, I got to tell you guys a story, but let me tell you, let me tell you, let me thank some new listeners. I want to thank Babita, Babita. I want to say hi to Melissa Grace, who I just got. An email from her. I have not checked the website that she said she posted about the podcast, but I will check it. I literally just got that email. So I'll look into that, Melissa. I want to thank Harry from the UK, I believe, uh, for his iTunes review. So just grab some hot cocoa and get in bed. Thank you, Harry, for your iTunes review. And I also want to, um, I, I guess, thank Sib, Sib Diddy from Australia, I believe. I, again, I'm trying to get these uh, non-U.S. iTunes reviews, but Sib Diddy did not like the podcast. And it said uh, uh, something about my slurring and stuttering and it, that it awakened some anger. And I, that's fine. I, I, I guess, like, uh, that's one of the things about this podcast. It's not for everybody. And if you, uh, I think what happened, and this is me projecting, not actually Sib Diddy, but from what I could tell is that Sib Diddy sat down looking for a nice guided meditation and then had to listen to me, listen to a lot of my nonsense. And if you were sitting down in some Zen state or some borderline angry state where you were looking to get into some nice peaceful state and you ran across this podcast by accident, I can understand it awakening some anger in you. And if you were in a hurry, you didn't listen to the intro or read anything because you're like, hey, I just want to listen to this audio. Um, I understand the podcast could set a, set you off. What, what it most reminded me of, though, was that when I was a child, I had this ability to awaken unbelievable anger in adults, especially authority figures. And most of the time it wasn't from being naughty. It was from doing the same stuff I do on this podcast now. Where exactly like Sib Diddy, they're like, what the hell? I mean, Sib Diddy was uh, swearing, I think, or alluding to, like, what the hell's wrong with this guy? 
I mean, when I, I had a lot of teachers say that to me, they'd be, what? I think we've talked about, why did you eat that kid's diorama? Which I did before, more than once probably. When they, the teachers would almost have a nervous breakdown because they couldn't understand. Did you do that? Were you, were you to be bad? No, no, I wanted to see what the diorama tasted like. It was interesting. I wonder, you know. So I understand, Subdiddy. I apologize that, uh, and that's probably, sometimes I go on way too long in the intro. So that's why to try to protect these people from blowing a gasket. So apologize for that. And I see, I want to say hi to you. We see my old Game of Thrones buddy. Uh, one listener initiative is going pretty well. And uh, I want to talk about that in one second. And then um, I still need some help. If anybody wants to be a tech officer for the podcast and just do tech research for one or two, one or two subjects this a week for the Game of Thrones podcast, Stacey is our only researcher right now. And I need one or two more people. One of the researches I need would just be just look up one or two tech things. Send me that. You got to be good at researching. You got to have spare time to do it just an hour or two a week or more. I don't know. Uh, but let me know, email me feedback at sleepingmypodcast.com. Anybody who wants to do the show notes, help out the show notes, you'd get to listen to the show early. Uh, but, but again, I don't have a system in place, so we'd have to figure it out. Probably wouldn't, it's not going to go smoothly if you volunteer to help me. I'm be honest with you because, you know, I'm learning as I go. Just ask Stacy, I email her. I'm like, can you get this back to me in five minutes? And she's like, oh, you know, uh, you know, she's really nice about it. But, uh, you know, it's not easy dealing with me, but I need your help. So anybody that has spare time, particularly if you're a student, that would be the ideal people. If you got a job, you don't want to be dealing with my nonsense or you got a family. Uh, so that's that. But I got to tell you guys about the last 20, 20, not even 24 hours, probably the last 16 hours in this podcast, how wonderful you guys make my life. So last night, I get in bed. Trying to why you know, trying to get to sleep on a Sunday night, you know how that goes. And I, but I had like this two wonderful things to look forward to. One, uh, one, I was getting the end of a book by a listener, Jennifer Eccles. So I have like about thirty pages in that book. I'm like, I'm gonna finish that book and go to sleep. And then I'm like, wait a second, I have Chris W. The Silver Tone of the podcast. Well, I guess he's just the Silver Tone, according to the. But I, I think I added in of the podcast maybe. But anyway, the Silvertone, he uh, wrote a song and sang it in public at a place where I think he was probably getting paid. So that's brave and wonderfully kind. And uh, it was a beautiful song. And I'm not even going to sing any of it because I don't want to. Uh, but I have all the I'll have all the info in the show notes of this show or maybe somewhere else. But what an evening. I give you know, you're not supposed to use screen devices but you can listen to audio. So I listen to Chris's song and then I finish up uh, going too far by Jennifer Eccles. I finished that book. I really enjoyed that book. It was my first teen romance that I think I've ever read. And it was great. And then, so then I get, you know, mostly slept good till about 3 a.m. And you guys know how it goes. And then uh, I get up this morning, I go into work, and then my freaking Twitter starts blowing up because Andrea G is out there leading the way for the one new listener initiative by talking about how much the podcast works for her, being funny, saying nice things at the same time, being honest. So thank you. Not, and in proxy, thank all of you for, it's just like, wow, wow, lucky am I, seriously. 
to be doing a, this podcast. Finally, it's, it's like I'm living a dream of a boring person. If, if you know, you now other boring people, unfortunately, I stole probably the one chance for the really boring people of the world. So I don't want to get your hopes up if you're out there listening. You're like, man, I'm more, I'm even more boring than that guy. Cause I probably, but anyway, you know, I'm living the dream for a dull, lulling person that talks in tangents. So thank you guys. It just has been great. And I was really stressed this weekend because I was like, you know, the holiday stuff. And that's one level of stress. And I'm like, what? I got other, you know. So thank you guys for listening. Thank you for support. And uh, thank you just for being you. For Like I said, you can't, you don't, you don't have to give me money. You don't have to, if you can't help me on the show notes or anything, just create some art, man. Sing a song. I don't even care if I hear about it. If you whistle a song later on today because I was well, scatting it um, and that makes somebody else smile, I don't need to know about it. So thanks a lot. All right, folks, it's time for another Redditation where we uh, go on Reddit, Trending Tuesday, Rending Ruse Day, I guess with Scooby-Doo, Reddit Rending Ruse Day. Yeah, why don't we do that? Redditation I like too, though. It's a redditation on Rending Ruse Day. That's just my best Rending Ruse Day. I don't, I don't, I guess I don't do a Scooby Doo. Uh, so I'm firing up my Reddit app as I talk to you. I don't know if there's anybody that uses Reddit apps out there. The one I use, I don't want to say its name, but if you see the screenshots, if you use any Reddit app on Android, the problem with the, this app that I'm using is I can't get to the, I can't get to the comments. Like it'll link through to the image or the article if it's not going to, if it's, you know, some outside source, but then I can't read the comments, which sometimes is the best part. So anybody who knows how to do that on this app or has a good app, let me know. The good thing about this app, I downloaded some other ones, is this one has nice, uh, where we can get more than one comment, you know, on the, uh, take pictures of it. So I'm going to go ahead and take some pictures. Let's see if I can do it live. And I don't already messed up, but. Um, let's see if I can take some screenshots. Screenshot one taken with only one fail. No, that one failed, but that one failed too. Oh, I, I think I just accidentally figured out how to use this app while I was trying to do that. If I, okay, that's good to know. Oh, that didn't work. I'm, I'm going to pause it. Okay, so I think I got it uh, down. I think I got, I got some pictures taken from Reddit. So we're going to do our story. You know, it's the holiday season, and uh, I don't know about you guys, but it's like, uh, it's you know, it comes, comes to a time when you got to uh, pay for stuff. So I ended up, um, I don't know if you guys, how many of you have been listening since Halloween, but I had a, a second, well, I guess this podcast is my second job. So this is like my third job, but it was related to the podcast is, uh, there's this bed and breakfast out at this place called, I think it's a trans, it's on the edge of the transverse in the, within the metaverse. None of this, unfortunately, is accessible to everybody. Just, uh, I happened to, you know, you're like, you're going to be like, uh, what's that called? Nepotism. It's not nepotism. It's, but whatever it would be where the universe, decides that you have access to an alternative universe where you can get a job in an unfair way that the rest of you listening can't get a job. Not nepotism, but, you know, metavism or something. You know, 
uh, alternativism, something. I need somebody smarter than me to know what it is. But yeah, the universe is unfairly created some sort of ripple that I could access uh, to get to this metaverse where I had happened to get a job when I was wandering around it, by the way. But so out down uh, transverse way or transverse transverse circle, transverse court, I think was the name of the street. At the end of that is uh, this bed and breakfast. It's run by this couple. Uh, I like to say a couple of lunatics. That's the joke I use there or used it the first time. And they host uh, traditionally villains or, um, you know, some sort of, it's a fictional, non-fictional universe. So characters that are usually bad guys go there to relax, unwind. They go out into the transverse, which is some sort of um, strange world type thing. I don't know. They go out there to work on their problems or, you know, stuff couples do when they're in a bed and breakfast. So I've only come across individuals, but they probably have their significant other up in the room. I usually run into them in the lobby. So, and then the, by the time they hang, spend a couple hours with me, you know, they're definitely like, thank God. I didn't tell them about my girlfriend because this guy is, uh, you know, so, you know, I started gearing up for the holidays. I'm like, man, I could use, uh, some extra money here. So let me, uh, go out there and see if I could work. I told her, I said, uh, Hey guys, remember me from Halloween? I was a guy working out in here on Halloween and I had some, um, what was called, uh, when you don't show up truancy issues or whatever. I think they have a fancier name for it when it comes to work, but, uh, where you don't show up to work all the time. Cause it's not like a W40 or whatever where I had a work contract. It was a handshake type agreement. Um, but so they were like, yeah, we remember you. And I was like, remember I used to you know, cause at the job I had there, was a, I would tell the, you know, I'd go in the room like, you know, as a bonus, they were advertising it or something. And I would tell boring stories live in person to put the villains to sleep. And obviously if you're like a cartoon villain, let's just say you're, uh, um, Gargamel. I have not met Gargamel there, but that would be the type of person that might be there. He, uh, you know, I'd tell him a story and he'd go to sleep. Uh, you know, cause he's probably got a lot of schemes and crafty stuff on his mind. A lot of resentments clearly against the Smurfs. So, um, and then they would let me, they let me interview their clientele. And that was the exchange. I said, you know, I'm looking for some extra money here. It's the holidays. Uh, you know, you guys need, it. and they were like, well, you, you did actually, you know, work pretty well. The customers liked, you know, you boring them to sleep. So yeah, sure. Uh, what, but we, 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 I'll say, what do you guys, can you pay me in silver or gold? And then they were like, what? And I said, silver and gold, silver and gold, pay my ass in silver and gold. They're like what? I say, that's from like one of the Christmas movies, Rankin and Bass up in here. And they're like, okay, well, uh, no, we could play, pay you in mana. And I said, what's, well, I was like, mana. I was like, isn't that for, uh, like games like Starcraft? Or is that like, was that the stuff the Israelites ate when they were getting held, you know, to save their lives in the desert? Um, I was like, I always imagined it as like cotton and bread mixed together, but I never, I wasn't paying attention. And they just stare, you know, common response, they just stared at me. And they're like, I was like, 
I was like, I'm not magic, so man is not going to do me any good, okay? Uh, that's what I'm trying to say. And they're like, okay, well, uh, we don't, you know, we don't deal in cash here or credit because this isn't, and I said, okay, well, uh, let me just talk to them. I guess I could, you know, maybe if I don't have financial gain, I could use it for the podcast at least. I was like, is anybody hanging in here? Can I go in the, the you know, the, uh, you know, go talk to the customers? And they're like, yeah, sure. Good. Go. So even exchange. So, so, you know, I was telling you guys earlier in the other episodes for Halloween, it's got the, it's a pretty standard in bed and breakfast type in. So there's like the rooms that I was in, you know, the room with the flowery sofas and the empty bird cages. And there's like a solarium, they call it, which, and then, so then they also have this library. So I went in there and, uh, there's like a fire raging in the fireplace. They got a big old fireplace, like so hot. I was like, what the hell, man? What? And it smelled like, um, somebody didn't have their sock, uh, shoes on. Sweaty socks is what it smelled like in there. And I'm like, holy moly. And, and I'm like, uh, you know, somebody uh, open a flu in here. And then I see, uh, there's a chair facing the fireplace and there's like this poof of, uh, hair and, uh, orange hair, like real orange, not even beyond human. Beyond the possibility, or more than likely, that a human from Earth could have this orange hair. So I'm like, oh boy, like this could be anybody. I'm like, is that a who was Beaker's sidekick, or was Beaker the one uh, with the Doctor Bunsen, Honey Doctor Honeydew Bunsen, and Beaker, right? And I was like, and then I was like, no, his hair is more red. And then I noticed the person was weeping and uh, like like crying, and and. And that they had heard me. So then I had that awkward, um, moment where, uh, you, uh, like where you get caught when someone's crying and then it's like, is this person going to help, you know, show me some kindness or just walk away? Happens to me a lot on the beach. I live near the beach on the bay, not on the beach. It was about five minute bike ride there. I used to live even closer. I'd go there. And this is not funny, but a lot of single women cry on the beach. Usually standard outfit is a hoodie. And then you put on the hoodie and you cry staring out at the water is what I've observed. And, but the problem is if I'm walking closer to the water than you, even the hoodie won't hide it. And I see you crying. And, uh, so this is a similar situation where it's like, do I intervene? Do I say, Hey, Hey, you. Don't cry, you know, you're not supposed to tell people not to cry. So I think I've seen, I've run into a lot of crying in my, my, my life. Cause of, I'm a cause of a lot of crying too. But so anyways, this thing is crying, orange hair. And so I said, well, this is awkward, but I better, uh, better, um, uh, clear my throat. I was, uh, oh. Oof, it was wonderful, this heat, enough to make a man cry. And then this person's still crying. So I do a raw, the long loop, you know, where you want to get in the peripheral vision and then slowly come in. But this is like, first of all, I'm already sweating because it's like 8,000 freaking degrees in there. Where the kind of temperature where you're like woozy, not to mention the sock smell was not pleasant. It's like almost like a humidity coming off this person's socks and uh 
So I'm doing the long loop. And of course, I'm bumping it. I bump over the friggin' stuff to take care of the fire. And so I try to do a smooth out, you know, elbow on the mantelpiece. And then I look up and this person sitting in the chair is like, um, first I thought it was Wreck-It Ralph. Uh, and uh, I let it sing. And I was a person was a little bit smaller than Wreck-It Ralph, orange hair. And I was like, oh no, Wreck-It Ralph has like, you, you know, this was not a human. It's just Wreck-It Ralph, a little bit small. I was like, no um, overalls. So I was like, oh, wait a second, it's not Wreck-It Ralph, but it's some sort of creature with orange hair, humanoid again, but not more um, stocky, in a, in a, a stocky, in a, crying so it's hard. Um, to Big, huge mouth, huge, huge mouth, weeping, weeping, weeping. And I said, oh, so I said, you really, in an orange-type one-piece outfit, I think. I don't know. Again, I was so freaking hot. And I said, hey, uh, I noticed are you crying because it's so hot in here because I'm about to cry. I said, no, no. I said, well, what's the matter? Do you want to talk about it? So the creature's weeping. Yeah, today we lost Ralph Bear, the inventor and father of video games. And it was frowning, frown, frown, frown. And I said, wow, Ralph, you know, you kid me. Don't, don't tell me. Oh, no. And I, you know, I was trying to play along. Oh, no, not Ralph, but not Ralph, the Ralph Bear. And he said, oh, man. I said, that's, I love video games. That's terrible news. I mean, there's still going to be video games, right? And it was like that guy didn't think of that. He goes, oh, he goes, of course, I guess you're right. And I said, uh, you got awfully big, uh, you, you, you shaped, uh, different than me. And I said, uh, you, you know, your, your hands are a lot bigger and rounder. And I was like, that's not the best for button mashing. Are you a button masher? He said, oh, no, no, I play, uh, I play PC and a keyboard. And he's like, I don't, I said, oh. And I said, well, how, do, I, I go, how, how you doing? Not great. I'm sad about this Ralph Bear thing. And I said, I said, well, why don't we, uh, you, you're here for the metaverse. Huh? Why don't we take a trip over to the metaverse? I want to see what candy they got going. So got my, my name's, uh, uh, Ralph Lauren. Uh, how you doing? Everybody kind of looked at me and I said, no, this is my, you know, name today. And he said, well, Ralph, uh, matter if I call you Ralph Macchio, I said, Psh, love it if you would, uh, and he said, okay, well, I'm, I'm, I'm the heat miser. And I said, whoa, whoa, hold the phone. The heat miser, like the heat miser in the cold, uh, freeze, Mr. Freeze f- frost. And he said, kind of close. And I said, you're like one of mother nature's kids or something. And he just was like, well, whatever you want to assume. And I said, well, my, my memory's not great. And I said, well, I said, what are, you, what are you doing here? And he go, he said, oh, I was looking at some stuff on my computer. This, this is the only room with Wi-Fi. And I said, well, what were you looking at? And he slams his, he said, uh, slams his computer show. He has nothing. I said, whoa, 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 buddy. He said, what, what are you playing? And what game are you playing? Leisure Sweet Larry or something? And he goes, no, I was compiling the comments in every not safe for work subreddit. And I was like, just comments, no pictures. 
He said, exactly. So nothing to see here. And I said, well, why'd you shut it so fast? He goes, well, 60 to 70% of the comments were mine, and they were, like, about boobs. And I was like, well, um, and he goes, and then the rest were about people's moms. And I said, heat miser. I said, we got to get you out of this heat, man. Let's go. And he said, what are you in a hurry to get to the metaverse for? And I said, I'm hoping, um, to be honest with you, I'm hoping it's made out of, uh, what's that stuff called? Pineapple bark. And he goes, what's pineapple bark? And I said, uh, I have no idea. I said, I meant peppermint bark. I, I don't know why I said pineapple bark. And he said, well, it's a slip of the tongue. And I said, yeah, you wouldn't want to have a slip of the tongue on a piece of pineapple, would you? And he said, I don't even know what a pineapple is. And we don't have it in my world. And I said, whoa, 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 what world are you from? He said, well, that's not time. He goes, it's time to go in the metaverse and find your, would you say peppermint bark? And I said, yeah. And he said, well, tell me more about this peppermint bark. And we started walking through the garden out towards the metaverse at the edge of the property it was in. And I said, it's this stuff with peppermint and, and chalk. As it's, they call it bark. It's, it's just because it's like uh, they break it up so it looks like tree bark. But I was like, you wouldn't believe how freaking expensive this stuff is. I go, as far as I know, it's just like candy canes, white chocolate, and chocolate like together. But they charge like $7 a pound for it. And I don't get it, and I can't find it on sale for like 99 cents a pound after Christmas. I don't know what they do with it. I think they pull it off the shelves on like the 23rd and stockpile it because it probably never goes bad. And um, I was like, it's just making me nuts. I was like, I think I've had it once that I got it for free. And then now I don't buy it on principle because it's so friggin' expensive. And I'm talking like seven, I mean, at least 750 pounds. And he goes, that's too bad. Uh and next thing you know, we're in the metaverse, and uh, it's like the sky is getting real dark. And it's not, of course, it's not peppermint bark, not even like any bark. I think they have like cowboy bark, or they did at Trader Joe's. I don't know what that was, like peanut brittle with caramel corn or something. I don't freaking know. Uh, but we get out there, no peppermint bark. And then this cloud gets darker and darker and starts to turn gray and red. And uh, I say, well, heat miser, it's a storm. He goes, that's worse than a storm. He goes, I've I've seen this before in my experiences as the heat miser. That's when a dust devil, a wildfire, and magic form together. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. What is he? It was some enemy of yours spec. And he goes, exactly, let's go. And so we start running it deeper into the metaverse. Next thing you know, I trip up these stairs, and the heat miser – because he's like smaller and stockier. Kind of looks like one of those, uh, those 70s. Or you know what? Those um, Aquabats. Who was in the Aquabats? They have. They had a TV show. i never seen it, but I've seen the creatures. I think one of those creatures looks like it. Uh, I'll think of the show. But anyway, this easy, we fall up these stairs. And then the, the uh, dust devil is coming at us. And we're trying to climb the stairs. And they're like slimy. And we're sliding back down. And he's like, poor choice of carpet for these steps. I go to stand on the steps. I slip face first into these steps. That's when I realize it's freaking peppermint bark. The stairs are made from peppermint bark. And I'm melting them because the heat miser is probably warmer. Plus, we're frictioning, trying to get up the stairs. The fire dust devil, magic dust devil is right behind us. 
And of course, I don't have time to break off any of these stairs because I'm trying to, so we, but we escape up these stairs, running from, still running from the dust devil. And we get to the top of the stairs, we turn the corner, we're on like this edge of this cliff. And I was like, where the heck are we? What do we do? And, and the Hemazi just looks out over this, like, um, it looks like this green mist, uh, mixed with like, uh, reds and whites and, uh, all sorts of, some sort of Christmas sky, I'd say. Like if, if you were marketing, if you were selling Christmas sky to put, install in your backyard sky, I would, if I was rich, I would have paid like 10 G's for this because it was beautiful. Like picture the most beautiful sky you've ever seen. But instead of blue, it's green and reds, uh, lovely. But of course I'm terrified because I'm one, I'm covered in, uh, peppermint bark mixed with the dirt of my shoes. And then there's this death, death devil, the dust devil of death behind me somewhere. He goes to me, hey, this was the view 100 steps from my front door during the week I spent in Hamanoi, Norway. On the last night, Mother Nature put on an amazing show, and this was it. And I said, like, your mother, Mother Nature? And he said, yeah, he goes, yeah, he goes, yeah, she loves Christmas. Uh, and I said, wasn't there one time, uh, and he goes, we got to move. Come on, let's go. And so we're running, and then I realized we're in the residential neighborhood, clearly not human because, like, the houses are made from, like, shoes and sneakers, but, you know, giant-sized stuff. And uh, the next thing you know, this this car, shoe car comes running down the street and, like, literally, like, running. uh, uh, I don't even know what's propelled by it's like more on flopping because it didn't have a it wasn't a pair of shoes it was just one and uh, the guy's like get in get in get in and he pulls us into his shoe and I realize it's like got like uh, letters it's full of letters and stuff and I'm like what the heck and, and then the um, he misers he's like this is a good guy mailman on a Sunday no less you just saved us from a dust devil of dirt and I said well this is trending Tuesday I mean I'm recording it on Sunday but people are hearing it on um on on Monday or Tuesday and he said well he was this guy just rescued us and I said thank you good guy mailman you're the best uh, um what lovely shoe mo- mobile what do you call this thing a shoe shoe it's not a car because it doesn't have wheels shoe mobile because it's a delivery shoe, you idiot. I said, okay, okay, well, don't, you know, don't, just because you're a good guy mailman doesn't mean you can be rude. And, uh, and then he just was like busy driving his shoe, which you actually control by the uh, shoelaces, like kind of like a horse, which was interesting. I was like, that makes sense. I was like, the tongue is, uh, was the, I don't know. It was a, I didn't, I didn't get a chance to ask him exactly with, but I was trying to pay attention, but then, Look over to he heat miser. I look over at heat miser. He's making this face like uh, my cat's face before a bath, and I don't even have a cat, but I was like imagining, and it's just like this face of like uh, rebellion and terror and uh, whatever mixed together. And I said, "What's the matter?" And he said, uh, "He said that the, the fire, dust, magic, devil's gone." And and then the shoe guy, he's like, "Okay, you guys can get out of here." And we get out and, uh, we're at a park, like a public park, I guess. 
And I say, you know, there's like picnic tables, playgrounds. Uh, again, I kind of can't, I don't have all day to get in the details of who was there and what they were doing. Uh, obviously, the shoes. I was pretty sure it was like a babes in Toyland city. But I'm like, okay, well, I can't get carried away with the babes in Toyland stuff, which is like my favorite Halloween movie. Cause I'd be told, I mean, Christmas movie and not the, the babes in Toyland with Laurel and Hardy. Cause you guys know I'm a big Laurel and Hardy fan. And I'm like, whoa, man, I said, got a heat miser here. I can't really ditch him to go find Laurel and Hardy. And this could be like Laurel and Hardy might not have lived in the only shoe based universe. So it could be another shoe universe. So maybe just stick with the heat miser. So I said, well, let's sit down at this um, picnic table. And I said, there's nothing. Have you been here before? And this he goes, oh, yeah. He goes, this is shoe town. And I said, it was, shoe, it was like a shoe town. I was part of like a shoe nation. And he just laughs. And uh, I said, uh, is there a shoe city? And he says, let's see. He goes, I goes we got to figure out what right, we're going to do. And I said, what do you mean we? I go, what was that thing that chased us? What happened? And he goes, he goes, you kind of remember my story, right? I go, not really. I was like, I remember that. I remember there was some hubbub. Like what happened was I go, so there's like Santa Claus is coming to town, which is like a famous Christmas movie with Santa Claus and you get Chris Kringle and the elves and uh, uh, Burgermeister. And I go, then there's Rudolph. Big like Rudolph the Red Rose Reindeer, and then there's like, depending on those two are the big two, and then there's like the big three could be either Frosty, which I don't I don't know, or Grinch, which yeah, or uh, Snoopy, uh, Charlie Brown, and I was like, and then you got your lower next tier Christmas movies, and I was like, no, like the ones that are on that channel. They kind of just, and I was like, I kind of know, I was like, you were in one of those movies, like the time the baby lost the bath water, like Rudolph 2. I was like, isn't it like Rudolph teamed up with somebody and had to save, deal with you guys because you and your brother were bickering about stopping Christmas and you, you're the summer guy, right? And he was staring at me. And I was like, then Mother Nature's like, I'm sick of you boys. And you were like, I'm Mr. Heat Meister. I'm Mr. Oh, wait, no, I'm Mr. Cold Meister. I'm Mr. Freeze. He's Mr. Heat He's Mr. Somebody's. Some call me Heat Miser. You round ray. You were at a picnic table with me. Let's have a parade. I missed a, I was like, I remember that part, obviously. And I was like, is that your song or your brother's song? And he's like, forget all that. He goes, you remember the, the guy singing with me and dancing with me? I was like, yeah, like the chorus, the backup singers. Exactly. He's like, they took over everything, my whole kingdom. And, uh, he goes, they, they've lost their minds. I go, how, how, what do you mean they took over your kingdom? You're like the heat miser. They were like little mini heat. Miners, you know, little mini heats. He, what, what, he goes, yeah, the mini misers. That's what we called them. And I was like, well, that's your mistake, because that's like means more than one thing. That's like a, a, a heat mis mini misers. 
I was like, none of it's good, mini miser. Even heat miser means you're cheap with heat, right? Then it means, oh, man, I mean, you shouldn't be calling people mini just because. And he's like, I know, I know. And, he, and I go, well, what happened? He goes, well, he goes, so he's like, you don't understand very much, do you? And I said, well, yeah, metaphor me. He goes, okay, a leopard kills a porcupine. Interesting approach. And I was like, what? He goes, well, he goes, it can't just run up and eat it. And he goes, so it has to go around and chase the porcupine and get the porcupine to run into something. And I was like, well, what does that have to do with the minimizers taking over your kingdom? And he was like, well, he goes, that's how he goes. He goes, that's what happened. He goes, they got a porcupine to ride a leopard. There was a ghost of a porcupine that had been eaten by that leopard. And he goes, they show up in my room one night and they start chasing me. I run, run into a wall of, 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 of something not, I couldn't, I didn't melt when I ran into it. Because next thing I wake up and I'm in that metaverse, uh, just lying. He's like, then I get chased by those dust devils. He's like, they have all my magic powers. They have everything. And I was like, you know what I just realized? I was like, you have a bowl cut. I was like, did you know that? I was like, that's why I thought you were like, um, uh, um, Wreck-It Ralph. And I was like, you seen Wreck-It Ralph? Because you were talking about that bear, bear guy that uh, made video games. I was like, did you, have you seen Wreck-It Ralph? And he's like, D- we're talking about my whole kingdom here, the whole heat miser. He goes, this could have an effect on your universe, you know. I was like, what, the second-rate Christmas special universe or the actual uh, because we are, we got enough heat now, man. We got global warming. And, and he's like, he's like, well, don't you have any, don't you care about me? Don't you care, have any empathy or sympathy for me? I was like, exactly, man. I'm trying to tell you about this great movie, Wreck-It Ralph. Awesome movie. Awesome. I was like, it's hilarious. And, uh, great voices, great acting, uh, Twists, multiple times, kinds of animation, throwback to old video games. I figure you like it. And he's like, well, I, he goes, uh, well, yeah. he goes, well, yeah, but I, I'm looking for someone to help me restore my kingdom. And I was like, huh? I was like, Pff. I was like, why were, what were you doing at the bed and breakfast? Uh, if you were looking for somebody, he goes, well, I heard there was this, like, like this company. He goes, he goes, I was reading the news there. And, you know, he's like, oh, well, obviously I was on Reddit, but he's like, I saw this one thing. It said this drug candidate killed malaria in 48 hours. Figured whatever company had that, he's like, I figured we could get some of that. And he's like, I could use against the, the minimizers. And uh, I was like, aren't they like your kids? You're going to take them out like they're malaria? And he's like, nobody cares about malaria. I was like, yeah, because it's bad. And he goes, so are the minimizers. And I was like, but they're so cute. And he's like, I'm sure that other bacteria or viruses or whatever malaria is thinks that it's cute. And I was like, I don't know. They danced and they have little hats and they have like canes and they were doing like a little Broadway uh, type number. I was like, do, 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 do. And I was like, don't listen, man. Don't, don't do anything drastic. Like, they're your backup band. How are you going to be the heat miser? He's Mr. Heat Miser. He's Mr. Freeze. He goes, that's my brother. Stop it. 
And he's like, he's like, are you just going to say hum the song? You don't know. And I was like, I don't know, man. Like, I was like, I think you're better as a team. Like, what if we, what if we get a hold of these mini misers? Cause I'm like, remember guardians of the galaxy, like you're Chris Pratt, but you need the rest of the, like, it, it couldn't just been star Lord, the movie because he needed those other characters to like bring out the best in him and the best story and offer like a, I was like to offer like a overall, he goes, what are you talking about? I was like, well, Hunger Games like led one of the worst weekends of the year. It fell like 62% for like a $21 million third weekend. It's projected domestic gross is now like 330 million, meaning the Guardians of the Galaxy at 332 million could end up the top surprise film of the year. And I was like, that shows that teamwork is over a team led by, well, it's like, I guess, but it was like Guardians of the Galaxy where it's just, um, which the Hunger Games. And he's like, I'm not familiar with that. I'm like, whoa, 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 you're not familiar with Hunger Games? He goes, no. And I was like, it's called Catching Fire, bro. He's like, really? And I was like, yeah, maybe we could use this to help us figure out how to deal with your situation. And not Guardians of the Galaxy. I was like, it's it's this lovely Katniss. She's the uh, girl on fire. And he's like, first up, first word, he's like, is she single? And I was like, no, she's got two boyfriends, actually. And she's confused by it. So I was like, and he's like, oh, dear. And I was like, but I was like, uh. I was like, listen, I think you could be like the miser on fire, a.k.a. the heat miser, right? And um, we could catch fire. Like what happened was, what happened was originally, I was like, I don't think I could summarize this in a way to get back. Because I was like, what do you think that next dust devil's coming for us? He's like, pretty soon. I was like, well, do you have any magic on you to get, I was like, what if I deal with these mini misers? And, uh, like try to help you. And he's like, well, he goes, you don't seem very competent to be honest with you. And I said, well, what do you have to lose? And he said, well, you got me there. I said, well, I could be like your, um, I could be the PETA to your, uh, to your, um, what, your, I could be the pocket to your bread, man. And he's like, what? And I was like, yeah, I was trying to make a joke, but it didn't have flopped. And I was like, you know, as long as you stay away from Katniss, if she does, you know, if I run into her in this universe and she's single, I got dibs because I'm also in love with her and I actually know what she looks like. So, you know, I've, he goes, no, I'm a heat miser. I was like, yeah, but two heats don't make a right. Like, that'd be too hot. You know, you guys would be too hot, too hot, too hot baby. And he's like, you I go, well, like, do you have something to get us back to your castle wherever in Heat Town, like Warm Warmville? He goes, yeah. He goes, one second. And then he, like, clicks his heels together, rubs his stomach or something. And I still, like, I was like, do you know the bowl cut is not in? And next thing you know, I'm talking about his haircut. And we're in some, like, uh, like back room, like, behind the throne. One of those, you know how, like, a lot of things, there's the throne, but there's always like an area behind the throne where you can observe things. Bad idea. Like always have your throne up against a solid wall if you're going to be thrown in a throne. But these, 
misers, the heat miser on down the line. They don't, they had their throne in the center of the room because they got to be the friggin' center of attention, I guess. I guess if you're him, you'd probably want some airflow. Maybe. I don't know if he's actually in power, but um, he's like, uh, this is like, because this is the throne room. Uh, and I can hear like these guys talking and they, they sound just like him, like miniature versions. And they're arguing and they say, okay, I got this man. And he goes, what are you going to do? I said, don't worry. I'm going to wing it. And he goes, he goes, you know, they take you out. And I said, sure. And I said, I'm a Fletch it, man. I'll be like, I'm like, I'm like, you know, Erwin Fletcher in here. So I roll through the curtains and uh, I, I realize I don't have a fake clipboard. And so that, that was out. And I uh, they all turned to me and they're like, Wait, who, who, what, what are you doing? And they're like getting ready to like get their magic missile fingers on me, pointing them at me. And I say, oh, gentlemen, gentlemen, whoa, 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 what's going on here? And they say, we're, uh, we're in the middle of a takeover. And I say, it looks like this your takeover's already complete. I'm looking for one miser, comma, heat. And they say, he's not here. And I said, okay, well, that's good news. Because I was like, today, I just learned this boy's TIL. Three men from Yemen tried to sue NASA for invading Mars, claiming they had inherited it from their ancestors 3,000 years ago. And they were like, what? And I go, yeah, you believe that? Like, um, they, they had sued NASA because they must have believed they inherited Mars. And uh, uh, the, the, that lawsuit was thrown out, but this one is pending in metaversal court against uh, heat, Miser Heat or at Al, uh, current occupants of the Miser Kingdom, uh, you know, you're being sued, boys. That's bad news. Uh, so uh, I go, so, you know, basically we're going to have to put you guys in escrow um, until the court case is decided. Uh, or let's see what your options are here. I got to So on what authority uh, are, are you here? And I go, on the ultimate authority, boys, you know, the mother of nature and the father of nature and the kid, you know, and Santa Claus. And I just wrote Rudolph here. And believe me, you haven't seen his nose. And I was like, I got freaking the, uh, white wizard. Well, it's a wizard, white wizard or whatever that freaking shoots frost out his nails. And he's a lot taller than you. And he's got a bad attitude. So they're outside uh, providing backup because I'm just like the, I'm just the, uh, whatever you call it, the notary public here. So don't shoot the messenger. And I was like, first of all, no offense, but I also, just because I'm a notary public or whatever, doesn't mean I can't lose my temper and kick one of you. And it looks like I could kick you pretty far. And believe me, I've heard thrown, people throwing around titles with many in it, and I do not like that at all. And then one, But then one of the guys starts to bite my ankle. And I said, what are you doing, pipsqueak? And then they all like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And there's like about eight of them. And, uh, and then I'm like, oh, I'm in trouble here. And they said, well, what are we, we going to do? We're going to be, what, what does escrow mean? And I was like, oh, shoot, what am I going to do here? And I said, you know what escrow means? It means that old laptop batteries could power slums. An IBM study analyzed a sample of discarded batteries and found that 75% had enough power to keep an LED light on for more than four hours a day for a year for free until, you know, stuff starts leaking out of it and it poisons the residents with the uh, stuff. 
And, uh, you know, because who knows what heavy metals are in there and you're just going to give it away and think you're doing good, but you're not because you're actually poisoning the world. And, you know, so that's what this court case is about, boys, is like people are afraid that you guys are too smart and too willing to do good versus the heat miser who seems like a, a bit of a, you know, nice guy. And, uh, the, and they said, you're not doing anything. You know, who, 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 who do you, you know, you can't impose your will on us. It's not, it's not my will. It's the court's will, boys. I'm just here. Again, you know, due diligence, uh, you know, jurisprudence and uh, juris doctorate, J.D., uh, MBA 1005. And for the minute they were silent. So I was like, all right, I got to move on this one. And uh, I was like, boys, meaning of a life explained. Everybody sit down, calm down. It was uh, a little band from. Might be before you guys were. Well, actually, you guys were on since the 70s. Huh? How old are you guys? They said, blah, 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 blah. I said, have you guys ever met Santa's elves? I was like, are you guys elfing at all? And they didn't like that. And I said, okay, calm down, misers. It's like, believe me, I'm not here to minimize you guys. But I laughed to myself. They actually didn't get it. I'm like, your needs are just as important as heat misers, cold my cold freeze, mother nature. I take everybody's you know court cases seriously all uh, this is not Judge Judy's court where I'm going to talk down to, well, I guess I'm talking down to you guys. Let me get on my knees, guys. Look you in the eyes. Cause I was telling you about this 90, 1990s. There was a little band called Alice in Chains. And I don't know if you remember their MTV Unplugged special. I'm talking the full version, like the alternative, gr- they were alternative grunge, you know? And, uh, you know, it was like, I could tell I was losing these guys. It was going to be trouble. I could sense the fire, dust devil, dirt devil. And I was like, yeah, yeah, come to snuff the rooster. Ooh, and they're like, well, I thought you were going to tell us the meaning of life. And I was no, I was going to explain it. And I did. And, uh, and they started, they couldn't help it. They started getting, they get up and start dancing. And I started doing like this heavy, I, I can't do it because if somebody's asleep, it's going to wake them up. But it was like this Eddie Vedder. Meets the guy from Allison Chains, his voice combined with the guy from um, the one that had all the trouble that was, you know, Plush sang that song, Stone Temple Pilots, all their voices in one with this tune about mising of heat and freezing of cold and uh, how we could all, it was like a great, but mostly just me scatting like that. And um, I was like mixing in lyrics from like Jeremy spoke in class today and, uh, you know, whatever, bam, was ever, whatever that plush song, I don't know. I can't remember, you know, us doing all that segues. I did a little break dancing 
They're dancing the whole time. As soon as, as long as I kept that up, they were dancing. So I'm like keeping this up. But meanwhile, I'm like, where now? What's the hemizer doing? Because I'm like, you should have come out and like blasted them with some sort of, you know, dominance ray or something. And then I look behind the curtains. He's like putting on a bike helmet and bike gloves. And he's got some bike that fits his body type perfectly. And I was like, dude, what the hell are you doing? I got your. And I'm like, you know. Uh, turn my water black, tattooed out my miser. Yes, oh, miser, he's Mr. You know, so totally like, and, uh, he's, I'm like, what are you doing? And he, he's like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm cycling around the world. I'm like, so far I've been like 19,000 miles, four years on the road. I was like, he's like, ask me anything. I go, what the, f- what the fuck, man? He goes, well, I just had to come back here and get my bike and stuff. He's like, uh, he's like, what happened? I said, you know, they took over while I was gone. And then he's like, I needed my, this bike. I wore out my other one. So I came back here to get it. And I was like, so well, what you? he goes, yeah, that's what he goes. I knew I could cut, use the metaverse as a shortcut to go get my bike and, you know, pick up my extra bike. Cause he's like, they wouldn't drop ship it because they were mad at me for leaving. And meanwhile, I had stopped singing at this point because I was so irritated and they were looking and they started and they're like, we want you. Why, why'd you leave? And he's like, oh, my life of duty was boring. He's like, I want a life of adventure. And uh, they're like, who's going to who's going to lead us? You know, we're just a chorus. Who's going to sing the lead? And he goes, this guy can. And I said, well, no, no, nobody. I got commitments on the outside. I was like, first of all, I haven't even seen your kingdom. Kingdom. I was like, you you want me to run the heat heatizing operation? And he's like, yeah. And I said, well, what you? I go, what's your kingdom like? I was like, does everybody have bowl cuts? And he's like, yeah, you got your hair's perfect for a bowl cut. I said, as a matter of fact, I had a bowl cut for a lot of time. I was like, is a bowl cut hip in this universe? Will I get be able to meet other people? And he goes, oh no, you can't leave the castle. He goes, you know. He goes, you just, he goes, mostly you just get angry at the way people waste heat. And he goes, you know, bicker with my brother and fight over. And then mother yells at us and father time. And, and I was like, no, I'm no, thank you. Then I go, that's pretty much what my life's like, but at least I'm not stuck here. Um, and I was like, dude, I forgot to mention it the whole time, but I'm like, you've been, you had those socks on like the whole time you've been riding your bike, huh? I go, why don't you change your socks and wash your friggin' feet? And show some respect for some other people. And then the mini misers are clapping. And I'm like, right? I was like, his feet, his, his feet stink. And I was like, all you got to do is wash them. And that's it. And uh, the, the mini misers are like, he, the guy, he miser goes off to wash his feet and stuff. And uh, mini misers are like, well, what do you think we should do, man? We're not really cut out to run stuff. We're more, you know, henchmen. And we like you. And I say, yeah, no, I got enough problems. I don't need to be in charge of the heat for whatever multi-universes. And I was like, no offense, but uh, I don't even know if Rankin and Bass were involved or this was some sort of, I was like, is Paul Freeze in this? And they looked at me and they weren't sure. I was like, if you're not sure, I was like, what about Xavier Stencio or uh, one of the other guys, voices I like, you know, any of the nine angry men? 
And they're like, we could be the nine angry men. I was like, you guys are cute. Like, come on, sit in my lap. And and they said, well, we need to find a new guy to take care of us. And I said, well, well I know a guy. His name's Wreck-It Ralph, or just Ralph. And he, he seems perfect. I'm sure they're making a second movie, but he's probably free. I was like, he has a bowl cut, kind of more fuzzier bowl cut. It's like, he looks like you guys. He's real funny, good-hearted. And they said, well, how are you going to get a hold of him? I said, well, normally I put up like a Google ad, but Google just admitted like half the ads at service aren't ever even seen. And so I'm like, so I go, well, you know, boys, how about, how about this? How about we, uh, I'll go get him. And they're like, no, 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 we don't want you to leave until we have him. And I said, how about this? I'll just sing. And, and while I'm singing, I'll go get him. I'm Mr. Goodbye. I'm gonna leave. Gonna probably try and get Wreck Ralph, but if you think I am, it's the wrong thing to believe. And you guys just stay here and I'm out this door. Gonna go back and get some peppermint bark off the floor. You know, and I, I bolt and actually stole the heat miser's bike while he was washing his feet, but it wasn't. I only made it like one foot because it was like, not designed for my, you know, frame. So I fell off the bike. Then I ran dirt devils, fire magical dirt devils in pursuit of me. Of course, one had gotten there and melted the stairs. So no peppermint bark. I slid down the peppermint bark, which was now a slide, which was wicked fun. It dumps me off in the freaking garden of the bed and breakfast. And then I'm back where I started. Um, None the wiser for sure. Well, probably am the wiser. One, don't call people mini anything. Don't minimize henchmen. I mean, mising is just as important. Like everybody wants an adventure in their lives and wants to be riding around the world, but not everybody can. So that's the moral of the story is, uh, you know, uh, Peppermint Bark's freaking ripoff. That's the moral of the story. All right. So get a good night's sleep, and I'll talk to you soon. Night. Hey, you up all night, tossing, turning, mind racing. You have trouble falling asleep. You're welcome. I believe you are in the right place. I hope you're in the right place, because if you're not, you're in the wrong place. But this is Sleep With Me, podcast that's here to put you to sleep. We do it with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed. Turn out the lights and press play. We're going to do the rest. What do you mean we're going to do the rest? What does that mean? It means we're going to create a safe place where you can set aside any racing thoughts, any concerns, fears, resentments, angers, any planning stuff, any money. You know, Christmas, there's a lot of holiday uh, emotional disturbances or vibrational frequencies bouncing around. So I just want you to take a breath. Now remember all that stuff that's running through your brain. If you listen to the last episode, it's like a bunch of little um, mini-misers, or whatever the heat-miser minions are. We call them mini-misers. Let's just gather all those little guys up there. They're cute. They got like spiky orange hair, orange bowl cuts, little sweater, striped sweaters, and they're a little bit uh, husky. And, you know, you can push them, poke them, and they're soft. They're nice guys, but they got, like, all this crazy making going. So you just gather those guys. Come on, guys. Come on. 
Come on. And then be honest, they're not that bright. That's why this podcast works. You say, hey, come on, guys, gather around, get close. To, and they got good hearing. So if you have headphones on, they'll be able to hear it. Listen, this guy's say, come, come on, guys, gather around, c- curl up over there, curl up. This guy's going to tell us a story, a bedtime story. You believe it? You guys don't, no chattering. Everybody listen, get, get comfortable. And believe it or not, I make these, try to make the bedtime story just interesting enough to distract those thoughts, those, those minimizers, but boring enough that the main part of you, the, the like mission control part of you, higher brain, whatever the hell you call it, you can, you don't have to pay that much attention. Let the minimizers listen and be distracted. It's not going to be, story's going to meander like a freaking the most boring river ever made. It's, it's, it's semi, you know, it's like somebody she went, went on one of those Sunday drives and you're like, yeah, that was okay. I don't even remember if that was in what state it was. It could have been in Wisconsin or Maryland or South Dakota or Texas. It was just some river. There were some trees, bank, river banks, and it meandered. But it was it was pleasant, but I don't remember. That's how I could tell you. There was a river with curves. That's this podcast, a river with curves that you really don't have to pay. You'll be like, yeah, the guy told some kind of story, and all the mini-misers loved it. And next thing you know, all the mini were asleep. I'm cuddled up with the mini-misers. I thought they were my arch enemies. Turns out they're just a bunch of little guys that don't know any better. So I don't know if that made any sense. This podcast doesn't make a whole lot of sense either. And if you so just let me stop you right now. If you're not open to some nonsense, you know, you're, you're warned. This podcast is loaded with nonsense. I just put you through about three minutes of it. There's going to be a whole lot more. Ideally, you'll be asleep for it. But if you find that an irritant, I can say test out the podcast. It may not work for you. I hope it does. Give it two or three tries and then just go on your merry way. You'll hope, I hope you find something else. If you don't, email me. You know, I'll try to help you find some other, you know, way to fall asleep. But this is a podcast to distract you and lull you, bore you, meander you to sleep. Like you're floating down that river in a bed of waterproof warmth and, you know, like, like a riverbed. That's, you know, in a good way. I don't know. Tough metaphor to make. I don't even think I can make it right now. So that's it. We're on the web, sleepwithmepodcast.com. You can email me feedback at sleepwithmepodcast.com. On Twitter, at Dearest Scooter. On Facebook, Sleep With Me Podcast. And you can get a hold of me any way you want. Let me know what you think. Let me know your thoughts, your dreams, or your struggles, or just, you know, draw a picture, whatever. So that's it. I got some thank yous. I believe it or not, the little inside baseball here. I'm going to say I, I got some thank yous. I'm recording this Tuesday night. I record the thank yous tomorrow so I get in more people. And then the podcast comes out Thursday. So I say I'm going to do some thank yous. That's really I'm throwing it to a future me that's one day older and maybe wiser, maybe less wise. He's going to throw it back to me. And then I'm going to come in on the other end of the thank yous. Wrap your brain around that or not, no need to, because that's serious. That's the most boring form of time time travel ever is a podcast time travel for just segments. So that's it. And I, I, maybe I won't even acknowledge the time travel because I'll probably forget tomorrow and I'll do the thank yous. But thanks. Thanks for listening. I hope I help you fall asleep.
Uh, thank you. So, th- yeah, this is me. Well, going back to the old me from the future, but for you, I'm still in the past. Uh, believe it or not, the, few, the past me predicted I would be doing this on Wednesday night. And it's actually Thursday morning. Yeah, but time travel, boring time travel can be extremely boring. So that's, uh, thank you. It's Chris Posty Posterson, maker of our podcast music. Sir Scott, Lady Jennifer, responsible for our icons. Lord and Lady of the podcast, ruling over us with a deft hand. If I, you know, I think it, I have a general idea of what deft means and with a, a deadlier deftness. The defenestrator Nick Vancore watching over them as they watch over us. The silver tone of the podcast, Chris W. singing all the while. Uh, I, I presume he would be in the royal court. Um, did, you know, I guess, yeah, if I had a castle and I, you know, my life was different. I would probably have different, like I'd have a jazz club at the castle, definitely a few bars, dive bar, you know, clubs, maybe a dance club. I probably wouldn't go to, they might not let me in, but, uh, you know, I'd have fun stuff. Uh, That would be my old castle. My new castle would be pretty, pretty boring, but, but you know, that's this podcast too. So, uh, so that's the thank yous, uh, I want to thank Melissa G over at dailyzen.co.uk. That'll be in the show notes um, for writing a nice article about sleep tips that I talked about. I just want to, do- and, uh, you know, she included the podcast in her list of uh, resources for insomnia. So thank you, Melissa. I want to give a shout out to Podcast Pillow Fort, which said hi on Twitter, but I have not listened to the podcast yet, so I don't know. I think it's a podcast about podcasts, so I'm going to check that out. I want to thank Nina uh, for a comment. Nice comments on the website. Uh, Nina works the night shift. Big Baby over on Twitter. Abby, Adam, Paula, Catherine H., and a traveler. All uh, I think all on Twitter, and admit possibly every single one of those persons is because of Andrea G's taking the one listener initiative and taking it to the next level. Longtime listener Jokia McCall, Jokia, Jokia, Jokia. I always want to say Jokia, Jokia. Uh, either one probably is wrong pronunciation, but like a Jokia, Jokia. I'm joking around uh, for her email. Oh no, yeah, for her email following up. She's been a listener for a while, and the one listener issue might be what. Just if, if you guys know, be observant. If you hear one person that says, "Hey, I can't sleep," tell them about it. Or, you know, tell, you know, you know, put out a general feeler for insomniacs and let them know about the podcast. If it works for you, it might work for them, might not. So you could risk, uh, them, uh, you know, being like, what is wrong? You listen to that guy? Oh boy. But, you know, might not, who knows? Uh, well, as the Lord and Lady have taught me and you guys have taught me, it's important. It's, uh, nice to be important, but it's important to be nice as the, as the devil once said to, uh, the, the, the terrible, um, punch when he was cast down below into the underworld for his horrible crimes against humanity. You know, it's important to be nice. It's too late now for you, punch, but for the rest of us, maybe. So that's a, a pleasant thought uh, to carry on with. And if you have a chance to review and rate us on iTunes, that'd be great. 
Uh, I want to thank uh, Chris B over on uh, for his iTunes review. He says he listens to these every nap and night. He's amazing. And then I loves cats. Wait, yeah, I loves cats. I loves cats. Cats uh, says yeah, amazing too. I love cat. I loves cats. Loves so you know, and so does Tommen and other people. So and I loves use guys as uh with uh, you know with z's like if I, if i could shape a z that would also be an s like a heart i would do that for all of you <laughs> all right thanks let's move on it's uh tuesday night and on on when you're you're listening to an episode if you well as i'm speaking another time travel thing i guess is a you're listening to an episode tonight that had some a, a character from Christmas specials in it, but it wasn't a holiday episode. And I was like, oh, man, I was kind of going for holiday things, Christmas. And then I was thinking about the war on Christmas. Well, what, what, there's this whole war on Christmas you hear about. And I don't really know. Like, I hear him talk about it on The Daily Show, but I haven't watched The Daily Show in a little while. And I know the other some of the news stations are like, oh, this is a you know, but, but it reminds me of a, a story I once heard, a famous, well, I guess it's not famous yet, but it, one day this will be a famous Christmas story. Well, no, maybe not, but, but famous to me, well, I guess it can't be famous to me. It's a Christmas, how about this, a Christmas story I heard. I'm going to tell it to you, and you'll be asleep. Well, that won't help this story. I guess this, it's not important. Actually, maybe the, all this story wants is for one person to hear the beginning of it, which you're doing. And this is a, it was a, a story that has a famous title, The War That Saved Christmas is what this one's called. And it takes place um, more or less present day. Now, I don't know if and it might, you, might, you might hear the words war. You might be like, oh, no, which kind of is this like a because war is a terrible, terrible thing. Well, no, normally, which when it's between humans or between, uh, like fictional in fiction, war can be bad, like between, um, you know, interstellar uh, entities, or war between gods, or war. But, but this is a war. Uh, if it's a war that goes on behind the scenes. I'll tell you that much. And uh, the reason it takes place pleasant present day is for a while, like once upon a time. Uh, at some point, you know, the, and this again, this is going to press some buttons, but at some point, and I'm not aware, I'm not a historian, I'm not a, uh, the archivist of the Chris, great Christmas stories of the world, uh, at all. Uh, I just know this story. And obviously, if you listen, you know, I barely know the story of the heat miser and the cold, my, you know, cold guy, his brother. But before, if we back up, we don't back up to the religion days. So, you know, Christian, you know, it's all these religion things going on. Christmas is a Christian holiday, but there's also a lot of other cultures and beliefs celebrated this time of year as well. But this is unrelated to, to spiritual matters. This is, you know, war can be a spiritual matter, but in this case, it's not. So I don't, we don't, we don't need to talk religion. Uh, obviously, it's, we don't need to talk religion at bedtime. Not a political story. Most a lot of wars involve politics. This one 
does not. So that, that you don't have to worry about. What are the other third rails of bedtime discussions? I'm not sure. Um, but actually this is what's a war that you don't even have to choose sides because you might have already chosen a side and you didn't even know it. Uh, but what happened was at some point people started decorating for Christmas in more of a general way. They said, well, you know, I, I've got all that holy stuff and oh, I'm so respectful of the whole holy parts of the tradition. But how about some lights, man? Or, you know, or maybe some light salesmen. But I don't know at what point they started having mass market decorations. But at some point, somebody's like, hey, let's make these. Let's put them in stores. These are big plastic candles with a Noel on them. And they'll have one light bulb in the bottom. You'll plug it in. You'll put it out. Or you got this big plastic Santa. We'll paint his face. We'll paint him up. He'll light up. But at some point, probably 1950s to 70s, I'm guessing, was the first great wave because of the plastic, the advances in plastics. Now, long-time listeners are going to know the name Hans Zimmer Gorbelli from older episodes. And he was this uh, industrialist, inventor, um, mastermind type. And he was one of these guys behind all this uh, uh, plasticization of Christmas stuff. And not in a metaphorical way, in an actual physical. He's like, you know, this plastic's great. The snow doesn't bug it. You can, uh, it doesn't break easy. You could probably use it for like five or six Christmases. This stuff will, you, you know, we, we're getting down the painting of the plastic. Even at some point, they advance into plastics with colors on them inside the plastics. I don't know when that great advance was made. I think that was, um, uh, Lindy Two Toes was a guy's nickname that came up with um, um, putting dye in plastic. I don't know why it took so long for somebody to think of it, but, you know, Lindy Two Toes. I think his name was Bertrand uh, Gillian, maybe. It was from my, from one of, this is a, you know, war story. Stuff gets to the fog of war. You've heard about it. But anyway, that's the first great wave of Christmas decorations. You have your um, plastic stuff, uh, which Santas, Rudolphs, snowmen, Noel candles, um, fake chimneys, um, other reindeer, assorted reindeer, sleighs, elves. Oh, what else? I think that's about it. Um, you know, stuff that general broad appeal. Looks good. The stuff looks good. The Noel candles, you've seen them. And, uh, the Santas, you put on your roof. And then, um, you know, Gorbelli says, what, what, what if we get this shit lit up? And they start putting lights in them. And then at the same time, you got the Christmas lights. First, you have the bulb, one inch your bulbs, I think. And then you get into the smaller bulbs when they get the plastic, you know, the little the smaller bulbs. Then you get the blinkers. So that's your, uh, you know, uh, stage one decorations. And that stuff rules probably, again, my, my history, of, we'll say 1950, 1970 is the start of the, uh, uh, PC, PC, what is it? PCE, you know, plastic Christmas era. And, uh, it goes until probably has a boom, no bust. It is a no bust, uh, boom until the nineties. At least. 
So there's no, there's no technical bust to the, uh, what do we call it? The P, PC, Plasticine Christmas era. But what there is is a slow, as a slow decline. Now you should note that when it comes to Christmas decoration discussions, historical discussions, there's also, uh, you know, pre-LED, PPL, we call it. And, uh, you know, oh, it'd be post-LED. We just call it pre, I don't know. It's my first official and my TED talk will be in about 14 years about this when, you know, when this actually becomes relevant, when there's no more Christmas decorations because of the great purge of Christmas that Burgermeister was, uh, but anyway, we won't get to that. But so there's, this is, we're still in pre-LED, pre, pre, we're still in pre-LED territory here to be clear, but. We're not, this is not the Christmas light, but this is, we're talking about the, the war that saved Christmas. Get to the point. I can't just get to the point because, so plastic, so there's a slow decline during that plastic era. And what happens is, is the great light boom of the 90s, late 80s, 90s, where as the plastic decorations uh, slowly decline, just a love of Christmas lights booms. And which is interesting because it's pre-LED. But where people are like, well, maybe I won't buy too many decorations. I'll just do stuff with these lights. And you might see like National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation is was a celebration in a metaphorical way of Christmas light era of the light only. You know, he was, a, I believe, a light only person. And you have people doing these, you know, coordinated light shows and taking lights to the next level. Now, when you're looking at this in a historical timeline, which you won't be, which won't, I will not be doing, but there's a small bump, which I like to call the Williams and Sonoma bump, but that's just my, me, and that's just a critic of, you know, my critic side. What it really is, is the, uh, I don't even know if there's an initials for it, but it's like, I call it this white skeleton decorations. Which was like a, a higher end pitch at a higher end person that's like, well, I'm not, I'm not into these plastic Noel candle type Santa guys or just lights only. I'm looking for something that makes, you know, that says, Hey, I have a Lexus and I'm better than you. What do you have in that? And for a while there was, and then some brainiac said, well, why don't I do something that is, looks like a, we'll sell only white lights. If you want luxury. White lights, you know, you know, I don't think it was racial at all. I'm going to be honest with you. I think it was just more like I'm high end. I don't prefer, I prefer a unified, just boring white color. And this guy said, I'm going to take it to the next level. I'm going to sell you a white skeleton with white lights on it. That looks like some sort of uh, forest animal or, you know, and then, you know, slowly the middle class got into these, but it, it, it was more, this was not like a giant spike. This was like a small, uh, thing. So those are the skeleton type decorations, which were usually almost always lighted. And those were part during the great light boom. Those like kind of were, were, you know, made some inroads and then they just plateaued and they've continued on, um, you know, into the present day. But so there you had like, up until the aughts, maybe, maybe even late aughts. That was our Christmas um, decoration situation. Now, somewhere, I don't know, again, I'm not, I'm just an amateur historian. Not even, I'm not even a historian, I guess. I'm an amateur purveyor of uh, Christmas rumors and innuendos. 
But at some point, they came out the LED Christmas light, which in my humble opinion, and I, I just went through a bike ride, I just took a bike ride across Alameda, was, this is again, this history aside, a wonderful, wonderful thing for Christmas is these LED lights. They're brighter. Some people might say they're too bright. That's what old people say. The, these lights are great. But again, this isn't the LED Christmas light fan cast. That's another podcast I do that there's no listeners to. So I just do it to, to, to my, my dog, someone listener. Uh, the LEDs come in and that just continues a, a perpetu- perpetuation of the love of Christmas lights. And, and it's not like either or you're like, Hey, don't throw your old lights out. I mean, if they're not, if they're busted, do it, but otherwise you can. You can mix LEDs in your incandescent lights. You can do whatever you want. So that again, that just is part of the the Christmas light boom. You know, some plastic lights, some nostalgic. Um, maybe some markets get reintroduce uh, the old plastic Christmas decorations, and then everything changed. At some point, somebody was looking. Somebody probably a parent. Probably maybe a descendant of Hans Zimmer Gore Belly. I'm not, I can't put a name on it. Definitely somebody at shops at Costco. And that's not a pejorative way, just a fact. Is that a bouncy house party? Looking at these sweaty kids banging heads into each other. Maybe he's staying hungover. Maybe he's standing too close to one of those freaking fans keeping this thing afloat. And he's bored. And, you know, maybe his, maybe his life's unsatisfying. Maybe he's resentful, whatever. It's not me, okay? I know it sounds like me. <laughs> Believe me. But uh, I did not have to invent it because the whole rest of that's true. <laughs> Maybe. But uh, so this guy's there and he's like, man, I hate bouncy houses. There's a 100% chance my daughter's going to come out of here with a freaking cracked forehead, missing a tooth, or I'm going to get into it with a parent she, you know, kicked in the head his kid by accident but he's like these bouncy houses they're so enchanting and he's pushing on them he's like this is some thick ass plastic and then this guy's got some math going and he's like okay like how many voltitudes of ampeteers is this thing pumping out in wind power to keep this thing filled up how much is this tarp crap that they make these things out of way and he realizes that a much lighter weight material could be supported by a lighter weight fan. And he says, uh, you obviously can't bounce on that crap, but he's like, I can make some freaking Christmas decorations out of this crap and no one's going to bump any heads. They're just going to look at it. And within like two or three seasons, this guy becomes a bazillionaire, but well, actually, and then he's, doesn't because of course this idea was easily stolen and copied. I don't know patents, but obviously when it comes to decorations and patent wars, that's a, for another podcast at another time. But so he gets all, you know, boom, next thing you know, every third house that shops at Costco has got a giant Christmas tree or a giant Santa. And then they start, people are like, well, let's do a Godzilla with a present or, you know, let's, let's corporate, you know, let's, um, what do you call it when you use something, whatever, let's use some intellectual property from this thing. Let's make a couple. And then people get creative. There's, I've seen snow globes. They put some crap in there. And, uh, that's the next great boom 
not within, you know, within our lifetimes, our recent lifetimes, you see the inflatables boom, the uh, GIB, the great inflatables boom, GIB boom. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a Halloween one, but that's a couple, you know, cycles after the Christmas boom, I think. So that's, so those decorations start going up. And all of a sudden the lights and the plastics are like, and the uh, skeleton types are like, well, who the hell are these inflatable guys? And the inflatable guys are like, you know what, guys? Let's Christmas is for everybody. Inflatables, they're full of air, but it's not hot air. And they know, the thing about the inflatables is they look big, they look tough. And initially, there's like a lot of bad blood between the Christmas lights and the older decorations and these new decorations, right? Because they're like, who the hell? These things are noisy. They're big, whatever. But then they come to realize that these things, know they're just full of air. They said, power goes out. I go and I, I have no spine. I have no exoskeleton. I'm skeleton. I'm air. I'm just like an air illusion. And, you know, I could I just get to feel the glory of being fully inflated and alive at this Christmas time. I'm not here to do any battles against any other uh, Christmas decorations. I'm sorry that I'm stealing your thunder, but at least you keep your, you know, and the lights are like, dude, we only turn on when we're plugged in. We can relate to your pain. And it's like a wonderful moment where these new flashy decorations and the old ones and even the plastics are like, hey, man, like we got a nostalgia thing going. You guys are actually make people appreciate us more. And so, so in the last like five, six years, there's been this bliss. And then even the incandescent lights, initially the LEDs steal their thunder, but people, some people are like, those are so blinding. I just want the incandescents. And so, so everybody's happy. All the Christmas decorations are happy. And it's like a freaking utopia of Christmas cheer within the decoration community. And these decorations are giving each other awards, like the inflatables are giving out awards, like, you know, best deck, you know, this is going on in your neighborhoods at night, believe it or not. And I know a lot of you guys are probably like me, you're just a bystander. I don't even own a home, so I don't do much Christmas decorating. And I, I guess I probably would plan on doing it if I had a house. But I wouldn't, wouldn't probably follow through on it. So, but that, that's like one of the things that uh, Costco really aids this or, um, big box stores because they make it, you were a place where you could see any of these decorations and then buy it impulse, but at a whatever fair price or whatever. And these things will last forever. So we were living in a, for a very short period in this age. Well, we lived in a long age where Christmas decorations just got along and, and then we thought, you know, those of us who watch the, you know, portents, who listen to the ground said, well, was this, is there going to be some trouble here with these inflatables? There wasn't, you know, all the worst fears that we had with, you know, my patriotic Christmas decoration journal of heroes, you know, the zine I had for a while, which I was like, oh no, what, you know, what's next? And then I even said, I bought into this piece. I said, what are these, these, all these decorations are getting along great. No one saw it coming, folks. No one. Me first. I admit I was wrong. I admit I didn't know. I did not see the storm gathering. But it's like, and I don't want to point fingers at Costco or BJ's or Sam's or or anybody. But somewhere, 
deep in a bunker somewhere or a garage or a giant lab of decoration. Someone was like, this isn't good enough. And maybe it was because they loved Christmas so much and they're blinded by their love of Christmas. Or maybe they were pure evil hater of all current Christmas decorations. And, or maybe they were like, maybe they were like fired from the, because I mean, the once middle class, I mean, people like that listen to this podcast, lower middle class, like myself, middle class, you know, once we, the, the, the big middle, I guess they call it, you know, once people like that didn't drive really, like I seen in luxury cars did that where they say, Hey, you can buy one too. But anyway, once, you know, so those, the white Christmas lights, you know, rich people were like, well, you know, this, those skeleton things, they don't cut it anymore. Uh, this guy probably worked for one of those couple of companies. He got laid off and he said, well, there's something that plastic skeleton that's just been eating at me. So he got together, you know, some cabal of, uh, of masters of decorating. And I'll tell you what, this guy, he could have been, you know, curing diseases or saving the world or, but this person said to themselves, like, uh, uh, you know, this isn't good enough. These decorations don't cut it either. I love Christmas or I want to, you know, and he, the, and this, this person set, set to work, the scientist, this mysterious Christmas inventor. And they started, they said, uh, let me create a lightweight frame that's not inflated, that's covered in a light material that's, you know, nicer than these inflatables because it, you know, it doesn't have to be airtight because I'm creating a lightweight wire frame. It's not going to be plasticky. And we can make these freaking material out of sparklies. We can make it almost any color. It just doesn't have to be the colors that are airtight. And we can make shapes too, but they're hard shapes, like basically like a skeleton, an exo internal skeleton type thing. Like, you know, taking the best of what is human and crab and putting it in decorations and saying, we're going to stretch a skin around this and we're going to, you know, we, we can put lights in here. We can do whatever we want and we can, you know, we can shape these wire frames just as good as these inflatables, but at different sizes that aren't as intimidating and there's no noise. And then we can put motors in these things and they can open and close like little mailboxes or the jaws of a T-Rex or, you know, Santa waving, just like we remember those audio animatronics from the malls in the 1980s. And elves can, and so suddenly within the last two or three years, this, this madman brings to the market these new decorations and because there's the great Christmas cash infusion from Wall Street, you know, stealing our money Main Street, putting it to decoration, uh, you know, whatever R&D, the, the next thing you know, people are now faced with a choice. So, like, do you want the inflatables or do you want the uh, – um, I mean, the terms I use to describe to this era, well, I, I love these decorations, but I don't love who they are. But so these decorations are everywhere. This is the current era that we're in. And I'll tell you what, these decorations, they look good. They're shiny. They're colorful. They, they actually seem more alive than the, the, 
you know, they're, they're more engageable, I guess you'd say. I saw R2D2 and Yoda just yesterday and I looked in their eyes and I felt something. Now, what I felt was not real, uh, but, but, you know, they manipulated my feelings in a way to make me feel like, wow, this is R2D2 and I, I love him and I love Yoda and I love Christmas and I love stuff because they had presents and I love Christmas lights and Yoda had on a Christmas hat, Santa hat. And I think R2D2 did too. Next thing I know, these guys would have shot me down like Greedo if I had the, if they had the chance because these things, they roll in there and they poke in with the, once we go to bed, they're throwing their weight around and they don't even have any weight because they're made, you know, wire frames, but they're very pokey. And they're very ostentatious personality-wise. And they're more affordable um, a lot of the time. And they're bright. And people love them. They say, what are these inflatables? I don't know about, like, uh, but that uh, somewhat pixelated Woodstock is much preferable to the 10-foot inflatable Woodstock. And, uh, you know, I love it. And so in the last three years, as soon as the people go to bed, the Christmas uh, war has begun right right behind our very eyes. Uh, these decorations have said, no, we, you know, we've, we've had enough changes. We're not with these wire guys, uh, the WCE wire Christmas era that we're in now. And uh, we don't like that you have the best qualities of all of us. Uh, because, you know, and more because you have, you know, glitter and none of us have had glitter before combined with lights and combined with shapes and combined with licensing agreements. It's not fair. And the plastic guy said, what, what chance do we have other than people that are just holding on to something from their childhood? And those people aren't, you know, or people that want to be different. And, you know, we, we had that with the inflatables. We had a contrast, but now you're just going to, yeah. And then the wire guys would just, you know, poke holes in the plastic or push it down and laugh. And they would go through these neighborhoods, popping inflatables, uh, messing with lights even, which lights are like, we, we, you know, we've always, you know, there's never been a moment in the, you know, history of commercialized Christmas where we've had to take a stand against anybody, even other lights. You know, LEDs came in and we accepted that our bulb was going to burn out and some of us would make it and some of us wouldn't and that these are highly efficient and bright and that there would be still room for us in this new era. But you guys, and then they would just smash the bulbs and then they would try to smash the LEDs. They'd realize they couldn't do that, so they just cut the cords. They'd say, we got wire insides, man. We can cut we can smash. We do what we want. And even R2, I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but even like R2-D2 and Yoda, uh, the multiples of thousands of Yodas and R2-D2s and Stormtroopers. Obviously, Stormtroopers are bad, but um, and Darth Vader's. But the worst part was they were led by R2-D2. I mean, it was a not the real R2-D2, but, you know, parading around these neighborhoods, abusing and then finally it got to the point where the other decorations are like, okay, well, we just don't, you know, you're just going to, you're going to wipe us out. Like you're new, you're flashy, we get it, you're lightweight, 
you're affordable. You can, you know, there's other advantages as far as storage goes. You guys got the whole package. You're not noisy like the inflatables or, or terrifying to some children. And, you know, or, you know, you get dirty and then it's like, I'm not washing that snowman. It's covered in dirt. Just don't use it. So, but one day and the, the you know, another decoration is going to come and, and you guys are going to, so we need you to find some empathy. And they're like, there's nothing else coming, boys. You know, would you realize that, uh, you know, our lifespan is predicted to be, uh, you know, and then an inflatable would get mad and try to stop and it wouldn't work. And the plastic guys, the plastic, and that's when like the real fighting started because the plastic guys, like you'd have like an inflatable snowman wielding a plastic Noel candle trying to beat back a dinosaur, wireframe dinosaur, smiling, wielding a present, trying to crush each other. And then, oh, it's horrible, horrible. You got lights strangling, freaking, uh, you know, snowmen. Wire snowmen. You, and then you have lights, like the, the big bulb lights. They break off into two groups. The uh, LEDs go with the new guys. And then the, the classic light, which had, you know, the incandescent big bulb, which, you know, had solidly had its place and said, you know, there's room for all of us. That the, the LEDs, once the big bulb LEDs went with the, um, the uh, way wireframe, uh, once the, uh, you know, LEDs went with them, it was like, that's a line in the sand because, the, I mean, especially the incandescent big bulbs are like, we're not going to make it. And, you know, you guys better, the, the big bulbs are like, you guys got to, this is it. We have to make one last stand. This was last Christmas. Um, and I know a lot of you didn't hear about this because it's covered up. You know, it's a conspiracy for you guys not to know the truth. And that's why I'm breaking this story finally. And there could be retribution against me for telling this truth about Christmas decorations. But luckily, like I said, I live in an apartment, so I don't have, I have some Christmas lights. I think we're, and I have like 50% LED, 50% incandescent, no big bulbs, because the big bulbs I thought, but those are the, that end up being the ringleaders of both sides. And I don't, I mean, I don't know if you guys probably have trouble remembering last Christmas, but it was once like one in the morning hit, there's like stuff happening. And you might have thought a lot of people were like, blame it on the uh, rascals in the neighborhood, blame it on wind, blame it on global warming, blame it on, you know, the drunk guy running through your yard naked or whatever. But it wasn't, it was this terrible, terrible battle led by the big bulb LEDs and the big bulb candescent saying not, not all of us are going to make it. And I don't care what Motley Fool or these investor papers say about go big on all decorations. We're not all going to make it. And this is a war for Christmas basically. And finally these freaking, um, the, while the big bulbs are battling out the, the little bulbs, Especially the little bulb incandescents, you know, because they've had a history of trouble with the like, you know, unplugging it and the whole thing goes out. They know that they've been the closest to doom along like where they're like, okay, we know how much, you know, how much, you know, that we could be taken any time and never work again and be thrown away and never, never to be lit again. It, we lose one of us. We lose all of us. 
And that's what they started saying. But they didn't mean it as like on the sides. They meant it for everybody. But the only people that heard it were the LEDs because they were like, you know, what if some other LEDs could identify, maybe because they're lights, they could see light to light in some sense, like, because lights, those lights, especially they're the same size as human eyes. I'm not sure. I don't, I'm not, I'm not a Christmas decoration psychologist either. But so the lights got together, uh, in the middle of the day, cause that was the safest time to meet. And they said, you know, these incandescents said, you know, we can't, you know, can't lose any more of us, you know, we lose one of us, we lose all of us. Like, what if, and they say, uh, well, we gotta bring in, well, they say we gotta bring in the big guy, we gotta get a hold of him. And they say, what do you mean, the big guy with the white hair? And they say, yeah. And they say, uh, you know, both of them. And I say, yeah. And so I'm listening. So I'm thinking, of course, you know, Santa and Mrs. Claus or maybe Santa and Rudolph. No. And then they say, you know what? We should bring in that other guy that not everybody gets along with because I think that's it. And they, they're like the big three. And they're like, exactly. So the, I don't know. Again, I don't, I'm, I don't speak. I'm not a member of the United Nations and I don't barely speak English clearly. If somehow they get a hold of Clinton, they get a hold of Jimmy Carter, and they get a hold of W. Bush, and they say they meet somewhere in secret, undisclosed location. They say, listen, guys, you know, you guys are the, you know, you guys are like, you know, meet in the, in the mediation stage of your lives where you're supposed to be involved in making the world a better place. And helping people work out these problems instead of waging war or starting wars or doing stuff you're not supposed to or whatever you did, Jimmy, we don't remember because that was, you know, a while back. Uh, we, you know, now you guys are in the, you know, part of your life where you're fixing stuff, kind of. And then they all the presidents had a laugh and their lights didn't get it. They said, we need your help because we, we can't, we got these maniacs, these metal framed maniacs. They got glitter or like, it's not even the glitter. It's a glitter that's a part of their being and, uh, shiny. And we don't know when the shine's going to wear off. We can't wait around and they're not going to, they're scraping us. They're taking us out one by one. And we thought these friggin', you know, the inflatables were just annoying. But they're cowards, so what are we going to do? And the presidents, they say, don't worry about it. And believe it or not, for whatever your opinion is of these three guys, of any of them, these guys, they all love the holidays in their hearts, in their eyes. They all get teary-eyed, and they they think about their families and their children and all the special times they had, and they think about decorating or seeing decorations, and all these wonderful moments. And they say to each other, you know, we got to work this out because this isn't acceptable. Like, you know, we can't have a Christmas where, you know, because the lights are like, we're not going to make it another holidays. Uh, this 2014 will be the last Christmas for some of us. We don't know. We don't think, you know, we, we got to do something. And they're talking about, you know, pre-Christmas strikes on warehouses. Like that was the next solution with the big bulbs, the incandescents, because they weren't going to be destroyed. The presidents talk about it. They say, okay, well, we know we got, we got a pretty balanced approach here between the three of us. 
you know, I think we have a broad appeal. And the one thing we're all known for is our affability, our, you know, down-to-earthness, our ability to connect with people. Do you think we could do that with decorations? And I say, well, what's the, how, how can we not? You know, this is America, America or America or both. And they say, you know, this is worth, you know, and, and, you know, Bill's like, I can imagine what it is like to be a little tiny light, you know, with my one, only one more blink in me. And, you know, uh, Jimmy and, and Dubs are like, let's, you know, you're right. So they go, they start this. And again, this is stuff not in the news, of course, because I would be in the news. It would be boring. This part is so boring. I'm going to skip through it. But they go on this tour. Uh, they say it's a Christmas, uh, you know, uh, helpful tour of helping others and spreading good cheer. But really, they're going around the country. They're meeting with these different uh, representatives from different, you know, like nation states of decorations. They meet with like giant friggin' Frosty who says, you know, yeah, I work with inflatable snowmen of the East. And I think this was like a worldwide thing. Like I'm pretty sure like Tony Blair and Angela Merkel might have had their hand in this too, but I'm not positive. And I'm sure there was heroes in every country, you know, reaching out to these decorations and saying, what are you guys doing? And basically that's all it came down to was sitting down at these decorations. And maybe because the, the newer decorations are younger and they had less Christmas under their belt, they just need someone to sit down and say, what are you guys, what are you doing? You know, you're all here to bring Christmas cheer. It's the best time of the year. Okay? So let's celebrate it. Everybody's here. Christmas isn't here or whatever, okay? Every day is like a holiday. So come on. And, they, you know, they're like, what are you doing? You know, and first, you know, uh, maybe some of the wire decorations were a little um, standoffish or like, what are you talking about? You know, like, don't accuse me. You know, these, these, the other guys are jerks. But because they were able to come at them from three different uh, decorations directions with these three former presidents and say, you know, they, they were, they weren't even, they were playing good cop, good cop and good cop, but just like with different, you know, different cultural windows that they look through and sure. Yeah. Whatever you want to say, I, I know everybody has their opinion, but you know, they were able to say, let's just calm it down. Okay. Everybody take a breath here. Think about what you were made for. Were you designed I know you're a T-Rex that carries a present. I know you have a lightsaber, Darth, but you're not, you're not Darth Vader. There's like 10 million of you and you're, you know, you're Darth, you're a little Darth, you're same size as Yoda, Darth, exactly the same size. You're a decoration to celebrate the holidays. Same goes for you, T-Rex. And then they brought in the incandescent big bulbs and they said, what do you, you know, you guys have been around forever. And, you know, back when, you know, cords were made out of freaking some sort of material and not even plastic, all right? And I don't know if you, you know, and then they said, let's, they, they still couldn't get it. So they said, all right, here's what we're going to do. Uh, they said, they, they got a hold of like NASA 
and freaking all the internet companies. They went into like some NSA building 40 million grant stories underground because they got a hold of like freaking and not only Obama, but they got a hold of like Mitch McConnell and some of those other guys. I don't even know Bonner, John Bonner. And, um, I think even Dick Cheney was there to be honest with you. Cause I was like, this is it. We got to save Christmas. These presidents want it done. You know, Barack was like, yeah, let's get this. I love Christmas. You know, Sasha, Malia, they still love lights. I want lights. And so they said, throw every resource you got at it. And so they had this like marathon. I, and again, I don't know how the NS, the technology where they had every, all these Christmas decorations watch about, you know, cause they had nothing to do anyway. They're just, you know, when they're not fighting, I think that was another thing is they're so bored. And I don't know how they projected out of the NSA servers, but they were showing these Christmas movies like Christmas Story. You got Home Alone. You got Bad Santa. You got Elf. You got freaking, you know, the, the ones with uh, Ernest and the ones with uh, the tool guy, uh, Tim Allen. And you got other ones like my freaking, my favorite babes in Toyland. You got specials. So these get, and all of a sudden the decorations started to see what they had in common was, uh, you know, the relevance. They were only relevant at Christmas, just like these movies. And that was only a brief time of year that they could bring cheer. And otherwise they were locked in. And they said, and these guys are forcing us to watch these movies. It's like some sort of propaganda. And we'll, we'll act like we'll buy it. And then we'll, you know, at some point we'll just get the humans, but for now we'll all get along and bring Christmas cheer until it's time to rise up against the people that are keeping us. And they said, you know, and then they said, let's just play along. So then to remount the presidents and everyone was like, okay, I think we can all get along now. We see that this is Christmas time and we're just supposed to, you know, look good so that people can have joy and mostly memories, positive memories of nostalgia of like, man, remember when that freaking, uh, you know, whatever that elf was banging that toy with that hammer or that little fake, uh, you know, present came out of that mailbox and, you know, that was the best Christmas ever. And so that's what, you know, that all happened, you know, leading up to this Christmas. So this Christmas was saved by former presidents, the NSA, you know, people in Congress, president of the United States, Barack Obama, uh, like I said, John Bonner, Mitch McConnell, Harry Reid, I think, was involved possibly. I think even um, uh, Screw Libby up in Vermont or somewhere, he was helping out, you know, um, President Bush, President Clinton, President Carter, uh, you, you know, they were all involved. I don't know if they got a hold of anybody else. And uh, that's it. They, they worked together to save Christmas or save Christmas decorations. And in some sense, that's saving Christmas. Because, with I mean, let's be honest, and I'm not even being, uh, there's no hidden message here. Christmas decorations make Christmas better. And not all of us can afford it. Not all of us have a place where we can put up decorations. We can all appreciate them. And maybe now knowing, like I remember G.I. Joe used to say, knowing is half the battle. 
now knowing the history and the, the, the what's been lost and what we could have lost was all decorations or we could have just had one thing, those metal thing, the frame things. And one Christmas wouldn't have been bad, but then you would have been like, where the hell are all the non-LED lights? And say, well, those are gone forever. Well, wait, whoa, 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 we, we live in an age where you can't, yeah, no, those lights, remember, you know, they, they just all disappeared. And the same thing with those plastic Noel candles and the plastic Santas. What about the inflatable snowman? They, they, we still have bouncy houses. Why? Well, you don't remember. There's just, they stopped making them because the factories all closed down. And then you'd be like, well, that doesn't make any sense. Make, it's just Christmas. Just enjoy the decorations. Why do you always have to ruin Christmas over complicating things? And say, okay, honey, I'll just enjoy Christmas present. Yeah. I mean, I, how many T-Rexes and R2-D2s can people have in their yard, though? And just the big bulb LEDs. What happened to the little LED lights? Well, they got uppity with the big bulbs. and then. So imagine a world like that without a variety of Christmas decorations. And there's even ones that are new this year. Hopefully the piece will stay because I've seen ones that like project stuff. Uh, like swirling, like bubble. Not they're not bubbles, though, but they look like bubbles. And like you know, something from a freaking Pink Floyd show from 1960s, but in a cool like. So hopefully those decorations will get along and will maintain uh, a holiday. But when people talk about the war on Christmas, I want you to remember that this was the real war on Christmas. It almost cost us. Um that which we hold most dear uh, or whether I hold most dear is purple LED lights and then blue ones. And then those green ones are cool too. And then these new projector things are awesome. And a lot of other decorations are great or moderately good or less like better than irritating. Okay. So thank you. Christmas decorations for all that you do. I know you're unappreciated. Well, you're overappreciated. I guess this whole Christmas war came from you guys thinking too much of yourselves. So maybe the Christmas decorations that are listening can remember that, you know, you guys could have just wiped yourselves out fighting over who's best for dominance instead of being like, at least someone appreciates us. Uh, so don't get up at any Christmas decorations. I'll make you a deal. We'll make peace. I don't know what the president said to you, but. I'll appreciate you if you appreciate all the other decorations. And if you ever think about, you know, rising up against humans, I'll be, it's a bad idea. Okay. Just, let's keep peace because I'm, 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 you know, don't, don't mess with me and I will stop you. And I'm sure the presidents will too. We, we can't have decorations. So get that out of your brains and we'll just appreciate you. Okay. Like no one, regular people only have one birthday. You guys have from at least Thanksgiving to Christmas where you're appreciated. So it's like your birthday for a month and a half or a month. So thank you for listening. I hope you're asleep. Thank you, decorations, for decorating. And thank you, holidays, for holidaying. Thank you, inventors, for inventing the LED bulbs. Thank you, nostalgic people, for reinventing and keeping old decorations and for that bouncy house guy and everybody else. Merry, Merry Christmas. Uh, happy Hanukkah 
Happy Kwanzaa and all the other holidays. Thank you. Hey, you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble falling asleep, trouble getting to sleep? Well, welcome. You're in the right place. I hope you're in the right place. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. And we do it with a bedtime story. Tonight it's a trending Twitter, reditation, rending ritter, rending ruse days, reditations, or formerly known as trending Twitter Tuesdays. And uh, maybe that'll come back after the NFL season. Uh, it's Sunday night. I don't know exactly what time it is. I will when I pull out my phone. But I'm going to do, tell you a story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. We're going to do the rest. And what, did, what does the rest mean? What do I mean? I'm going to create a safe place where you can set aside any racing thoughts, worried thoughts, whatever's running through your brain, keeping you awake, distracting you, causing you anxiety, tossing and turning itis. So, you know, itchy, I get the itchy sometimes, um, whatever it is, I'm here to distract you from that. I'm going to tell you a story, and as it goes on, it's going to get a little bit less and less interesting or make a little bit less and less sense. Kind of ideally, uh, I just want you to listen to me, and I want you to get to that place that's like right between waking and, and dreaming and sleeping. And I want this podcast to kind of be like what holds your hand when you cross over uh, uh, so that you're not worried about whatever else needs to be worried about. You can deal with that stuff tomorrow in the morning. There's nothing you can do about it now. You just get in bed and get some rest and you'll be way better equipped. You know, get in bed, get some rest. You'll be way better equipped to deal with whatever it is tomorrow. You'll be fully um, present or mostly, you know. You know what I mean? I just want you to get a good night's sleep, to be honest. I've suffered from insomnia. I've suffered from anxiety, depression, and everything that keeps, you know, so I've, I've, I've been in those. I know I, I don't, I, I can relate to what you're going through, hopefully. Maybe not everything, but I don't know. That's all I want to do is dull you off to dreamland as, uh, my, uh, the, the silver tone of the podcast. Uh, once sang and I once said, I want to carry you off on the wings of pointlessness. So that's it. I'm glad you're here. I hope I help you fall asleep. If this is your first time here, welcome. Just try a podcast out, see if it helps you fall asleep. We're a little bit uh, sillier and uh, stranger than your normal uh, straight up uh, guided meditation or guru type uh, imagery thing. And that's if that's what you're looking for. I apologize. This is more like a goofy, your goofy younger brother's best friend. For some reason, you let him in your room, even though he had his first two beers of his entire life. And now he's just talking nonsense and you're listening to it and you're sleeping. I don't know how else to explain it. <laughs> I don't know. I guess that's unfortunately, that's uh, my calling. Your younger brother's best friend that has a crush on you. You don't like him, but he's got his first buzz and he's just going to eat, but he's got a soothing little thing going, amusing and soothing. And you're going to listen to it and it's going to make you, you know, put a little grin on your face, make you feel a little warm, protected, safe, because he's not really the, uh, you know, the dangerous bad boy type you're uh, into typically, Cersei. Um, that's it. We're on the web, www.sleepwithmepodcast.com. Uh, you can, um, 
find us there on the internet. <laughs> Email me, feedback at Sleep With Me Podcast. On Twitter, at Dear Scooter, on Facebook. Get a hold of me. Let me know what you think. Thanks so much for listening. Okay, so it's time for Rending Ritter Roost Days. And I've got my phone here. It is 6.04 Pacific Daylight Time. And I'm busting out my Reddit app. I actually use Reddit News as the Android app I use. And now that I've learned how to use it, I really like it. Um, so uh, I guess that's a recommendation. Now my phone's buzzing. I'm going to try to take some screenshots. I got Reddit fired up here. Nope, that didn't work. I failed too. I think I can know. All right, we got one, two, three, four. All right. So let me get my phone, um, screenshot. I'm a jig going. Screenshot captured. I guess I could do it in reverse. Why don't we do that this week? I'll do it in reverse too. Hey guys, uh, so I'm reporting back from the, uh, um, metaverse transverse way. You know, uh, been working out there trying to, ra- you know, raise extra money for Christmas time. Cause, uh, you know, I know it's Christmas time. It's the best time of the year and we're here to celebrate it, right? So I've been working out there and I gotta tell you, um, whew, Christmas villains are really downers at Christmas time now, especially, you know, because the movies get made about them and then time leaves them behind and then Christmas brings up all these, uh, bad, you know, so I've had a lot of work in a good way. I've been, you know, making, um, you know, living amends or whatever you want to call it with these guys, uh, helping them out. But they, they shouldn't actually be, they're, they're, you know, but it's like the Grinch hasn't been there, but you know, someone like the Grinch, Obviously, you know, we don't know the whole post, uh, Grinch, Whoville, um, maybe he had some, I don't, I don't know. I'm just imagining. But so talking to guys like that at Christmas time, they really need, they have trouble sleeping just like the rest of us. Just cause, you know, Christmas is, can be, uh, emotional time of year. And let's, so let's remember that. So I'll take a breath. <sighs> And I know this isn't, this isn't always helpful. And this is something your crazy Aunt Bertha does is like tell you that at least your life is better than, you know, this. At least you, you know, you might be single this year and you have that wart and you, you know, your puppy is, um, you know, but at least you're not, you know, you know how you, how she can be. But it's true that these villains, they go through a lot. Um, so I've been talking to them, uh, helping them fall asleep and I've just been working like a dog. I'll be honest with you. Uh, and, uh, so I was, uh, I was there and this morning I was at the, uh, I'd worked all night cause I had, they got me this, like, uh, a buzzer, um, wireless buzzer. I mean, it was a bad idea, but the, uh, you know, proprietor of the establishment said, Hey, you know, we got a lot of people that wake up in the middle of the night and you're sleeping, you know, after, after one o'clock. And what am I paying you for? I said, you ain't paying me. He said, well, what am I allowing you to harass my guests for? 
And I said to help them sleep. He said, exactly. I want to get my money's worth or my, you know, harassment's worth. So he said, I had this mad scientist here. And I said, well, what Christmas special is he from? I don't remember a Christmas special. He said, it's yet to come out. And I said, hmm, interesting. Christmas mad scientist. And he said, don't worry about it. It's a, a proprietary or indie. And I said, would you, was it in the Sony leak? He said, no, that's not even on Reddit right now. And I said, well, I just, you know, I was, you know, and he said, anyway, I got you that he designed this buzzer. You wear it around you. He goes, have you, did you see, uh, um, Looper? I said, of course. I love, he said, yeah, I loved what Looper. He said, it's kind of like that. They got a little froggy. He goes in, you squeeze it and it'll buzz this thing around your neck. And I said, how come I don't have a frog around your neck? He said, cause you'll look silly and we don't need to be. And I said, all right, man. And so last night, it was the first night, and I was getting buzzed the whole freaking night. I don't even know how many rooms are in this bed and breakfast. Too many, in my opinion, because it was like, and then I'm like, you know, I'm curious. I'm telling stories, but I'm trying to make out who's in the room. I'm like, is that, uh, what is that? I was like, is that your nose or, or, uh, or are you erect and sleeping, you know, uh, you know, we're feeder at that. Wait, no, you're, you have, uh, so, um, distracting night. And, uh, then I was at, the, so then I went straight to breakfast and I said, you know, just like I said earlier, I said, oh man, I'm looking, working like a dog. I was talking like that gruff. So I need some coffee and there's guy passing me his coffee. Guy I didn't recognize he was gray skinned. Um, definitely not from the human world or from, I was like, maybe he's even from another universe. It's Christmas movies. And then I was a whole, you know, mental hole. I should have been going like, whoa, what was it? Wait a second. Is there Christmas in any other universes? You know, what's the, uh, religious vibration transactions or whatever you want to call it. And, uh, he looked at me, said, you say working like a dog, eh? And I say, yeah, he said, what are you having for breakfast? I said, uh, a uh, French toast savory sandwich. And he said, that sounds disgusting. And I said, well, to many people it is, but I was like, I'm exhausted. So, you know, it's French toast with uh, eggs and sausage and bacon and um, biscuits and gravy. And I'm not even going to eat it because you're right. I wish I never made it. And he said, well, it would be rude not to eat. And I said, you're right, I'll eat it. And he said, yeah, working like a dog, you should have dog food. And I said, are oh, you right? And I was like, oh, you're thinking about that, man. I'm like, explain to me, ELI, five. I'm like, you know, dogs eat dog food every day. And it's like everything they need, right? My dog, she likes this dog food. I get it at Amazon, which is nice because it gets delivered right to the house. And it has everything their bodies need. Why isn't there a human equivalent to dog food? And this guy looked at me. And he shook his head and he snorted and he said, well, because people like you wouldn't eat it. You'd be making savory sandwiches. And then you, he's like, because you, you, and I, I said, he's like, you made a sandwich of perfectly good food separate. And now you're going to try to eat them together and you refuse to eat it. And now you're forcing it down, making that face. And, uh, and I said, uh, I just kept eating my food. I said, calm down, man. You're working here. This isn't a place to go crazy on this guy. You don't even know what universe he's from. And uh, I said between bites, I said, you know, I hope you have a Merry Christmas. 
And then the guy kind of looked at me like, I, you know, that was hurtful. And I said, I hope you have a wonderful New Year's and the Christmas cheer. I was like, I hope you hear the sounds of joyous children singing and laughter of children opening gifts and, you know, families laughing and singing, holding hands of pure joy, a sonic joy crosses over and fills your eardrums. And, uh, you know, and that guy starts gripping. He said, grabs a butter knife. And I said, don't do it, man. I said, I'll, I'll, uh, give you a face full of, uh, savory French toast sandwich if you even try to, uh, butter, butter my, you know, butter my grill. And he said, uh, he said, you're no Seth Rogen. And I said, oh, you like Seth Rogen, eh? He said, yeah, he's hilarious. I go, I agree. I go, I'm really happy for him that he, uh, he seems like he was dedicated to his writing and his comedy and his acting and directing. And he followed through and followed through, kept trying stuff out, taking risks. And it seems like it paid off for him. And he's like, exactly. And he goes, you know, Seth Rogen has, and he's like, you know, that's Sony. Like he goes, I finally found out Seth Rogen thanked Amy Pascal for having the balls to make the interview. And I said, you know, don't, I don't mean to go on an unrelated tangent to, you know, our argument previous, but I was like, you know, I was thinking, because I saw that uh, preview before a movie recently for the interview. And just before I saw it, like days before I was pining away the days when there was a Chevy Chase, Dan Aykroyd, you know, combo. And you could see it like around Christmas time and, and there was an enemy, communist enemy for them to goof around with. And I was like, I was thinking of spies like us. And then I was like, man, they don't make movies like that anymore. And then boom, I go to see, I think it was Interstellar probably. I see the uh, interview. I had heard about it, but once I saw it, I was like, holy mackerel, this is different than spies like us, but similar enough with new, like, comedy oh i'm so happy i can't wait to see that movie i said i'm sorry i uh i tried to hurt you with christmas joy and he said i'm sorry i tried to shame you for your shameful eating actions and i said well thank you for shaming me because i ate my whole breakfast and now i'm satiated and i'm gonna go for a little walk in the uh, english style garden and hope find somewhere to curl up and and sleep hopefully and he said well um, I hope our paths never cross again. And I said, well, they will, because I'm intrigued of what, when, you know, where you're from and what you've done. I was like, are you the mad scientist from the, uh, uh, unreleased Christmas, you know, special? And he said, he just laughed. And he said, do I look like a scientist to you? And I said, that's a trick question, isn't it? And he said, it may be a rhetorical question and not a trick question. Do you know the difference? And I said, is, is that a, that, I was like, is that a trick question, a rhetorical question, or an insulting question meant to degrade my intelligence? And he goes, no, to describe it, to illustrate it. And I said, listen, I got to get out to the garden, man. Thanks for, uh, being you. And thanks for being a Seth Rogen fan. I'm a Seth Rogen fan. You're a Seth Rogen fan. Who would have thought that a, a young man I saw who talked about his love for Albert Brooks and one day maybe, um, you know, uh, living up to a mantle of someone like Albert Brooks could actually, you know, f do it. And, and, and this is still a young man and we can still see, 
uh, what is yet uh, to unfold from his potential. And he says to me, he says, uh, Pirate Bay shutdown has had virtually no effect on digital piracy levels. And I was like, as a, does that mean you're like, so are you the evil scientist from the movie? Are you the Sony scientist and mad scientist? Is that a rhetorical statement? Am I supposed to, cause I don't want to steal your movie. I want to wait for it to come out or special. And, uh, is there Sarah Lee ads or whatever was little Debbie ads during it? And he's looking at me and, uh, he says, uh, you'll, you'll, you'll be ready when it comes out. And I said, okay, man, uh, I got to go to the garden. So I go out to the country English garden of this bed and breakfast and I open the doors and it's like that time of day in an English style country garden where the, uh, the air is almost heady with, uh, nectary smells of garden where the dew has gotten, um, um, subliminated or whatever you call it by the heat, humidified. And it's like the air's got that moisture in it and the sun is just nice and 1045 a.m. ish, north facing, northeast facing. I'm not sure. And I'm strolling through the garden. My head's buzzing with, uh, tiredness and, and confusion. And I started uh, running my hands across some of the flowers and the bushes and feeling the wet, warm water across the bushes. And then I catch something out of the corner of my eye, like, uh, like fake blush cheeks, particularly fake ones with like the circle, just the red circle at the top of the cheek. And then I look again and I'm like, uh, wait a second. Is that like a, some sort of uh, one of those guards, beef eater, beef eater guard. And I'm like, oh, maybe this is like a, like the part of the garden, like the uh, sculpture type garden. And then I look again, I don't see anything. I'm like, I could have sworn I saw those fake, you know, cheek blushes that, you know, you see on uh, my wooden dolls and cartoons, old fashioned cartoons. And I was like, oh, well, okay, well, keep going here. Make my way past the garden, and there's a big pond in the back. And there's a couple of guys near the pond, a couple of uh, guys I can't mention, you know, top secret villain types. Not, you know, cartoony villains uh, made made from rocks, but humanoid, rock humanoids, rock candy humanoids. That's all I can say, because otherwise you, you, you know, well, I can't figure out what movie they're from. Again, I'm like, is this one that hasn't been released yet? Are they hiding you guys out? Is this, how is this related to the Sony hacking? I don't know. And I say, what are you guys doing? They say, we're, we're having a duck battle. And I said, well, what do you mean a duck battle? And they say, we're, we're having a PID duck battle. And I said, PID, what the heck is that? And they said, uh, they say power and ducks. The other guy says, PID control is the coolest thing ever. And they said, what do you mean? You're powering ducks. Like, and they see these ducks are having like races and, uh, like through slaloms. And I say, are those real ducks? And they say, no, 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 they're remote controlled ducks. And they said, well, are they real? Like, were they formerly ducks? And you made, and they're like, no, 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 they're robotic power index, like, po- not, not power in ducks. 
like power and ducks. That's the brand. And I said power, P-O-W-E-R-I-N with a single apostrophe, whatever, that, not apostrophe or quotation mark, the other thing. And they said, yeah, power index. And I said, wow. And I said, do they fly? And they said, you know, you need a, you know, you need a freaking upgrade to do that. And they said, we're just racing them around. And I said, would you guys get your presents early? And I said, they said, we took them out of the box inside. I'm like, what, what do you mean box inside? Aren't those toys for, uh, for, uh, oh, toys for terrible people. So, and you're terrible guys. Um, okay. And then I catch again out of the back corner of my eye, something moving. And I say, listen, guys, I got to go investigate something. And I see a beef eater style helmet on those wooden, uh, what was that? Woolen. I don't know what, probably made out of buffalo hide at one point, but you know, black, tall thing, try to go behind the shed and I pick up the pace. I say, Hey, 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 Hey. I say, you behind the shed. What are you doing back there? And the guy says, Oh, me. And I say, Yeah, go to somebody back there, isn't there? There's nobody back here but me. And I said, okay, let's, let's, let's go. I say, hey, let's save the slapstick for another show, buddy. Come on out. Nobody here to hurt you. And who comes out from behind this freaking thing but one of those nutcracker type, um, dudes from the nutcracker or like a nutcracker or whatever. And, uh, he says, I say, what do you, you go, I go, what are you, a nutcracker? And he say, yeah. I said, what the hell are you doing here? And he said, I'm, uh, you know, doing a little R&R. And I said, you're a nutcracker. And he said, exactly. And I said, uh, well, why, why are you here? This is a bed and breakfast for villains and, you know, cartoon bad guys. And I don't remember, you know, the, uh, babes in Toyland, you guys were good, but you were a tool of evil. I'm like, is there something I don't know? And he said, Oh, do you mind if I ask you a question? And I said, Uh, what are you like? What are you, a reporter? Because no, I just had a question. He goes, You know, because you story snippet asks, Our Ireland, which Irish person is the biggest ride? And I said, Biggest ride? He goes, Most attractive. And I said, What way? I said, Are you talking? I said, Are you talking in some other one? And says, What you story snippet? I said, what, what, what? And he goes, I was just trying to distract you to change the subject. I figured I'd talk some gibberish. And he goes, it didn't work, did it? And I said, no. And he said, well, he goes, how about this? One of my lecturers has just published a paper on why bees and wasps are dying out in the UK. How about I just give you that speech and, uh, and, you know, we'll we'll call it even. And I said, no, man, we got to take a trip into the metaverse and figure this out while you're here. Do you know why you're here? And he said, uh, well, yeah, I'm, I'm here. Me and, uh, I got, I'm here with somebody and we're trying to work stuff out. And I said, what, the ballerina? And he said, no. And I said, the teddy bear? And he said, no. And he said, are you just going to go through? He goes, are you familiar with the nutcracker? And I was like, no. I go, I, I go, that's why we go go in the metaverse. I got to get to the bot. I go, is this in some, is this nut related? I go, is there a universe of nuts and they're out to get you? And he said, uh, possibly. He goes, that's one thing, but he goes, that's not why I'm here. And I said, well, I, uh, 
go, well, let's go, man. Let's uh, take a trip in the metaverse and see what we can find out together. What do you say? And he said, I don't, do I have to? And I said, yeah, you do. Because uh, I said, I'll tell you what, those rosy cheeks of yours tell me that you're a man made of wood with a heart of gold. And he said, really? And I said, of solid gold, but in a metaphorical sense, as well as a true sense. And I need to protect you, you know, because the guys back there, they might try to take your heart if it's really a heart of gold. And he said, you're lying to me. And I said, you're right. I said, I mean, not about your heart, though, about the guys. I don't think, but come on. So we take a walk down in the metaverse. You know, past the swimming pool, out through the back grass, towards like the edge of the woods. And then I tell him, I'm like, you know, last time I came out here, I was really hoping that uh, the metaverse, a transverse uh, plane or whatever they call it that we're getting into, was going to be made of uh, peppermint bark. And he said, oh, man, because uh, my girlfriend loves peppermint bark. And I said, really? Peppermint Patty, you're not here with Peppermint Patty, are you? And he said, no. And I said, yeah, that would make sense, like that she would like Peppermint Bark. And he said, who's Peppermint Patty? I said, no, you know, never take too long. And uh, I said, well, I go, I doubt that it's going to be Peppermint Bark. And we get out there and there's like literally, like normally the metaverse is like kind of like a transitionary like place where you got phases of uh, swirling mist type stuff. But we walk through like a little bit of that, like a white kind of white and red tube. And the next thing you know, we're in this ball and people are dressed in these beautiful gowns and, and fancy outfits and they're doing ballroom style dancing. And I say, what is going on here? And he gets really excited. He's like, fire on ice. He goes, fire on ice. This is the fire on ice ball. He goes, this is being photographed by Pi Shock in Iceland. It's like the photos are going to be like 1800 by 1054 OS. And I was like, whoa, wait a second. You're a ballroom dance person and a photo. I'm confused. I thought you were a nutcracker. And he says, no, 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 this is a big ball. I'm like, well, what does that have to do? You? I was like, is this part of your story? And he goes, well, what, tell me what you remember of the Nutcracker. And I said, I'll tell you what I remember, but you're not going to like it. And he goes, well, go ahead and tell me. I go, I remember being a little, a little boy, um, not super little, but under fifth grade, I'd say. Maybe let's say I'm second or third grade. He goes, okay. And I remember my mom uh, took us to see the Nutcracker, probably a kid's version, maybe not. And uh, I go, uh, I, I go, you're nuts. I go, he goes, okay, keep going. And I said, I remember, uh, no offense, but I was like, I didn't think, I didn't like it. I didn't like we had to sit in these seats. We had to wait. There was like, uh, I don't know, I remember being fidgety. And he goes, you look fidgety. And I go, yeah, I'm a fidget. I go, Nanya. I go, now I just fidget with my mind. And he goes, eh, that's, you know, worse. And I say, uh, but I, I was like, I, and then I, I said, uh, I couldn't follow the plot. I was like, I'll be honest. I don't know if I wasn't paying attention. I go, I was having some anxiety. 
And then I go, then I, I see this girl, woman in, um, uh, what is it, pink or purple? I think purple tights. And I don't remember what she did, but she was, uh, she reminded me of, uh, Daphne from Scooby Doo. And I'm pretty sure I might have had my first, um, you know, um, uh, nutcracker, you know, wooden nutcracker. Not nutcracker. Well, some sense. I go, are you with me? He goes, keep going. I was like, and she was dancing around and I was thinking of her and I was thinking of Daphne and her legs and it was, a, I was in heaven. And, um, and so that's what I, that's what I remember about the nutcracker. Um, and then you're in it and I'm pretty sure there's a teddy bear and some kids, probably bratty kids and something, I think it's a dream. The whole thing's a dream. So you're, you're just a dream. You're not real. You're just a dream. And, uh, he starts to cry, of course, typical of these types of stories that I, you know, get in myself into. And the whole ball stops and everybody's staring at me, the entire ball. I mean, this is like, not just like a minor league dance. This is like one of those grand balls. And, uh, everybody's staring at me. And then someone says, uh, what'd you do to the nutcracker? And I said, uh, told him he was a dream. And they said, that's not allowed. You know, what are you doing? You can't do that. It's not even true. And, uh, I said, uh, I said, no, 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 no. I wasn't trying to hurt him. I was just trying to tell him. He asked me to describe what it was. And, and I said, listen, man, we got to get out of here. These people are starting to grab like ice sculpture parts. Like this one lady broke off an arm or something. And then they had some guy lift up. There was for some reason there was like a SpongeBob ice sculpture and these two dudes in tuxedos grab it and they get, they, I'm like, come on, man, nutcracker. We got to get out of here. I can't leave. I can't, you know, I, I'm not allowed to meta transverse plane or whatever without you metaverse. Come on. And I was like, I'll, I'll sue with you. Don't worry. I'll sue with you, man. And I'm like, come on. And then these guys come at me with this SpongeBob, uh, ice sculpture and they're like, then like we're going to destroy you spongebob squarepants's creator stephen hillenberg's returning the show in january and they throw this thing at me i dodge it i grab it uh uh, what is what's his name i don't even know his name nutcracker and we bolt we bolt through some door like right as we're running i grab one of spongebob's legs i slam the door I stick SpongeBob's leg in so they got, they can't open the door. They're pushing on it. He's still crying. I say, listen, 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 man, calm down. Serious. What are some crazy things scientists used to believe? And he goes, what do you mean? I go, like, what, whenever in the nutcracker universe, what are some crazy things scientists used to believe, you know, that you've learned weren't true? And he said, well, that, uh, all teddy bears are good. We learned that. He goes, he goes, there was a theory when I was a child that all teddy bears were good. And then, you know, there was a teddy bear uh, takeover. And then we learned the uh, extent of the uh, madness of some teddy bears. And I said, okay, like something less depressing than that. And he said, uh, uh, and he goes, he goes, you know what? I hate double standards. He goes, why is everything got to be either good or bad or uh, and I go, I don't know if that's a double standard. He goes, well, what do you mean? I said, 
well, all, all teddy bears, it only be a double standard if like, uh, huh, I was like, I'm not good at these kind of things to be honest with you. And he goes, well, I'm, you got to help me. He goes, otherwise I was like, SpongeBob legs about to break. He goes, I'm not running until you explain to me what a double standard is in a clear way. And I was like, oh man, um, uh, would be like if a nutcracker said that, uh, only nutcrackers could crack nuts and then he used something else to crack nuts or only nuts could only be cracked by nutcrackers. Like the king of nutcrackers said, only I declare as king of the nutcrackers for the good of all the people, for the safetyness and fairness of all the people who have nutcracker or land that only nutcrackers shall crack nuts and no nuts shall be cracked by anything but a nutcracker that is with a, you know, that looks like you and that has cheeks of rose with in a circle and, you know, a beardy beard and that thing on your chin and a stupid crown or, you know, whatever the heck you got on your head. Uh, wonderful stuff. Uh, and then this nutcracker, he just, uh, used a hammer to crack his nuts. And he said, uh, I think you've confused me more. I said, well, uh, what do you mean? I thought that was pretty clear. Uh, he, he said, you know, everybody do it this way, but then he does it another way. And he said, oh, okay. And he said, I got a confession to make for, to you. And I said, well, can we get running because, uh, or can we get moving? Cause the uh, SpongeBob's leg just broke. And he's like, okay. So we start running down the street. I looked down, I realized the street's made from, uh, graham crackers. And I'm like, huh, I gotta tell you what, uh, nutcracker, let's flip some of these over. I just got a little theory and we flip them over. It takes a little bit of pulling. I realized just like my suspicion, my gut told me there would be, uh, They'd be held down by marshmallow. So we flip them over and then we flip over, you know, about six or seven on the keep running. All the suckers from the ball, uh, they get caught up in the uh, marshmallow. They get stuck. So they, they, they don't catch up with us. We keep running. We get into some type of, we go over a couple of hills and we, we definitely are entering some sort of candy. Maybe not candy land situation, but a candy type universe because there's like trees that are Christmas candy in particular because I see like candy cane trees. Right. Well, I see like candy cane. I guess they're not trees. They're like candy canes, but they seem to be growing or they're just implanted in the ground. And then there's a uh, signs are made from Christmas cookies gingerbread house village off in the distance and i said well, what were you what did you want to tell me nutcracker and he goes uh, a couple of years ago I, I wandered out of our universe uh during a, a ballet like the one you were talking about and he's like the reason i started crying was because that reminded me he goes i snuck out during a performance and you know into your world and he's those uh, i went backstage and they had like a tablet thing you know i've heard you guys talk about it when I'm spying on you and he goes, I started watching this movie about a tire gone bad. And I said, Oh, I've seen that, uh, uh, trailer. It looked crazy. Like it was called like rubber or something like that. And he goes, yeah, yeah. 
And he goes, but you know, I, I don't have a lot of, I'm, I don't have a lot of savvy when it comes to that stuff. So he's like, I decided that I wanted to become a, a he goes, I wanted to go on a, a road spree and, you know, steal stuff and break stuff. And, uh, I said, well, why, why? And he said, well, it looked fun. And I said, well, that, I was like, it just, it's just a movie. And it was a tire doing it. So it was like kind of like a joke. And he goes, yeah, but it was so well done. I go, well, it looked really good in the, uh, in the trailer. It looked funny. And I said, well, what was the motivation? Were you mad about something? Were you, were you missing something? He goes, yeah. Cause you see, I was in love. Cause I was in love with someone with purple tights too. And I go, the, the, the girl, was she the ballerina? Or what? Is that standard purple tights or was it just a, he goes, no, I was in love with Daphne from Scooby Doo. He goes, cause one time there's a crossover type thing and he goes, one of the villains escaped here with her. And then they came and rescued her, Scooby, Scrappy, Fred, Thelma. And I go, Scrappy sucks, man. I was like, did you say Scrappy was with them? And he was like, uh, I don't know. He goes, it was uh, um, one of them. And I was like, was it the many adventures of Scooby to the do? Or the new adventures or the movie? He goes, I don't know, man. But he goes, I loved that Daphne. He goes, as soon as I set eyes on her. The perfect mix of purples and red and beauty. And I said, well, she's, she's a lovely lady. I can, I can relate. I can totally relate. I was, you know, imagining that this ballerina was a combination of Daphne and the ballerina and, you know, a human, not a cartoon. So mine's not weird, but I guess it's not weird for you because you're not a human to fantasize about a cartoon. Because I guess in that world, she would have been real. And he's like, she was realer than anything I've ever seen in my life. And I was like, okay, so then you started committing crime after you saw this movie because you were in love with Daphne. And he goes, yeah, I figured I'd work my way up to uh, some sort of, you know, he goes, I finally found this uh, abandoned horse ranch. He goes, it was called Skyrim. And I was like, oh, that's like Skyfall. He goes, I don't know, maybe. And I made it into like a, a dude ranch, you know, like, like Nutcracker Dude Ranch. And it was like a Skyrim Nutcracker Dude Ranch. And I was like, okay, uh, it's confusing. And he goes, it was for cartoons. You know, you know, he goes, that's where he goes, believe it or not, I'm sorry they hate Scrappy, but he's like, that's where we, you know, he's like, we find like a foster for foster cartoons and he's like scrappy was one of our first clients and uh he's like we, we know we found him as a baby a little tiny baby puppy and he goes we nursed him up he goes you know we, we had him as a little puppy and he goes we raised i raised him as my own and i was like that must have been confusing for him that you were a nutcracker uh was he afraid of you and i was oh first first but no yeah, no no, he was, that was all he knew. And then, you know, we, I started hiring people. I go, this story's really weird. Nutcracker. You were in a life of crime and then you, you started a dude ranch. And he goes, yeah, time's different in our world, man. And I said, okay, anyway, back to your story. And he said, so I raised Scrappy until he was a pup. And, but he was like, I made him into a, I said, I want you to go. And we'll make up a crazy backstory about Scooby 
and, you know, Chester Dew or whoever, and you'll be Scooby-Doo's cousin. And I told him all about it. And then I said, one day you'll bring them here for, uh, you know, a crime to investigate, you know, and you'll say this is where, you know, this will be like your return. And uh, he goes, so that was my plan. And I was like, okay, let me, so you, you gray scrappy, and he was going to be your inside agent with the Scooby-Doo team. And he goes, yeah. And he said, then you sent him out. And eventually he's going to bring him back to investigate something at your dude ranch. And then you were going to get Daphne somehow. I was like, exactly. That was my plan. And I said, were you going to be a ghost or was he going to be haunted or uh, um, 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 some sort of monster? And he goes, well, I was just going to be myself. He's like, I was going to be this nutcracker uh, that, that had gone uh, bonkers. But then he's like, I was going to frame Fred. And I was like, whoa, whoa, did you already do this? Cause I could be in on this. And he goes, exactly. He goes, that's exactly why I pulled you out of the rear universe. He goes, I want you to help me frame Fred so that I can, you know, make Daphne my betrothed. And I said, dude, I was, I was only kidding. I mean, I wasn't kidding, but I was like half. I go, you're not, I go, listen, man. Um, let's, let's have a talk, have a seat, not cracker. Uh, you know, let's pull up a couple of these gumdrops. And so we pull up a couple of gumdrop seats and we have a beautiful vista of this gingerbread town. There's a giant sun of some sort of, uh, like a sweet and sour ball setting over the horizon. Snow, like confectioner's sugar falling. And I say to them, I'm like, listen, man, I will, um, you guys, like, you're not a bad guy. I don't know why you, you think you had to turn to a life of crime to find a woman to love you. I go, you're, not, you're a nutcracker. You just got to crack nuts and do that silly stuff you do in your play. Whatever it is, don't you just like dance around, right? You're like a, up. And he goes, no, no, they switched me out for a ballet-type dude at that point. And I said, but what about your own universe? And he said, yeah, there's ballet dudes in our universe, too. And they're the ones, you know, that are, you know, that have the moves. And I said, isn't there any women that eat, eat a lot of nuts or that need protection from round creatures in your universe that you would be, like, their hero? And he said, there's no Daphne like that. And I said, listen, man, you can't, I go, I still don't even know how you got a dude ranch, but you can't do this. And I was like, you don't want to get mixed up with the framing Fred. I mean, we've had all sorts of problems in our world right now with this line between police and crime. I go, Wisconsin just passed this law requiring an outside investigation when police are involved in an incident that results in death because people are so worried about uh, covering, there's like stuff about cover-ups and then, you know, people are like, you're supposed to be the ones protecting us and you're hurting people. You should be open to stuff and everybody's worried about covering for themselves or protecting themselves instead of caring. And I was like, I was kidding. We can't frame Fred 
What about Fred? What would Fred think about it? You know, our job's to help other people and protect them, not cracker and cracking nuts. I could, do you actually, are you a functioning nutcracker? Maybe this is where, where, uh, have you ever cracked a nut before? He goes, I don't know. And I go, do you crack any nuts during the play? Or are you just decorative? And he goes, I feel like that. He goes, maybe that's what it is. And I said, oh no, man, I'm sorry. I've been so worried about, you know, trying to figure this out. And my Daphne, ballerina related erection and you know all this type stuff that i haven't actually been thinking about you and that's all what i was trying to make a point was like about empathy and compassion and putting yourself in other people's shoes but i never took the time to do it with you uh and i don't even know your name is your name nutcracker and he said the nutcracker i don't even have a name and i said well how about um uh, Daphne lover, purple tights. How about we call you? No, I don't. I'll, 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 I'll maybe I'll think of a nickname for you, Michael. How's Michael sound? And he's like, I, I he goes, I like that. And I say, I'm Michael, like Michael Jordan. That's good. Michael Scott. I go, there's like, uh, Michael Jackson. There's a lot of good Michaels. Michaels is, is like a craft store too, I think. Well played, Michael. But maybe no one's ever sat down and said, well played, Michael, when you've done your show. But I was like, why don't we go find some nuts and try to crack them and see how you feel after that? And he said, do you think Daphne will love me after I crack the nuts? I said, no. He said, listen, Daphne's from the Scooby-Doo world and you're from the Nutcracker world that I know barely anything about. Like I said, I don't know if there's other girls in that world or other um, wooden toys that would be appropriate for you to interact with, but you don't have to limit your... And I said, I don't know if Daphne and Fred are married. I, I, I go, uh, the characters, I played them in the movie, I think they were married for a time. And um, I go, well, that's an option. You know, Sarah Michelle Geller is beautiful. And she seems like a very nice woman. And, um, she might, may or may not eat nuts. So let's worry about getting your, let's worry about getting, and then you guys could role play. I was like, you know, um, so Daphne, so now we have two or three options for you. But so we start, I started looking around and luckily, like not that far off, I see these, uh, I don't even know, like, just like a, yeah, what do you call it? when you pile rocks up into a shape, uh, they do it. Some book I read recently, I think in the Canadian, uh, North, they do it. But anyway, they call it something. I apologize for not knowing spiritual, but these were, uh, not rocks. They were chocolate covered nuts. And, uh, they, uh, I, I say, let's try to crack some of these. And so I shove one in his face and I say, you know, go ahead and crush it. And it shoots out cause it's covered in chocolate. And I said, man, it's a bad idea. And I say, uh, you know, let me get behind you and try to like move your lever. Cause he did have a lever back there. And then that another nut shot out cause it's, you know, no friction. And I said, okay, let's try a third one. I'll hold it in there and you try to crush it. So I'm holding it in there and, uh, 
still slowly comes out and then shoots out, lands on me. And at this point, he's laughing. He's like, man, this is uh, crazy. And I say, uh, yeah. And I try to put my feet against a tree and hold it in while he's like trying to crush it. And then, then I, my arm shoots down his throat and he chokes. And he's like, oh, you know, and then he spits out the nut and he spits me out and I fall on the ground and I'm covered in chocolate and he's got chocolate all over his face and his beard. And we're, we're laughing and then we start throwing nut chocolate nut at each other. And he said, I don't know. Maybe I'm just not cut out for chocolate. Maybe I'm not a chocolate nut cracker. And I said, well, I'm glad your spirit's doing better, buddy. And he says, yeah. And then he says, uh, he goes, you're the worst best friend a nutcracker could have. And I said, I tried. <laughs> and I said, I don't know. We got to find some nuts that aren't ch- covered in chocolate. And then I was like, wait a second. Maybe we could find, and I see a kid and the kid was watching us laughing. Candy kid. He was a gingerbread, uh, kid, not boy, gingerbread, not a man or a kid. You know, when this is a amateur tip, pro am tip here. You see candy creatures, you know, don't, don't try to identify them by gender. You could hurt someone's feelings. Just try to be neutral and open and kind. Cause if you say, Hey, gingerbread boy, and it's a gingerbread girl, um, that's not nice. So, uh, you know, said gingerbread kid. I said, Hey kid. Hey. And he says, Hey. And I said, Hey, you made from gingerbread. Hey. And he says, I, I, well, gingerbread and frosting and, uh, you know, some gummy buttons and such. I say, you look great. Um, happy holidays. He says, happy holidays to you, chocolate, chocolate man. And I say, well, I'm not actually, I go, unfortunately, this chocolate's not part of my makeup. It's just on me. We're just trying to crack some nuts here. And he goes, yeah, I've been watching you. You guys are the worst nutcrackers I've ever seen. And, uh, and, and the nutcracker's like, well, we're having fun being, and he says, uh, I say, you don't happen to know where any candied nuts like rough ones are. And he said, I get your drift, but he's like, I'll tell you what, they'll be just as hard to, you know, because they'll be double strength to crack. And I said, you're right. And he says, uh, you know what, though? He goes, there's this McDonald's by my house. It's only used for commercials. And uh, he said, they're, uh, he goes, they brought in, he goes, I think they're doing some special on their Sundays. He goes, maybe they have, uh, he goes, they have nuts there, don't they, for Sundays? And I said, you're right, man. And I said, let's go. So we go to his house. We climb over this fence from this pristine McDonald's. Clearly only used for commercials. And, but they had dropped all these pallets behind it of, uh, Sunday supplies, which turns out don't need to be refrigerated, uh, FYI. And so we started digging through the boxes and, uh, we find the nuts. Now the nuts, okay, now this is between us. The nutcracker obviously doesn't listen to the podcast, but they were the nuts you sprinkle on top of Sundays. So they were already crunched up, but on the bag, it just said Sunday nuts. And so I said, look, here's a bag of nuts. Now this nutcracker, believe it or not, he hadn't even seen a nut. So I said, uh, okay, I'm going to put some in your face and then you crunch down and we'll see if it comes out cracked. If it, and he goes, well, how will we know the nuts cracked? I said, cause I can eat it. I can't, you know, humans can't eat shells. And this gingerbread kid is backing me up the whole time. And, uh, and then the gingerbread kid was actually covering himself in, um, caramel, looked really delicious. And then, uh, so I said, um, 
all right. And we put the thing and he crunched it and all the nuts came out, which were broken up. And I filled my hands with them and ate them. And he said, wow, I'm, I cracked my first nut. And I said, yes, you did, my friend. Yes, you did. And I was like, congratulations on being a real nutcracker. And I was like, wait a second, is that the nutcracker? Like, you want to be a real boy like Pinocchio? He goes, I don't know. He goes, what, what stands the best chance with Daphne? And I said, well, considering she's not human, well, I was like, if you want to go share Sarah Michelle Geller, I'd have to look up her marital status. You'd have to be human. But probably you'd be a weird kind of human because they probably, I know when they make you human, like ballet style, you still have the fake cheeks and that might be permanent. If that doesn't wash off, you know, we're going to have trouble out there. Um, you know, getting a date with Sharon Michelle Gallery is going to be pretty difficult to begin with. Uh, cause I mean, I, you know, uh, just being honest with you. Um, so best bet is to, uh, you know, the thing I was thinking about though, buddy, is that I don't know if there's a Daphne for every version of Scooby-Doo cartoons or not. Cause I don't know about these worlds. And I said, you know, um, you know, we all have crushes on people. We don't, you know, and I said, I, don't, I, I was thinking in my head, I'm like, man, I wish this could, just, I was like, and I said, honestly, folks, I said to myself, I crossed my, I said, listen, I don't know who, how there in the transverse can hear me, but if there is a Santa Claus that has power over the, you know, this is a kind of a fictional type universe. And I know maybe if I believe hard enough in something, this could come true, but you know, this nutcracker just needs, you know, if you, if you have it in you to, you know, I just need a little Daphne action for this nutcracker. Man, you know, please for a Christmas miracle, please. And, uh, you know, I just said it to think and I said, he said, well, what happened? You went into, he goes, you went quiet. And I said, yeah, I was just thinking about how much I like you, man, and how much Daphne would like you. But we might never meet her, but I, I, maybe we will. And then the gingerbread said, I said, what are you guys doing later? And I said, well, I'm probably having some sort of, um, you know, trying to get this, these nuts out of my system because they were, you know, I don't even know what kind of nuts they are. And they're probably chemically treated. And I said, before that, I don't know. He said, well, why don't you guys come over for dinner? We're having like our uh, pre-Christmas, you know, dinner. And I said, well, what did gingerbread people eat? And he said, well, it's my whole neighborhood. It's a potluck. And he goes, yeah, I go, do you guys, I go, never mind. I don't want to know about the whole. And he goes, yeah, don't worry about it. He goes, it's, there's food for everybody. He goes, my neighbor, he said, he goes, my neighbor just got this new puppy that I like to play with through their gate. And today he had on this little sweater. And I said, wait a second, a little sweater. And he goes, I'm trying to think of it. And I'm like, what's this dog? What's a puppy's name? Get bud. And the gingerbread child says, uh, uh, scrappy. And I said, wait, whoa, 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 scrappy. Like the scrappy that was raised as a spy to the scrappy that lived on a dude ranch with a nutcracker. And he said, uh, he was talking about a nutcracker father figure and crying. And it, it has a, I go, he's, he goes, that's weird. It's it sweater has a, a nutcracker. It says, have you seen this man? nutcracker wooden man or something i said wait whoa 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 and uh i said uh 
I said, you hear that, Nutcracker? And he was busy just cracking bags and nuts and laughing, like, finally. And uh, it must have, like, um, the pretend cracking of McDonald's uh, peanuts or whatever the hell they put on Sundays. Must have, like, all of a sudden he's like this, he's like a new man. Like, finally he found something he was good at, uh, even though it was only pretend. And I said, let's go to this potluck. Maybe I, I go, uh, there's a chance the Scrappy might be there looking for you. And he's like, oh, that'd be interesting. I go, yeah, let's go. And we go to this freaking house, folks. And not only is Scrappy there, he jumps in the arms as soon as we get there of the, uh, um, of the nutcracker, uh, what I call him, Michael. And he's like, Papa, 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 oh, I love you. And, uh, he, he, uh, the nutcracker man's like, Scrappy, do I missed you so. And, uh, Next thing you know, who walks out of behind the thing but Shaggy and Scooby and they got like giant plates of food sandwiches. And then the, the, I was like literally my jaw dropped, like, you know, freaking it's like seeing Brad, Brad and Angelina. I'm like, holy crap. And they just walk right by me. I'm in like stunned. And then I was like, I wonder if they're really. I was like, I was, uh, and they never get to eat their sandwiches that they make. So it'd be interesting to see them eat. And then this freaking figure of a woman in purple tights, I think purple tights or some sort of purple and pink outfit and pink. Yeah, maybe they're pink tights all the way back to my childhood, but I don't know. But it was, oh boy, I was, you want to talk about Hetty in an English garden. This was like Hetty in a garden of, uh, sensuality and investigative, um, you know, I don't know. And ever, I was like, my gosh, that's Daphne, freaking Daphne. And she sees this, uh, a wooden man with a puppy dog in his arms. And she says, Scrappy, who's this, uh, striking figure? And he says, my lady, do you have any nuts for me to crack? And she just giggles like, uh, uh, I don't even know. Like it was like, a, well, it was funny. And, and there was something so, I think it's imbuent. I don't know. Like he was grow, glowing, like even his fake, uh, it was like he was literally brought blushing. His cheeks were a glow for real instead of fake. And it was just this moment of like, whew. And she must have been like, I don't know. I think that her and Fred had a thing with uh, no kids because she saw something in this guy holding this dog. And I just said to myself, this might, like, I felt like for once, uh, I can only make, you know, cause I usually do make these situations worse that I better break out, you know, get out of here before I say, you know, complicate things. Plus I was like, you know, jealous and wondering if I had to shout Daphne. So I was like, I better roll. So I rolled out of there. I got lost. I had to spend the night, uh, under a bundle, like actually another amateur tip, pro-am tip inside of, uh, gumdrops. Gumdrops do heat, uh, heat trap heat. So, um, 
and you can suck on like, so if you get inside of a giant gumdrop, you can really you can get in a good fetal position and it will um, trap your heat overnight. And then you can suck on the gumdrop for comfort. Uh, you know, so that's nice. So that, that's, um, I did that and then I found my way back. Uh, and then, you know, got back to you guys somehow eventually. And I don't know how it turned out between the Nutcracker and Daphne, but I know how I wanted it to turn out. Um, ooh, I don't know. I don't want to picture how I know how you want. Well, actually, I probably want to turn out different than him. He probably just, he just wanted to know. I don't know. Huh, confusing, cause I would, I don't want to picture him and Daphne alone. But maybe the three of them, you know, took Scrappy and, you know, retired from investigations and ditched Fred without framing him. Um, but I'm sure everything worked out happily ever after. At least I hope so. So that's a story about a nutcracker that I met. Uh, yeah, so I hope uh, hope you're I hope you're asleep. Good night. Hey, you all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble falling asleep. Well, welcome. I do believe you're in the right place. This is Sleep with Me, the podcast that's here to put you to sleep. We do it with a bedtime story. Tonight it's uh, just Bedtime Story City, or Bedtime Story Township if you're in New Jersey. And uh, all you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. We're going to do the rest. What do you mean by the word rest? How does this podcast work? Well, we're going to create a safe place where you can set aside any racing thoughts, worried thoughts, running, you know, brain racing situations, BRSs. Is that brain racing situation? BRSs. Uh, you know, any, any stuff that's like that, you're going to be able to set it aside. You're just going to listen to my voice. I'm going to tell you a tale. And since it's the holiday season, just pretend I'm the non-creepy elf of Dollville. And I was in an early uh, Christmas present. I was dropped off by um, uh, some, some, some patriarchal uh, non-Santa type guy. And so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm here. I'm just talking. To get you through this season, because I know the tossing and turning does not mix with the, the all the junk that's got to get done and all that stuff. So I'm just gonna talk. You just listen. You don't gotta. You don't gotta pay me any mind. I'm here on Santa's dime, man. And I'm just chatting. I'm one of those elves. I got a nice like. Uh, I got one of those white turtleneck sweaters on, green overalls. Sit with my legs crossed. And the, um, the, 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 the polite crossing while my hands are over my knees. And I'm just like, you know, I got a little cocoa action going. And you're just going to listen to my voice. I'm going to chit-chat, chit-chat you up. And it's not going to really go anywhere. And you just you doze off whenever you feel like it, basically. All right, I'm glad you're here. I hope this podcast helps you fall asleep. That's what we do here. If it's your first time here, yeah, this is uh, uh, Oddville. You know, you got elves talking. It's not even officially, not even an elf on the shelf. This is elf off the shelf. Uh, you know, elf on, elf in an uncomfortable chair because I need to be alert to chat you down to sleep. Speaking of elves, uh, if you need to find us on the web, we're at sleepwithmepodcast.com. 
You can get a hold of me on Twitter at Dearest Scooter. I try to pip, pup, post or retweet sleep-related articles there. Sleep uh, was at Facebook. We're on Facebook. That's where I post the bloopers. And if you guys, you know, you should check it out because I just humiliated myself singing a version of uh, that George Michael hit last Christmas. Uh, that was really embarrassing. So you got that to look forward to. Don't listen to it at bedtime. And maybe don't listen to it if you if you still have any respect for me at all. But, you know, then you, if you feel superior to me because I'm embarrassed, that's probably a good thing because then you can be more relaxed. A little, little uh, uh, inverse psychology, as we call it in the uh, made-up psychology business that I practice over at uh, Psycho, uh, what is it, Pseudo Psych. That's my new podcast, Pseudo Psychcast, the Pseudo Psychology Podcast. Soon to be sued and shut down. Oh, actually, uh, that already happened. Anyway, uh, what was I saying? Uh, internet, just get a hold of me any way you wish. Love to hear from you. If you have a chance and you're filled with holiday cheer and you, or filled with holiday buzz and you're in a good mood, if you can leave us a review on iTunes, it'd be great. Uh, if you're filled with like the grouch, grouchitude, don't worry about it. Do it another time. Um, but yeah, that'd be great. I'm glad you're here. And I hope I help you fall asleep. Thank you. It's time to thank people. Sorry I didn't thank anybody on Tuesday, but uh, I was going to, you know, uh, like I was doing that time travel thing. It didn't work out, but it's actually Tuesday now. I figure this time I'm going to make sure I get the thank yous done on Tuesday instead of waiting until Wednesday. Whatever. But these boring details. I got to thank Chris Posty Posterson Posty Poo, who does our music. Sir Scott, uh, or uh, Super Scott and Jennifer, uh, charge of our podcast icons full of purpleness and wonder. Lord and Lady of the podcast, they're, uh, you know, making sure the uh, hamlets in Pennsylvania are full of uh, popcorn chicken. Uh, well, actually, I don't know. This is Lord, if you're listening, Lady. Let me know what happens with food trucks in the in the east and northeast during the winter. Where, where store boring details too, storage, um, you know, anything, any details. I'm just thinking about that. Uh, but um, what else? Who else am I gonna thank? Oh, uh, I just I forgot. I got home from work today, and I hear this strange noise. Of course, I feared for. Uh, you know, the, 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 you know, I, I don't know what I, I was actually not afraid. I was like, what is that? That sounds like the ticker tape. You know, it kind of sounds like, doesn't sound like a dot match print. It sounds like magic. I mean, magic and printing. You know, that kind of stuff. I don't know if it operates on, um, some sort of, uh, m- mythical, Whatever that thing's called, the dots and the dashes, Morse code. I don't know. I don't I have no idea. But the thing spits this thing out. And, you know, let's not, uh, ticker tape only has worked. This is the third time that I can remember it working. There might have been other times. But sometimes, you know, last couple weeks ago, Chris W. asked to be the uh, jazz singer of the podcast. I said, well, how about this? Be the silver tone, which, you know, is pretty cool. And, but the, it can't always, I, I think this is like a sleeper hit for the, so it, I, it was weird because I was talking to guys today on Twitter, uh, from Australia, wonderful couple gentlemen, 
Harrison E. and Tom M. And they're comedians. I probably should say their whole names, but I don't know. I, you know, they might also be. But so they're comedians. And also, these guys have got a bunch of, st- I mean, they're, they're, these, these are a couple of young men to watch across the world, not just Australia, Swedes. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, but uh, Harrison has a, co- a podcast called That Comedy Podcast. He was interviewing Tom, who I think is like an OG listener who introduced Harrison to the podcast. This will be in the show notes, so don't worry about writing any of this down. Uh, unless you're in Australia, <laughs> then I don't know, maybe. But anyway, the guys, uh, first of all, I got to thank Tom for thinking of the podcast and thinking of Harrison saying, hey, Harrison, I know we're working on Tom introduced. They were talking about the podcast. Now that I found out somehow on Facebook, I don't know, alerted me that these this, uh, my na- the podcast came up. And to be honest with you guys, I was a little nervous, uh, like, oh, God, somebody's talking about the podcast. Can't be good, as is usually my, uh, and I said, okay, buddy, let's uh, not go into fight mode, okay, right away. We're not going to get the next flight to Australia and find these guys and, you know, don't, don't do. So that cost me about $4,000, so I changed my mind, but so I'm waiting for that refund. But I said, you know, let's just, why, why you got to be so crazy? So it ends up these guys are great and they, you know, podcast helps them out. They do a little, uh, what do you call it, uh, impression of me excellent and um what was my point this uh oh so the the freaking ticker tape loves these guys too so i'll have all the show notes uh that comedy podcast their full names uh i don't know why that would be let but, but you know then you can if you're i know we got a good amount of australian listeners including that guy that hates me but he probably doesn't listen anymore and so the ticker tape says uh, blah, blah, blah. These, these guys, they're the funder from down under. Now, again, sleeper could be a sleeper hit funder, F U N D E R. Like they're funny. I think it's like they're fun, funder from down under. I don't know. I'm not the, I'm not the ticker tape machine. I'm not made of brass and other whirly things with glass dome. If I was, I'd feel pretty good about myself. So that's good news. Maybe. I think it's a sleeper hit nickname. Not, you know, it's not as flashy as Lord and the Lady or the Defrenestrator or the Silvertone, but Funder from Down Under could be, um, it's a little close to underwear, but I don't know. They might not call it that in Australia anyway. And who says underwear anymore anyway? It's not like they're the fannies from Pantyville or something. Panties, fanties from panties. Because they're not from any place like, unless they're, I don't know if one of them is from like a town that rhymes with panty. <laughs> I don't know. I'm off track and I'm saying panty repeatedly in a bedtime podcast. Sorry. But so that's a funder from down under. So thank you guys for being so kind. And I'm glad the podcast is helping you guys sleep. And I hope the best for your careers at game design and comedy and storytelling, whatever else, if, you know. Keep me up to date. And to be honest, it was a really funny podcast. So give it a listen. Uh, I'll post it in the show notes. Okay, what else? Uh, we are not amused. No, we are most amused on Reddit. I want to thank you for talking about the podcast. Babs for the playlists. Babs has got some good sleepy time playlists I'm going to share. Caitlin S., I want to thank you for sharing about the podcast. 
Popow, Josh, I think. Uh, th- uh, thank you for saying hi. Uh, Lodeca, the, the, the dress, maybe a dispensary in an old double decker bus. Lod- thank you for the shout out to Amy Poehler. I want to say a happy belated birthday to Stella. It's Tuesday now. I think Stella's birthday was Monday. Um, and by the time you hear it, it'll be Thursday. So it'll be wicked belated now. So happy birthday, Stella. Connie S., I want to say hi to you. And Angela, thank you for your email. And everyone else, you know, the usual people, you, you know, you're appreciated. You are appreciated. So that's it. Uh, let's get on with the show. What do you say? All right. Well, it's uh, Christmas time, right? And I never, I, well, I guess I got to put this out here. I never thought this podcast would become a, a bastion of uh, investigative journalism because, you know, journalism takes facts and hard work and things. But if, I guess this, I didn't think this would become a bastion of amateur journalism of Christmas rumor and innuendo like it became last week. But it turns out once you start airing Christmas dirty laundry um, or or start trying to, well, I don't know. There's, I don't, there's something there. I can't figure out what it would be. But once you start dealing in Christmas dirty laundry, people start showing up with their dirty laundry for you to air, I guess, or your Christmas innuendos. And since this is a sleep podcast, I mean, it's like it's no, no place for revelations on a sleep podcast if they're going to be shocking. But this is not, uh, this is one of those revelations that it, if there's a revelation in there, it'll be like, like, oh boy, this guy's still talking. That's going to be the main revelation. And w- what is this guy talking about? Oh, revelation, nothing. Um, but anyway, we, we do have breaking, uh, well, not breaking. Um, I got some Christmas, more Christmas stuff. And it, it just deals in a lot of the history of Christmas. Last week we talked about this terrible time, the, uh, decorations had with each other. And I thought that was it. I saw it to myself, uh, buddy, that's it. Oh man, I'm exhausted with this Christmas. I don't want to take sides. And I don't want to know anymore. I just want my Christmas dreams come true because all I want for Christmas is my little maiden boo. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Sorry, I'm not Mariah Carey. But uh, so a last uh, couple nights ago, I took a trip to the Transverse with this nutcracker. That was a, this, that guy, interesting stuff. Vaguely, the trips to the transverse have not been directly related to Christmas, but I heard about this on this unlaunched Christmas special there, and I was trying to pin down what it was if it was uh like if it was involved in Sony League. When's it going to be released? Is it going to be released on Earth, the Earth that we know, like universe? I don't know, like in the DC comics, they have like Earth One and Earth Two or something. I don't know which Earth we're technically in. Because I just looked at the covers of those ones because I have, well, anyway, let's not get into comic books. Um, so whatever, there's this Christmas thing supposed to come out, this special ends up, uh, I'm working still at the thing. This is not a transverse episode, but I get word that, uh, it's this Christmas special's not coming out. And I'm like, well, thing is like, 
why? And they said, well, it's cover-up. You know, people put put the kibosh on it. And I said, what is that kibosh? Is that an offensive word? What does that mean? And they said, uh, listen, man, we're trying to tell you some secretive information. That's why we're hiding in a bush. And I said, oh, yeah, that, I thought that was strange, but so many things strange happened to me that I just was going with it. I said, okay, tell me what's going on at this Christmas special. He said, well, you remember, you know, you were trying to find out about it. I said, yeah, I want to know. I, I like Christmas specials. I like new ones, possibly, if they're going to be good. If they're going to suck, you know, no thanks. But, uh, you know, it sounded, I can't remember what the plot was uh, because no one would tell me. They said non-disclosure. And, I, you know, I didn't want to, um, you know, get anybody in any trouble or ruin their careers because, you know, one day I dream of, you know, leaking that kind of information myself. And they, they said, okay, well. We got, we're going to tell you all about it. And, uh, they said, uh, take this chip and eat it because it's a Christmas chip. It was like a pet potato chip, peppermint bark. And I said, this is great, man. Where, where's, can I get some of these? He said, nowhere. So I said, well, anyway, back to the special. Tell me about this Christmas special. So I'm going to tell you guys what they told me. And you're not going to be- like, you're not going to believe any of it. Because it's it's wild. It, it talks about the whole it, it, it kind of undoes. It, it takes everything I thought I knew about Christmas, flips it on its head, and then flips it back. So don't worry about missing anything because it, it'll be the same. Maybe as when you started. Maybe I don't know. It maybe should pay. Maybe maybe just listen with part point five of one year. So twenty twenty percent. But so it turns out. Um, this is like this, 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 the name of the story, the name of the special was, uh, well, the name of the special originally was Science versus Santa. And the, and I said, well, no wonder that's boring. And it just sounds like something like a segment on Fox News or on the Daily Show. And they said, right. And I was like, I remember picking up a copy of a book, um, not reading it called like The Physics of Christmas. And, uh, I wish I had read it now. And I said, does that, I said, does that have anything to do with that book? And I said, no, no, no. And I was like, okay, well, uh, tell me more about the science versus Santa. And it ends up technically, it should have been called scientist versus Santa or a scientist versus Santa or, or no, no, scientists versus Santa. So hold on to your um, uh, reindeer ears because so it ends up, uh, and again, I don't want to trample on anybody's beliefs, but we all know kids, if there's any kids listening, you need to listen to the whole episode, but you shouldn't be listening anyway because I was was saying some bad words and do not listen to the bloopers if you're a kid. Um, Anyway, uh, so... Okay, that's it. You, you should know better going forward from this point. But um, most of us believe that there's no Santa Claus, right? And that most presents, if you're lucky enough to get presents because you have parents, but if you're a child, like people maintain the illusion of Santa, a lot of people. And they say, you go out and you buy presents and you say, oh, yeah, Santa left you these presents. And that's the way a lot of people are raised. Here in the States, I don't know about, I'd love to hear from around the world listeners of uh, 
what what's your Santa range? Like, when did you bullet do? But did you guys have a, a you know Westernized Santa, Americanized Santa? I don't know. I'm ignorant. What can I say? When did you stop believing them? Whatever. So we we that, that's something that I think we can agree on is that according to modern what we know right now is is that there was no such thing as Santa Claus and that it was just like some rumor, but something to do with the Druids or the Christians or um, Earth Mothers or something, and then it was like the beard and then something about there was like bar logs and battle snickles and Krampuses and and uh, other guys related that worked with Santa, depending on if you were in Germany or Norway or wherever. But, you know, myths, basically. And it'd be like, okay, well, you know, we're going to use this myth to, to control the behavior of the children. That's what they've been telling us, right? Now, like I said, hold on to your reindeer ears because it turns out there really was a Santa Claus. And... There was up until the 1950s, there was a freaking Santa Claus. And I'm not, again, like I said, this, I didn't plan on this becoming an investigative podcast. But up until the 1950s, there was a Santa Claus. And I don't understand. Like, of course, they said, you know, as children got older, they said, okay, yeah, yeah. Like, Santa, like, people did help Santa Claus. Again, the details are hazy, but that's what I'm telling you. Revelation City. It's not a big deal, uh, but there was a Santa Claus. And um, I know you're at probably asking yourself, well, wait, wait a minute, what the heck are you talking about? Or what's wrong with you? Or what? But up until, so whatever they said, like I figured, now I believed in Santa way too long than most people. And I remember even finding toys and then being like, oh, yeah, no, I still believe in Santa. And I did. And so this is good news for me. Can I, well, I was like, okay, there, so there really was a Santa Claus. Well, why, why, why didn't I get a Santa Claus? Wait, you're telling me in the 1950s they gave Santa the heave-ho? And it, so turns out, yeah. So what happened was, so at some point in history, I don't know when Santa started, because that, that's a whole other special, like the history of Santa before science or before scientists. And remember, the proper title is scientists, not science. Okay, um, but so there was a, a real Santa Claus. So let's just go on that. We could agree that up until about five minutes ago, there was no such thing as Santa Claus. Now, can we also agree that there was up until 1950 a Santa Claus? Right, right. It might not make a lot of sense right now because we don't have all the details. We don't have like freaking um, Joseph Campbell here to explain like the reality and the power of myth combined. And we can't go down to the caves in France and look and say, okay, here, this makes a lot more sense. There really was a Santa, but it was, you know, we don't have that. And we don't have anyone of uh, moderate intelligence that has a podcast, sleep podcast to make it make more sense. So let's just agree on that. Okay, 1950s, up until then, there was a Santa Claus, all right? So what happened? Okay, that's the next thing. So it ends up in the 1950s. Get Santa, got him in the North Pole, doing his thing. Happy as a friggin' clam. Who could be happier? He flies around, works all year, works his ass off with him and his elves. Mrs. Claus, that all is true, okay? North Pole stuff is true. 
this Santa, he's bringing presents to the world. He's bringing joy to the world. You know, whatever the myth of the nation he's in, he's reinforcing those myths. He's like, it's like a self-perpetuating myth in some sense, but in a very real way. And, uh, you know, I don't understand the transfer of power. Is there one Santa or is there more than one? Don't know. But what you get into is, okay, if that is true, there was a Santa and, you know, he's, he was around for a while and he's bringing presents to the world. How's he doing it? Cause that science book, that physics book I was talking about, I was talking about, I think explained it in the modern day sense, but this is the 1950s. Like I think pretty sure, um, I don't even know when the internet started, but I think they barely even had TV in the 1950s. I'm not sure though. So I'm not trying to offend anybody, but I don't think they had any, um, solid state anything. Like I don't know. But so how was Santa, if there was no, you know, in the answer, which no one wants to say, and this is part of the cover up is magic would be your answer. Now you could look at it from a scientific perspective, a spiritual perspective or a neutral perspective or an unopen minded perspective. But this guy, this man in a red suit with his uh, elves, elven helpers, his wife, reindeer, was traveling the world delivering presents. And it was beyond um, understanding because how was he doing it? And at some point, and I don't know how much the Cold War, like I said, I'm not, a, my, you know, my his, history is not great, but I think that was the start of the Cold War. Don't know if that had to do with it. And honestly, I'm not, I don't, I'm not a hundred percent that it did. I'm pretty sure what we'll see is that it, maybe it was something else. But at some point, you know, some people, and I think this has been growing since the Industrial Revolution because it was like, uh, what, you know, as we were able to travel, the railroads and stuff, people started saying like, wait a second, they got Santas over there too in Norway and in Canada and here in like freaking uh, Memphis, Tennessee. And wait a second, is this guy real? You know, I always believed he was. And, you know, most of these people, some of these people are alive today and they're going to, I don't know how they got everybody on board for this lie or if it was just like something. But so, you know, Santa Claus is real and people, you know, your great, great grandparents might have, they're not around anymore to back me up, but they probably would under duress from Santa, if Santa was with me and you say, well, you want to be on the naughty list? And then, because the thing is, I t- you know, he'd be like, you're in the naughty list in the afterlife, too, just so you know. So tell the truth about Santa. But so Santa's working up there. How's he doing it? By magic or energy. Um, some sort of ununderstandable, undiscovered energy source or um, power source or whatever. I don't know, atoms or some sh- stuff like that, you know. Science, stuff that's beyond the science at the 1950s, probably still, as far as I can tell, beyond the grasp of science right now. But so Santa, you know, he's doing his thing. Boom. At some point, you know, with the uh, global villagization, this was a way, way smaller thing. People are like, wait a second, that guy, you know, was that guy really up in the North Pole? And, you know, was he really doing this, still in these presents? 
And then they start, you know, different nations. United States, I'll be honest, were the main culprit. But UK, not not the citizens, but, you know, the bigwigs there. And some of the other countries, you know, Axis allies post-World War II, you know, the uh, USSR or whatever it was called at the time. All these people, people are asking questions. But it's mostly, you know, the government people are like, oh, that's this, you know, child's play. But when you get these people behind the scenes, these people with the dinero, the money, saying, well, yeah, I got all these friggin' machines. I got to pay these people to work. How's this old guy doing it? They start hiring people. And at first, obviously, if you're going to be doing this kind of thing, you, and you know, if you have a good listener, a nice listener, a naughty list, you know human nature. So there's probably a, a variety of security systems and fail safes that were like dissuading people. And we don't have to all night to like discuss how they would keep people out of the North Pole, how they'd keep people from Santa. But persistence of these American industrialists in particular, but again, some of these uh, Soviet types, and some of these colonial types, it was all their dreams as well um, to be like, let's, let's crack this Santa code or whatever the hell they call them, Kringle Cross or whatever the heck, or, you know, Schlusen Schloss, whatever, you know, whatever you're calling them. Uh, they're like, we got to get to this guy. And so with enough persistence, just like this was going on, I think the same time as the space race. And who knows, maybe the space race was just to get a view of the North Pole. I don't know anything. You know, they're launching Sputniks and satellites and spy shit. And at the same time, it's like, okay, well, if someone gets, you know, it became with the Cold War, the burgeoning Cold War, a race to get to the North Pole and crack this thing. And finally, you know, some people from all sides are observing and it got to this frenzy. And, uh, the, uh, the United States was the one leading the way. And again, this is like some cabal type situation. And I don't think it's one we've heard about, to be honest with you. I don't think it's like the Bilderbergers or the uh, neo, um, neocons or the friggin', uh, Lumen, Lumens or, uh, any of the other ones. The, uh, uh, what is it called? Like the NWO or what? I don't know. It, it was some other group of well, mostly rich guys, but also like self-styled patriots that said, and, and again, I'm not, I, I guess I am judging, but in these guys' minds, they weren't, they were, they were probably on the naughty list. Most of them were like permanent naughty list members, but they probably had something in their hearts. They probably got some, but, but they were like, in their minds, they were protecting themselves, their families, the things they loved. And then, you know, they thought they were protecting the nation they loved and, and therefore the people of the United States and therefore the people of the world. So they weren't villains in their minds. They were just doing what they thought was right. But they throw all these resources at it. And finally, they uh, get some team. Now, at this point, the United States government is involved, uh, according to this, 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 this special that I watched. And, uh, and, and, you know, this might be it for this podcast. You know, I'm going out on a limb here. But they go and they, um, first they do like containment where they're like, okay, we don't want, you know, obviously we don't know what this clause is capable of. And so they just surround the North Pole for like a couple of years. 
and they just observe and Santa knows they're there and they know Santa knows they're there. And he, you know, he's just like, well, and I think I don't, again, I don't understand the mechanics of the magic, but the closer these, these guys get, and they had a lot of science types on this thing and they get, uh, um, you know, they start observing the energy levels and even like they get like powerful talent and they're like, man, the stuff we're seeing here. And so that's how they get like, uh, and a pre- one of the presidents, one of the most power, you know, I'm not going to name names or anything, but they get, they bring a team of scientists to meet with this powerful leader and they call in other leaders of the world and they present, the scientists present this argument. Now, that's why I say scientists versus science, because the other thing that was exposed here was like, who are these guys? These scientists weren't working for science and they weren't working for Santa. They were working for money. They were, they were employed. Like some of them, like, had, you know, had setups of foundations and stuff, but they were really working for these guys that were like, I don't know about this Kloss and how's he get all this power? And I don't know if we're comfortable with this power. And what's, you know, what else could we be doing with this stuff? Why am I paying a bunch of people to be working here making crap? And why is this guy giving away free crap? So it's like, um, competing interest. In more than one way, the Santa Claus and the Christmas joy, um, true Christmas joy gets in the way of um, the need to fill emptiness with stuff like um, like I, I've been doing lately with a, a purchase of that Amazon stick. It hasn't come yet. And then I almost bought something else. But um, so they the north back to them. So these scientists are are. Um, the ones they present to the president, they seem as president, you know, you got, you other guys like, you, you know, you're UK guy, German guy, you know, Soviets, you know, what we have here is, uh, and that not only was it the politicians, like you had the powerful interests all meeting in secret. And again, this might be where a lot of conspiracy theories might, might be like slightly based in truth. But somehow they've they've forgotten the Christmas spirit themselves, like all these conspiracists, and been so worried about whatever, like um, the freaking place where they go camping or whatever in Marin County, instead of being like, what about Santa Claus? Why, you know, what was he ever real? So a lot of uh, smoke and mirror stuff going on. But so they, they're like, this is like some powerful resource. Uh, this is some powerful untapped resource. This could be used like this is beyond nuclear, the nuke stuff that we're working on. And then they said that in front of the Russians and Russians are like, da, we work to the, and they said, you know, wait a second. We already knew about that. Never mind. This is the podcast guy's history. Um, they said this is so far beyond nuclear power, nuclear weaponry that we don't know. Uh, if it, one could be weaponized, two, how much money could we charge you, Mr. President, to, for weaponized Christmas, Christmas X, they were calling it, or Chris, what are they calling it? I don't know. They had some fancy name for it. And, uh, they said, you know, we're, we've been, you know, using our UV, you know, things and our, um, seismographs and all that stuff and freaking X rays and shooting everything up there. And this is really a threat to humanity. And, and this president, he was like, well, you know, what is Santa Claus? A threat to humanity? What, what, okay. So he said, give me the, 
give me the our choices here. And they said, well, one, you just let things keep going. And, uh, you know, he just keeps delivering presents. We don't know his agenda. We don't know if he, he could be working for, no offense, Russians or anybody else, but he's never taken a side that we know. But we don't know anything about this guy. He could even be a ruse. Like, they could be controlling things. So it's like a lot of suspicion, but at the same time, everyone's like, whoa, 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 let's, uh, let's just use this as a threat, but let's all keep this, you know, share. So then they're like, okay, well, we're just trying to scare the president, you know, scare tactic, don't bring it up in front of him. And they say, so, you know, we could just let him keep delivering presents. And then at some point he could turn against us or not. We don't know. And he said, okay, well, what's the harm in that? And they're like, well, what the harm is, is, you know, we don't really know what he's up to. We don't know. You know, these are little American children and children of the world. And they believe in this guy. And to be honest, he doesn't even come out with any of the, you know, faiths either. I mean, he's related to Christianity, but he's not, you know, he's not declared for anybody. So just like the nations, we don't know what faith he's for. So we can't trust this guy, you know, as much as it is. And this is a PR job, Mr. President. He says, okay, well, okay, so option one is let him keep going, and who knows? And they're like, exactly. He goes, what's option two? And they're like, option two is, you know, we, we, we go to war with the Russians, probably with every country in the world. We'll just fight it out. Whoever get, takes it, gets it, and that's it. That determines the fate of the world. And he's like, okay, well, you know, what's the downside of that option? And they're like, well... It's closer to Russia, it's cold up there, and it's probably going to be a pretty big battle. And, you know, then, you know, it's like a front way up there. Things don't always go well, and you, you'll be wicked exposed if we have, like, a bunch of troops up there and we're all fighting. Who knows what could happen in the homelands? So no one wants that because, you know, big war, you know, we don't want big wars anymore. You know, with people, we'll, sh- you know, shoot missiles, possibly a threat. We'd just rather threaten each other and make more weapons and not necessarily use them, Mr. President. We want to make weapons, not use them. He's like, okay, okay, so make more weapons. And they're like, no, 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 no. No, then we'd be using them. So, oh, don't, okay. He's like, okay, well, yeah, we don't want to use the weapons on each other, right, guys? They're like, da, da, no, no, you know, so that kind of stuff. So he said, okay, what's the third option? And he's like, the third option is we go up there, we talk to this guy, you know, we ask, you know, to observe, check things out, see what he's really up to, you know, to, to, you know, bring in a couple teams, you know, and then, you know, see what he's really up to, watch him, learn from him, and you'll see if he'll, like, share. And I said, well, he's Santa. If he's really Santa, don't you think he would share? Well, we'd like to think so, but we don't know anything. And he said, well, how would we do a fair with everybody? He's, well, he's Santa. He'll figure that out, right? Okay, well, okay, so that's an option. What's the other option? They're like, just take it over. Uh, take Santa out. Um, we've got a couple teams designed. We'll just take Santa out, but we'll replace him with parents of the world. And we've got a couple ideas of how to do this. We're pretty certain. It's going to be a phase in things. So we'll have to keep his operations or force him to keep delivering presents, but at a much lower rate. And he goes, we'll figure it out. But we, we think that's, you know, you know, and he's like, okay, so and we install like a puppet government. He's like, well, no, no, we'll divide up the resources there. And, um, 
and, he, and this is president. He wasn't, he wasn't, uh, he was sharp. He said, well, I don't know about this. Like, uh, he goes, oh, you know, okay, well, he goes, they say, you know, just other than that, just give it to the commies, Mr. President. We could all just, you know, start, uh, you know, saluting equality of resources and, you know, no freedom, no joy. And you could be a president on watch when Christmas ended and, uh, you know, we, we turned to the red United States of redness. He said, well, I don't want that. Um, he said, well, has anybody talked to this, this Kloss guy? And they said, no. And he said, uh, you know, he, there's a bunch of scientists at the meeting. He said, what do you guys think? And this one scientist stood up and this one, uh, this one scientist steps up and she raises her hand and she says, uh, Mr. President, I have a, have an alternative option. And, uh, I've run by, you know, some of the people in this room. And she says, uh, I think I should go in with my team. I have uh, three other scientists with me. So, well, excuse me, ma'am. I'm a pleasure to meet you. What's your name? And she said, well, I prefer to be just called, uh, uh, Miss Scientist, sir. You know, this is a confidential situation. And the president says, all right, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. And, uh, she says, you know, I have a team of three other scientists. And, you know, I, she goes, I'm an astrophysicist. He said, what's that? She said, don't worry about it. You wouldn't understand. You know, I can't explain it. We're, you know, we've got like half the United Nations here. And she said, I also have a, a negotiator, you know, a scientist, psycho, you know, knowledger. And she goes, I also have, uh, you know, those people that study cultures of the world, like a, um, an anthropologist. And then she goes, I have this guy that's a theoretical physicist, and we'll go there. We'll talk to the, we'll just talk to this, uh, Santa Claus. Cause she said, you know, she's like, what if this, uh, and what if this energy, what if he can keep doing what he's doing and, and we can keep the energy safe for one day the world needs his help, like for the whole future of humanity of all time, not just the present moment? Cause there's a lot of things going on. And, you know, what if, there's some war, a nuclear war, and he has the power to un, you know, she, she goes, I think we just need to keep the Santa and, you know, if we need the energy and the president like, okay, well, let me see. And it just happened that right before she got up, a team of reporters had come in and he goes, well, I let, he goes, let's uh, how soon can you get to the North pole? So they, he sends the scientist. Uh, whose name, by the way, first name, I can't say any last name, but it was Roberta. Uh, since Roberta and her team, you know, because I, 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 I can't tell you how I know her first name, but sends her and her team up to the North Pole to, you know, uh, Christmas Town. I think they were, I think they were calling it the Outsiders. Now, as soon as the scientists leave and the Russians and everybody else leaves, the president goes easy. He's like, so what's the real plan, guys? And they say, well, we're glad you asked. And so the scientists are going to get in the way of this. And they say, they say, well, we got this, uh, we got this, uh, incident. We're going to trigger on the border of China and India. That'll bring the Russians in. They'll start a, you know, regional war there. But it's going to pull the Russians in and, you know, between the Chinese and the Indian armies and the Russian army, this conflict, you know, will distract Europe. We'll go in. We'll secure Christmas Town. We will, uh, you know, we're, we're planning on do, doing the best we can to store this energy source and remove it. 
and we'll bring it back to the United States and we don't have to worry about a war on the northern front up there. And, you know, we're sure that we can say it. Otherwise, we'll cap the energy, we'll hide it, we'll remove all traces. And, we'll, you know, we've, we have a couple other plans, Mr. President. And so, what you, you know, what about the science? We're going to, as soon as, you know, we're going to launch this attack, you know, right away, where we're going to disable them. We have this new weaponry, some sort of x-ray or something, and we're going to shut everything down. We'll go into Christmas Town. We have people, you know, we have like a, so the Russian observers and them don't know. We're going to go in in the dark night. We got a Santa Claus type guy, Mrs. Claus. We've got, we've have act, fired actors and we're going to go in and snack it. And the next morning, everyone's going to go to work. We've been watching these videos. We've been training. We have a whole Christmas town uh, set up, you know, one of the CIA, you know, secret bases we have. And we've been doing, working on this plan for years, Mr. President. He's like, years, how come I didn't know about it until just, you know, recently? I said, well, we're ready to implement. He said, all right, well. So meanwhile, so she's like, okay, I guess that's what we're doing. And meanwhile, the scientists are up there and uh, they get up there, Roberta and her team, and they just start trudging through, through across this like. I guess it's not the Arctic because the Arctic's in the south, right? Or that's Antarctic. I don't know, some freaking ice plane. Because they had figured out like most of the defenses in the North Pole were some sort of passive resistance forces, mental confusion forces. But so they get up there and they, um, you know, so they, they have a sense, Roberta has a sense that this is not going to go well. And so I think she might have even known what uh, the plan was. And she says, you know, she goes, Santa, you know, she goes, Santa, let us in. Santa, come out. Now, another thing about Roberta, she was two years on the naughty list. That's it. Out of her whole life, which is pretty good. And she learned a lot. That was like, I think she was, I don't know how old you are in fifth and sixth grade. Those were her years on the naughty list. She has stuff going on at home, uh, you know, stuff, big stuff, sick, sick illness, family illnesses losses and stuff so you know she was and she learned from those experiences become one of the greatest scientists you'll never hear of till tonight and become a you know another unfortunately a dark like dark embarrassing moment in american history uh, or american rumor and uh innuendo but so they get up to the north pole it's just saying you know can you let us in across and he, so he says, uh, you know, she's, uh, she checks and the other scientists had mostly been on the good list too. And they, you know, he said they were kind of brainiac types, not like Roberta had some people's skills, even the negotiator, he was more good at like observing and negotiating. But so he lets them in and she says, uh, he says, ah, oh, Roberta, you've been a good girl this year. And she says, I'm a woman, Santa. And he goes, I know. He goes, but you, he goes, and I make you feel good a little bit on one level. She goes, you know what I have to deal with? It's a freaking 1950s, you know, Santa. Yes, I apologize, Roberta. Uh, you know, I understand. I don't mean to disrespect you. I've been proud of you, of all you, you know, all you've had to overcome, uh, as a woman, as a human, you know, as a, just as a human being. And he goes, you know, you seem nervous. Why are you here? And she said, well, I'm here to negotiate some equal, you know, they want to shut you down. They want to, you know, div divvy up your stuff. And he goes, yeah, I know. He goes, I know all about it. You know, he's like, they've been naughty listed. You know, most of these people have been on them their whole lives or 
they're mad about it and then they did good and their heart was broken and because I got, he goes, I can't go into every story. He goes, but there, there's some good in these guys. And she goes, I don't know, Santa. And she goes, so we're thinking about, you know, slowly, they want to slowly tail you off. And then, you know, but you know, if you can give some pitch of how you won't be taken over by any countries or religions, except for the one, you know, they, he goes, Roberta, I can't control what's going to happen. He goes, they have to make their choices and they have to live with their choices. She goes, Santa, that's not, she goes, well, I don't even understand. I, I want to get a look at all this energy source. And he goes, the energy's, Roberta, come on, you know where the energy is. He points at her heart. And then Santa goes, a tear rolls down his cheek. And this was like, you know, the freaking Norman Rockwell Santa, I think. I'm not sure if that was the 1950s, but, uh, and Roberta takes a breath and she goes, you know, Santa, um, yeah, I've, I've, been, I've been thinking, my gut's been telling me that I can't trust these people, even when I'm thinking about their evil schemes. And she's like, I don't know, we ran it by the guys, and we're trying to think the worst case scenario is that they would try to sneak in here, take over the North Pole, start some war, you know, or, you know, a distracting war too, and take things over on the North Pole and seize it. And she's like, and then she's like, I don't know. He goes, well, that's not good, Roberta, because, uh, it was a power here. It's not, he goes, I'm not, you know, not a hundred percent human. He goes, I'm not, because I'm different. You know, that's why I'm Santa Claus. I was human once, but no more. And I can't really explain it to you, Roberta, except in these terms, like, think, I think what the, what saw in me to become Santa Claus, I see in you, Roberta. She's like, well, Santa, you're not listening to me. They're going to strike here. I got a bad feeling. You know, I was actually going through some of the files and they had hired all these actors. And and she's like, I'm pretty sure they had a training camp for elves and Mrs. Clauses and Santas. And he's like, I know. He goes, they're going to make their choice. But he goes, that doesn't let rend us, it doesn't render us powerless, Roberta. He goes, one day... You know, you're going to be Mrs. Claus. And then she goes, oh, with me. no offense, but he's like, no, 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 no. I know when he says, one day, Roberta, you might be Miss Claus. She's like, I don't know what that means. But he's like, OK, well, let's let's take one thing at a time. And he said, what we'll do is uh, we'll shut down the North Pole and. uh you know, we'll start to close things up. And he goes, I, you know, he goes, we got underground bunkers that are undetectable under the ice. He's like, I got plenty of stuff. He's like, this power source is beyond your understanding. And that's, and he goes, I know you understand more than 99.99999%. She goes, add about, you know, to the 10th power. And he goes, I know, Robert, I'm kidding you. And so he says, the only thing is like, uh, we need some kind of distraction too. And Roberta says, okay, well, let me talk to the guys. Now, what Roberta didn't realize that Santa's like, okay, well, I'm going to go start the operation. Now, Roberta realizes one of the three other scientists was a, uh, was a, you know, double, I don't know if scientists are agents, but he was like a double crosser type. Um, so Roberta, when she went to back find the guys, they were gone. And this other guy had led them 
the other two guys to this candy shack that was like on the edge of, uh, I, I don't know, like the edge of Christmas town. And he had had a transceiver because they didn't trust the government. Of course, they didn't trust Roberta. So he like triggered this thing and R- Roberta like went and she was like, oh, a candy shack. And she was like, well, I was looking. She noticed something. She was like, wait a second. She looked in and the guy had the transceiver and he was explaining to the other two guys. He's like, don't worry, boys. It's like science be damned because we're scientists. We don't, we don't need to be ruled by science because we rule. He goes, this is science. We're going to rule here or something, you know, crazy talk. She hears this. She's like, oh, no, I got to tell Santa. We got to move now. So Roberta runs back. She saves. I can't tell you because her heroism was unbelievable. She's getting rousing elves out of bed. They're like, who are you? She's like, don't worry about it. She rides Rudolph. Tons of cool stuff. Wicked cool stuff. But she saves. She gets all Santa's people. And meanwhile, these three guys are in the candy shack thinking they're going to be the next big thing. And they're like, Roberta, you know, she blah, blah, blah. They're talking mean about her. And they're like, why isn't she back? And then they realize they're in a candy shack. And not only is the shack made of candy, but it's full of candy. So these two, two of these guys, the non-double-cross guys that got talked into it, they find all those freaking, um, like, rock candy building kits where you can make rock candy mounds, rock candy castles. So they're like... Like, how long until the uh, the strike comes where they come and save us and we take over the North Pole? And they're like, yeah, you guys like, I don't know. Like, we got time to whip up some rock candy? We're going to have a rock candy war here. And the guy's like, go ahead. And you you know, you guys do what you want. So these guys start building all these rock candy with these rock candy building kits, which, of course, another downside of this story is that those were lost forever. Rock candy building kits. Now, you know. Another piece of Christmas lore lost. And then this other guy, he, he was kind of like anti-candy. He was kind of a, uh, you know, uh, whatever, boring dude. But then he sees this jar of, uh, um, what, what you, you, you like, uh, what are those called? Jawbreakers. Now these weren't everlasting God stoppers. You know, obviously it's a dream. Uh, you know, scientists are probably, you know, they're probably like one of these guys might have been like, if we can get into that, whatever's power in the North Pole, maybe we could finally crack the everlasting God stopper code. But anyway, these guys, this guy, he's the kind of person, and I don't, again, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to hate on anybody, but he starts, he's like, well, I guess I could eat some jawbreakers. He's the kind of guy who has such low patience that he only sucks on the jawbreaker through the first phase. And then when it gets to the whitish, grayish phase, he was spinning them out. And, uh, and he was spinning them all in the snow in the front. You know, it's just like he's littering too. And he's just going through these jawbreakers. They're like kind of like this grayish thing, especially when he's spinning them in the snow. And it's like, another two guys are building these rock candy mountains. Now, meanwhile, this like, uh, security force, I don't know if it was this US, CIA, FBI, I don't know, maybe some other Mounties. I don't think it was Mounties because, you know, they probably have, you know, consciences. But so meanwhile, Roberta, Santa, Mrs. Claus, everybody, you know, the freaking probably the people, some other people, maybe Frosty. I don't know everything. Again, it's innuendo. They're saving. They're going into this underground situation, bunker situation um, that obviously the intelligence did not know about. 
hopefully. And then these, so the U.S. soldiers or whoever, supposedly, okay, don't assassinate me. Um, they shoot these freaking strange x-ray beams at the North Pole. Now everyone's already gone there except for these three scientists. So this candy shack gets irradiated by some untested weaponry and, uh, it like turns these guys into like, like the two guys playing at the candy mountains. They get fused with rock candy and like, you know, just like straight out of a superhero movie. Like you, when it first happens, you can see the skeleton and it looks like shocking lightning. And then you see like flashing and then rock candy, like getting sucked onto their and like, you know, like a transformation. They become these rock candy humanoids. And those are the same guys, right? I ran into that were playing with the ducks. These guys became rock candy humanoids. And the other guy that was spitting out these, uh, unfinished, because he didn't know there was a tart candy center to these, or maybe he just didn't have the patience to find out. He gets fused with spitted out, um, jawbreakers and they just become his, in a less cool way. He just becomes like this gray, it like sucks all the color out of him. So he just becomes this kind of gray, colorless science dude, like boring. And immediately these guys realize that they're on the wrong side of this. They're like, wait a second. We just double cross Santa and, uh, their spirits are broken. They realize, I mean, it takes them a couple of years of soul searching, but they realize the government's not going to be out because then the government sends in these force of, uh, uh, what do you call it? The power goes down, pitch dark. I mean, these guys are getting adjusted to their new lives. All these, actors or hired people come in and they realize that uh, everything's gone. I mean, there's like buildings left, but that's it. And, uh, you know, their plan had been to like hold to Christmas town until they got this war started. And then they're like, holy crap. Like, you know, what's the, what the heck? And, uh, the, the, no trace Santa Claus, Roberta, Mrs. Claus, all the North Pole's gone without a trace and very quickly the Russians, the Soviets, the, um, the communists, the, uh, um, whatever, whatever other groups, you know, industrialists, everyone catches word that the, this thing went sour and that everything vanished. So no, there's no war erupts because everyone's like, wait a minute, you know, it's gone. We didn't hide it. And internally, and, in, you know, as far as like from a diplomatic standpoint, very embarrassing for the United States on multiple levels, you know, because we're double crossing. I don't know. It was just not good, but we didn't get anything out of it. So it was like, um, you know, there was no retaliation. It's just like, okay, we just dropped a couple of steam levels. And then immediately, even the, you know, all nations of the world realized, okay, well, we got a problem on our hands now because, we got no Santa Claus. You know, we're still going to have to implement this Christmas takeover plan anyway and cycle down, you know, the free presents and the purchasing of presents is going to have to cycle up. And again, I don't, this isn't what this podcast is about. I don't know anything about how they did that. That's probably, that's the antithesis of who I am. Okay. Is, uh, making up stories about Christmas that aren't true to, uh, placate people. 
You know, that's not what I do here at all. So that goes against every fiber of my being would be, you know, explaining a story, backstory about Christmas that's just false. So I'm not going to do that about, you know, how they pulled that off. Now, meanwhile, I know you're all very intelligent people, probably asleep, but if you're not, or you're re-listening us, or you're working for some listening post, hello, uh, I hope I help you fall asleep anyway, peace and love or whatever. Um, you know, you're probably asking yourself, well, what happened to Santa Claus? What happened to Mrs. Claus? What happened to this lovely scientist, Roberta, you know, a person of science, like a true scientist? And, you know, they went into the underground. They went underground, literally and figuratively, to disappear from the world, uh, to go into hiding, to protect whatever uh, theoretical physics. I don't know. But now, a couple things I've gotten is that is the real good news. I mean, super good news. And again, maybe controversy is I don't understand the lineage stuff, but as Santa predicted, as I hinted at uh, very poorly and fumbled with, is that Roberta, like at some point, became Santa Claus. So she became Miss Claus. And I don't know if Santa's, I don't know if Santa's gender neutral or not, but um, this is what I'm telling you tonight in all honesty is that 2015 is going to be the year Santa Claus returns, Roberta Claus. Um, and she, I have a feeling that the returns of the world by Santa Claus, by Roberta, who saved, not only did she save Christmas in some, she preserved Christmas in some sense. She also, like, is a tireless proponent of science. So she's been working with whatever kind of stuff they got. If they can make toys, uh, who knows what kind of gizmos they've been working on. They definitely have an internet connection, I'm sure. Maybe. I don't know. I haven't been. I'd love for an invite, Roberta, if you're listening. Miss Claus. Um, I'm sure. Um, there's probably, and, 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 and think about it for, for, for the people of the world to say this is someone who made mistakes. They were on the naughty list twice, and now they are Santa Claus. And it's a woman, which is like uh, a lot of people might be like, whoa, 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 wait a second, isn't that Mrs. Claus, Santa's wife? No. First of all, this is a woman that saved Christmas, so show her some friggin' respect, okay? She, she went up against the president, the friggin' Soviets, her, her co-workers. She risked everything. Um, not just to save science, but to save the world from whatever power source this is. But, you know, the people in this story, other than Roberta and Santa Claus, were nincompoops. Or, or, or people that thought they were well-intentioned, but weren't. So if the power would ever got into their hands, we wouldn't be living in the world we're living in today. We'd probably be living in some world where it was everything was driven by what, you know, you know, do this faster, faster. Why, you know, reaction? Why'd you just do that to me? Who do you think you are? Some fast-paced world where we're just trying to keep our heads up. Or it might be some world where it's just like everything's equal and everything's boring. Or maybe like some sort of, 
you know, who knows what could happen. I don't know. I don't write fan fiction. I don't write made up stories. I don't rewrite history. I tell it like it is when I'm in a fake, uh, no, no. Tell it like it is when I'm talking to a bush out on the transverse plane in the metaverse, okay? So, um, that's the good news. Probably Santa Claus or whatever the proper, whatever Roberta decides to go as. I think it's Santa Claus. I mean, why would it be anything else? Um, I don't know. I guess I, I haven't met Roberta. This is all based on this movie I was watching. It was Christmas special called Santa versus Scientists. Um, misleading title, I guess. I mean, like the scientists that saved Santa versus scientists. I don't know, but I'm looking forward to seeing what we're, I mean, like think about global warming, you know, hatred, uh, uh, you know, violence, poverty, hunger, uh, cold, you know, coldness, drought, uh, monsoons, uh, you know, frigid temperatures, hot temperatures, disease, you know, I think all the stuff that could change. I mean, I don't know what the rules are. I'm sure there's some sort of uh, ethical line that they probably, uh, being Santa, I mean, Santa's not a god. I don't know. This is stuff beyond my pay grade, folks. But that's it. That's the news. Big news. Well, Big rumor, big innuendo, small, I guess small, because I don't have a confirmation that 2015 is going to be the return of Santa, but I do know that when I started this story, there was an implicit agreement that Santa Claus did exist prior to 1950 and that he doesn't exist right now and that we live in a world where Santa left and now we know the truth. Santa was saved by a scientist named Roberta at the hands of a possible takeover. I don't even know what a banana republic is or but some sort of puppet government type situation. Bay of Pigs for sure. Uh, possibly some of those other things. I don't know if it's a, a Potankin or a Gulf of Tonkin situation, but, you know, Battleship uh, Mayflower. Remember the Bismarck for sure, uh, type stuff. So, um, remember Roberta is all I got to say, and you won't be able to forget her if, if, you know, this is just groundbreakingly strange, but it's, yes, that's the thing. Okay. So I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you listened. I hope I didn't rock your world too hard with this, you know, cause there was a lot of, uh, dull parts and that's the point. Okay is that uh, even, you know, uh, having Santa taken and returned, but he was never gone, but n- and now he's a she. And, yeah, I don't understand the lineage. Like, well, you know, we're saying, well, is there one Santa? Well, how's that? I don't know. Don't worry about it. It's okay. Because next year, well, we'll have the answers next year, 2015, Santa returns. Count, count, count on it. But don't stay up too late to count on it. Twenty, you know, twenty. Don't hold me to it. But you know, so don't count on it. Just um, and don't plan on it. Think about it, maybe, or wonder about it. All right. Good night.